Hello everyone, welcome to a brand new alternative music podcast called Raya Act, hosted by me, I'm Stephen Hill, and hosted by him, his name is Renfrey Deadman. Hello mate. Hello, how hey, are you? I'm really good, I'm really, really excited to be uh, launching this, this brand new thing. I yeah. think it's probably um, it's probably right uh, that we start off by kind of introducing ourselves. Yes. I think the first thing we need to say is um, a big thank you to, to Musicism. We are now part, we are kind of a, a sister arm of the company Musicism. Is that mm-hmm. fair, mm-hmm. sister? I don't, I'm, I'm glad you went yeah. with sister. Well, uh, I, was gonna, let's, I mean, I'm happy to be gender neutral, but um, <laughs> but yeah, in I'm these that, times, I feel yeah, like we yeah, yeah. Be neutral. But um, but we uh, we are a sister uh, arm of Musicism. Uh, you go to musicism.net. That's music i s u m dot net, um, and you can sign up for their courses for nine ninety nine a month. If you want to learn how to play guitar or sing or produce music, they um, they do all those things to a very very high standard. And why wouldn't you want to learn how to do? Those why things? wouldn't you want to do that? I mean, this is the thing. We are going to be talking about some of the finest music ever made on this podcast. Yeah, very much so. And if you want to be part of that gang, then uh, those guys will sort you out, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, over there. We're, we're actually fairly um, talentless when it comes to actually making music. I just want to point Ooh. that out. No, I'm including myself in that. I know you, Renfrey, <laughs> were a st- we're going to do the kind of intro to who we are and what we're going to do. Um, you used to be a sort of singer-songwriter. Oh, yeah, a long time ago, yeah. previous life. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, And you, of course, used to be in a hardcore band. I used to be in a, yeah, but that's just shouting. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, that's, that's you know a lot of the ba- some of the bands we're going to talk about today are just shouting, but like shouting in key and shouting well. Yeah, and, you know. yeah, I didn't do either of those things. Um, <laughs> and it was a long time ago, but I think more people will probably know us. Uh, myself, I am a kind of freelancer for Metal Hammer magazine. I've written for them for about five years. Uh, I used to have a show on Team Up Radio when that was a thing. Mm. Um, I've done various other podcasts in the past as well. The man sitting opposite me, do you want to give yourself a little kind of yeah, CV? Sure. Well, I, I worked at The Independent for about seven years trying to get as weird and odd music onto uh, a, a newspaper website as I possibly could and mainly succeeded in doing that. And um, I've actually just started freelancing for Metal Hammer, so we're actually technically both Metal Hammer writers, mm-hmm. although this is going to be a far more broad thing. Yeah, uh, We're going to be covering a lot more different stuff. Metal is definitely going to be included, but... Um, yeah, I suppose I'm doing freelance stuff and and this now. This is kind of uh, my main my main cup of tea. Right well, now. let's talk about exactly what we are and and how the kind of concept and what the concept of this podcast is because it's a music podcast. And when we were kind of approached by the guys and said we'd like a music podcast, um, we well, I personally, having used the word rock and used the word metal quite a lot throughout my lifetime. I think I was, and having spoken to you, I think you as well, were quite keen to avoid both those terminologies. So we've come up with the terminology. This is a podcast on alternative music. Mm. Um, Renfrey, in your, in your own words, uh, why, why did we want to avoid rock and metal? Um, there is, I think those are two genres that we have spent a lot of our sort of professional, quote-unquote, <laughs> career, <laughs> careers covering. Mm. And... That's because those are both genres that we are heavily invested in and heavily love. Yeah. But there is so much more out there um, that we are both... I know through talking to you privately that we are both interested in. There are so many other areas that we would like to cover. And alternative music is an incredibly broad church. Yeah. Incredibly broad church. I think... Um, the whole idea of genre as well is becoming mushier and... and, and less defined as time goes on um so 
what we'll be doing today is something that I think I think it's probably one of the last opportunities to do what we're about to do today, mm-hmm. um, which um, I think yeah. you, you can. Well, explain I'll, exactly I'll explain it. I mean, doing, basically, so. I, I kind of like the word alternative because I feel like um, <clears throat> it's quite non-specific to a sound, and it points more to yeah, an attitude. And I know when people talk about punk attitude or a rock and roll attitude, but when you, when you say the word rock different people have a very clearly defined idea of what rock means. To some people, it means the Rolling Stones. To some people, it means Coldplay. When you say yeah. metal, people have a very defined idea of what metal is. To some people, metal is Die Art is Murder or Bury yeah. Tomorrow. And to some people, metal is Blue Oyster Cult. Do you bring know me, what I mean? Bring Me The Horizon. Or Bring no. Me The Horizon. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, that those, those things are, at this point, very, very rigid in people's thought processes of what they actually are. When you think of alternative music, obviously the alternative music boom of the 90s is something that Mm. we both kind of grew up um, experiencing and enjoying, but it's kind of vague enough to encapsulate things that are just, to me, are just interesting music, Mm. that musically kind of uh, challenging, whether that be the aesthetic of it, the, the, the kind of the... The, the the sonics of it, um, the approach, uh, wh- whatever, you know. So I just think there's lots of different types of music that you could go, well, especially, like you say, in today's age where the kind of pop music and hip-hop um, and sort of uh, EDM dance music really, really rules the mainstream, mm. there is an opportunity to talk about um, guitar, sort of predominantly guitar-based music mm. in a much wider forum than it maybe has done before. I was never that sort of keen on the way that certain magazines would go, we're a rock magazine and we're cutting it there. Yeah. And I was always like, well, why is that being cut there? I never yeah. really understood it. And I think people are much more open to, like you say, different types of music now. I think nowadays, I mean, at the end of the day, the biggest thing that's changed in music is the majority of us don't have to pay for it if we don't want to, yeah. or we just have to pay £10 a month or whatever, you know, streaming services and so on and so forth. Something that obviously will cover loads in the future. Mm. And as a result, genre has become... Um, I wouldn't say entirely meaningless, but more so just because if you want to find out what it sounds like, just press play on Spotify. You know, mm. you don't need, you know, records aren't costing you fifteen ninety nine anymore. I mean, unless you want to buy the vinyl and stuff, but if you just want to check it out, you can do that for free. You mm. know? So as a, as a result, I think, um, and uh, we've definitely talked in the past about, you know, I never like properly got into hip hop. And I think that's because I grew up in the 90s. And if I wanted to try a Wu-Tang Clan album, it would cost me fifteen ninety nine. Yeah, it's um, true. And, you know, I, I like, I've heard bits and pieces that I like, but I know that if I had um, been born in the 2000s rather than the 80s, I'd probably be listening to loads of hip hop now. Mm. So... Um, never too late mate never too no, late to no, get into hip hop for sure absolutely. but um, anyway uh, we won't be talking about hip hop particularly today what we've no. decided to do is to try and create the universe of what this podcast is for the more eagle eyed amongst you you'll notice that this is act zero of mm. the right act podcast and um, so what we're doing basically is kind of setting our stall out nice and early so you know exactly what type of music it is that we consider to be alternative music so we've got ten kind of subgenres, subcategories of the sorts of things that we're going to be covering and we've each picked five bands that kind of define that genre of music to us now this isn't picking bands who sold the most it's not picking bands who are the most influential necessarily i mean it could it might be both of those things but it's ultimately picking things that when we think of those particular sub genres of music 
those are the bands and the artists that first kind of pop into our head and that kind of really tell the story about how we feel about what alternative music means. Mm. Is that fair? Yes, that's Sorry, fair. I pointed at you really aggressively <laughs> yeah, well, then. Yeah, yeah it did. was really aggressive. Uh, 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 oh, uh, yes, sir. Um, <laughs> that's, that's totally fair. And I think basically we're going to try and... Uh, so we've picked five each. We're going to try and argue these down. Um, po- hopefully argue in a nice way. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how it gets. Um, but we're going to argue them down to five between us uh, in our ten spo- uh, specific genres. Mm. And I don't think that's going to happen. It, well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. see. That's we'll kind see. of the idea. Um, but um, And hopefully have a sort of Venn diagram of riot act bands by the end of the podcast. This isn't, this isn't exclusively everything we would cover, but it should give you a really, really solid idea of what we're about and what we want to do. So coming up in the, uh, in, in this show, we're going to be talking about rock, indie, solo artists, punk rock, metal, prog, post music, hardcore, and Something we don't really have a name for. We've kind of called them individualists. Um, mm. Alternative bands, the alternative. I've kind of written down alt-right because yeah. they're alternative <laughs> and they're all right by me. But um, yeah, try taking that word back for the kids. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there are certain connotations which, which, which worry me about that. Yeah, but, so um, I'm, I might not use that. But those are what we're going to talk about. Just before we sort of crack on and, and kick off, um, if you like what we do and, and you want to help us out, uh, we do have a Patreon page. It's patreon.com forward slash forward slack forward slash yeah forward slash riot act podcast so if you want to know more about the podcast there'll be some more information about stuff that's happening on that page very very soon but this is early days this is act zero we technically haven't started yet no, no and even at the end of this we won't technically have started yet i'd say I, oh is this a good analogy to use this might be cut but we're sort of like a sperm on the cusp of 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 being shot out into the oh i the... hope it gets cut <laughs> I mean, I sincerely hope that that gets cut. No more sperm talk, please. Oh, shut up for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got, I got personal problems that I don't want to be hearing about that shit. Uh, anyway, um, let's go. We're starting um, with the genre, which I guess is one of the hardest to define because I said, as I said at the start, it means so much to so many people and so many different types of people. Um, rock music, straight ahead, mm. rock music, rock and roll. Uh, Thurston Moore from Sonic Youth said rock music started in 1969. That is a quote from Thurston Moore from Sonic Youth. Oh, right. A very interesting quote. Yeah. And when you look at the albums that came out in 1969, I, I see his point. Yes. But, I'm going to start off. My first pick predates that. And kind of whilst I agree with Thurston Moore, um, I don't think rock music ever could exist without Jimi Hendrix. My number uh, one pick is Jimi Hendrix. Oh, How do you damn, feel about that? That's really nice. So I um, considered Hendrix, but for solo artists. Right. And I was like, oh man, he doesn't really fit in with the the other solo artists who I've put. The Jimi Hendrix experience, I should say, is a band. Yeah, very much so. So, you know. That's a really good shout. Mm. Uh, Jimi Hendrix is a really good shout. And yeah, I think it's pretty fair to say that he shook things up so much that we probably wouldn't have a lot of the music that we're going to be talking about without without him. He's still the greatest guitarist ever. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, Jimi Hendrix is still unsurpassed with what he did with the electric guitar. He was just so fluid with it. I mean, I play guitar, and um, the reason why, you know, Jimi Hendrix, people still play 
Jimi Hendrix songs all the time. I was relearning Purple Haze the other day mm. and it just feels so natural. And so, you know, well, of course he went from this this E add ninth to this, you know, whatever the chord is, because because it, it is it's just instinctual. Mm. And and but the amazing thing with Hendrix is no one had really done that at all no, beforehand. It, it's incredible. Like, I went back and listened to Axis Boulder's Love the other day. And one of the other things about Hendrix that I love is the production on it, which in I, I, I always, as a kid, would struggle with kind of, you know, late 50s through to kind of mid 60s yeah, production. Because, um, but I, although weirdly, I've now kind of grown to love it because you literally can hear every fucking cymbal crash ringing out and you can hear every bum note and everything and there's a lot of there's a lot of bum notes on Hendrix there's a lot of like you know like there's a lot of um extraneous feedback and wailing and uh excess noise that that you you that wouldn't get past the modern day product producer absolutely not but it gives it so much more personality and you know the fact that you're on you're in no doubt whatsoever that he's literally playing that as as is that what you heard in the studio or what you heard on the recordings is almost certainly what he did in the studio. And I just think he is massively massive. He's, he's, he's still sounds ahead of his time. The things that he does with the guitar, fucking incredible. I mean, I can't, I can't argue against Jimi Hendrix. Mm. I've got nothing to say to anyone that wants to go, nah, not Jimi Hendrix. I can't either, actually, um, despite him not being in my five. But uh, I think another thing I always think, you said very clearly there that Jimi Hendrix experiences a band. Um, Mm -hmm. Someone who I really want to talk about is Mitch Mitchell, like as as a drummer. Holy yeah, incredible. Like, why is he, 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 I feel like he deserves to be on a lot more like best drummer of all time lists. The, the stuff that he does, it's that, it's that style, which was very sort of uh, popular at the time, I suppose Bonham and uh, Keith Moon had that kind of really mm. just hitting every single drum that you possibly can as quickly as you possibly can. Yeah. Really frenetic style. But Mitch, Mitch Mitchell did it in an absolutely almost classy way i would say um i'm curious to know what your favorite hendrix album is um after listening to it the other day it might be axis boulders love i mean right yeah i think it is it feels like the most ugh, i don't really like the word mature but it feels like the most mature one uh-huh. to me um it's ugh, i love i love it when it wails uh-huh. um I, I love hendrix when he really wails and they all just go wild but there's a level of restraint on Axis Bold of Love and a level of kind of really classy songwriting, which makes me think he would have become, I mean, he's already, you know, for me, one of the all-time great artists, but he would have become like a legit super, I mean, imagine what Hendrix would have been doing into kind of by the, by the mid eighties. When you look at the kind of his contemporaries, Mm. when you look at someone like Eric Clapton and Mm. what Clapton was doing, I just don't think Hendrix would have ended up doing acoustic songs on MTV. Do you know what I mean? I just no. don't think that would have happened to him. And it's, it's such a shame that um, that we never got to find out what he did. Mm. But he belongs in here. So my, my first draft picked would be Jimi Hendrix. Okay. Um, well, my number one is, I mean, I'd be, well, I'd be somewhat shocked if they're not, but then maybe, who knows? But I have gone, I have gone to 1969. I've gone with the Thrust and War school uh, of opinion, and I have just gone straight with Led Zeppelin. Yeah, I got Zeppelin too. Just, just, you know, you just, now Led Zeppelin, there's a huge argument to say that they could be in the um, art sort of unnamed category, our unclassified category, because mm-hmm. obviously they ended up doing a little bit of everything. But, 
Let's be honest. What when you when you say Led Zeppelin, you think of the. I think the majority of people think of the four years, sort of nineteen sixty nine to seventy three. Yeah, probably. I think so. I think that's fair to say. And um, the, you know, you think of whole lot of love, and you think of Heartbreaker, and you think of Dazed and Confused, and. Whilst they did do other amazing songs, which would go into sort of reggae, um, like folk stuff. I mean, yeah, loads of three folk. is yeah, very folky. And like, I think it's pretty fair to say that 50% or over of their oeuvre is, um, is rock music. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, they're, the, they're the kind of quintessential consummate rock band. The fact that every single new band that are getting pushed on the kind of the main stage at Download or Rambling Man Fair or those kind of things. Um, they all take musically, visually, physically take all of their cues from that kind of Led Zeppelin glory period. They do. They like, you know, pretty much every single band who now come out as a kind of a retro style classic rock band, you know, the kind of Rival Sons and yeah. Greta Van Fleets and these sort of bands. The first thing anyone ever says about them is led zeppelin and riffs as well riffs are just so integral with um led zeppelin i mean it was clear that they were trying to get away from that style towards the end um but i think it's also fairly inarguable that Mm. you know their last couple of records when they were trying to get away from that that sort of thing were their least successful i mean you know who who says i'll win through the outdoors my favorite led zeppelin album Not um <laughs> actually uh, having said that there's a press i think jimmy page says his favorite led zeppelin album is presence but then no jimmy page says whatever one he's <laughs> about to remaster and re-release is his favorite <laughs> Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Um, Mine's but, physical you know. graffiti for the record. Okay. I, I just have to go with um, four yeah, or untitled good, or, or it whatever good. it's meant to be called. Four, four symbols. symbols. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, Stairway to Heaven, Battle of Evermore, When the Levee Breaks. It's it's probably the most obvious choice, but I just, it's too, it's just too good. I love, I love the John Paul Jones in physical graffiti. Like, that's mm. the John Paul Jones album for yeah. me. There's loads of, like, popping, like, kind of liquid sort of acidy funk in um, in Physical Graffiti, which I fucking love. Those are the... That, that's my absolute... Of all the many things that they do brilliantly, when they do that on Physical Graffiti is my absolute favourite yeah. shit that they do. It's really so, experimental, yeah, Physical it's Graffiti. Great. It's really good. So, no, absolutely no arguments for me that Led Zeppelin deserve their place in that. Um, and I would be pretty surprised if this is not in yours as well, Nirvana. Ooh. Wow. Nirvana, Nirvana are in my list, but they're not under, under rock. Ah, that's interesting. Well, they're undermining rock because I think ultimately... People will call them grunge, but what is grunge? It's it's rock music. Grunge is something that I very much want to talk about. Um, I'm going to throw this in right now, actually. Okay. Um, so grunge is a style of music that I absolutely adore. I know you're the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but grunge to me is not a genre. Grunge is no, it's a, grunge not. is a scene. Yeah. Grunge is a, 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 an incredible scene, debatably the best that ever existed. Um, but grunge is very much a scene that happened in and around Seattle in the late 80s, early 90s, mm-hmm. which influenced a million other bands around the world, most of which were nowhere near the quality of uh, those Seattle bands. But 
I, to me, it's just not a, a genre. It's been said loads of times before. Nirvana do not sound like Soundgarden. Yeah. Alice in Chains don't sound like Pearl Jam. So then when I got to the nub of what are Nirvana, it was obviously, I think it is vital that Nirvana are in here. Mm, oh, unquestionably. Uh, Nirvana are a punk for me. Oh, really? I don't think they are. I mean, I get why you would say that. Yeah. But I don't think I, I have like, I get it. Of course, like Bleach is a punk album and they are influenced by punk bands and da, 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 and they, you know, they kind of kicked off the second, like generation, like the second punk. Yeah. If it weren't for Nirvana, they're, you know, the kind of what became the sort of the second summer of punk, if you like, the kind of when punk sort of rose from the grave and Offspring mm. and Green Day and, um, and all those bands happened. I know, like, I, I get why you would consider Nirvana that, but can I give? Uh, can I give? I'll give you my reason. Punk band don't write all apologies. I'll give, I'll give you my reason. Mm, all apologies is an annoying fly in my ointment. Um, well, it's but, not even like it's the only one. I mean, no, 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 no. There are there are a few flies. Uh, flies. There are a few flies in the ointment. Um, but from blue to you know you're right. The through line throughout that is punk, and there is punk on there's a punk attitude and a punk spirit on every single Nirvana record. Um, I, again, that, that rule of kind of like, like saying Led Zeppelin are 50% rock, you know, mm-hmm. obviously they did shit loads of other stuff as well, but I think you could apply the 50%. I think they're 50% punk. You know, See, most of bleach teen spirit is a punk song in blooms, a punk song. I just think Milk it's doing it, them a massive, ape. I just think it's doing them a disservice to kind of limit them to that. But then, but then, but then, uh, isn't that just? Aren't we just reappraising like what punk is? I mean, the, the, my punk list is very, very. Uh, uh, there's lots of different stuff in my punk list. Yeah, okay. I'm trying to make it as broad as possible. I suppose it depends. I suppose it depends on your opinion of what punk is. But like, I do feel that um, Nirvana obviously need to be in this list somewhere i if you came to me and said our oh, nirvana you know <coughs> we're 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 re-establishing we're taking grunge out of the equation what are nirvana a punk band or a rock band i'd say of the i don't think either is wrong mm-hmm. but of the two i would plump with punk okay well Maybe we should come back to Nirvana. Maybe we should come back to that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, At least we both sure. agree they should be in there. Uh, they should definitely be in there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that's there's no question about that whatsoever. For me, they would. I don't think all the bands I picked for punk. I think were quite happy to be punk. Uh, do you know right, what I mean? Right, I, right, I feel right. like there's this whole talk about you know Nirvana didn't want to be rock stars and stuff, and I think that's bullshit. I think they. I think Kurt wanted to be. I don't yeah. think he wanted them to be massive. When you look at his. Um, diary they you know posthumously releases uh diaries and there's there's loads of stuff in there where he's basically like i want to be the biggest band of all time so yeah that and was... you know you, you look at how there's so much influence from sabbath and the beatles and sort of 70s rock and stuff like that i i think i think he was i think i believe he was torn with that whole thing though i do i do believe that you know he had this dream of wanting to be massive but he also wanted to 
people to leave him the fuck alone mm. you know so i and human beings are complex people and often when we're writing kind of rock's history we kind of forget that mm. and so you know people will argue over whether you know kirk Cobain wanted to be a massive rock star or whether he just wanted to be left alone and no one you know bother him ever again mm. the reality is probably somewhere in between the two and he probably kept <laughs> switching between the two constantly throughout his life yeah um certainly the diaries would would indicate that but um yeah i i yeah i think like you say maybe it's something we should come back to we'll come maybe, back to maybe we should even ask people what they think well yeah i mean you can find us on social media yeah and you can give us a shout what a nirvana are they maybe, a punk maybe, band are they a rock band if we can't decide yeah. If we cannot decide, maybe that's what we do. Put it to okay. a public vote or something. But anyway, we'll move on. Mm. What's the next pick of yours? My next one. I hope this isn't controversial. I know you sort of come around to them a little bit more recently. But um, when we're talking about personal taste and something, which is something that we really wanted yeah. to put in this, I just I had to put Guns N' Roses in. Mm-hmm. I just had to. Well, um, it's not a bad shout, mate. I mean, no. they're obviously huge bands. Yeah, yeah. Huge, huge influential. Yeah. Uh, huge um, I think rock is fair. I mean, they're technically a hard rock act, but we don't have a hard rock category in this. Mm. And, and you know, they're not metal. Um, so rock it is for me. I think um, everyone always thinks of Appetite. Uh, and obviously Appetite is an astonishing album, but both the Use Your Illusion albums are actually fantastic records. Yes, they're flabby, but the the brilliant material they have on there is amazing and and certainly when you look at use your illusion one and two there's more of a rock feel you know there's bob dylan covers and wings covers on there and stuff like that and there's loads of piano on it and um it was clear it was clear that you know axel wanted to push them in a direction which it was like Elton John, he he wanted to be Elton John basically. Yeah, um, whereas Slash was quite happy in keeping them in the sort of hard rock riffs um, uh, realm. And Use Your Illusion One and Two are just is just a band fighting with each other basically, but also producing some incredible music at the same time. Mm. Um, I think the other personal reason I have to put Guns in are is they are literally the band who got me into rock music, who 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 made me passionate about music in the first place. Mm. So that's, yeah. That's well, I can't reason. argue with any of that, to be honest. I mean, you know, they're such a kind of integral, iconic band. Um, uh, and they became, you know, the figureheads and still like, it's hard to think of another band like maybe Metallica and Nirvana are pretty much the only two bands who are even worth thinking about in terms of sizable, comparable size to Guns N' Roses. So yeah, I would be no, I'd have no problem putting uh, Guns N' Roses in. Um, so at the moment, I think Ze- Zeppelin, Hendrix, Guns, yes, I are, are shoe ins. Yeah, I'm yep, all yep, right yep. with that. Yep, yep, yep. Um, we'll, we'll talk about Nirvana. Okay, this is. Uh, actually, I've done three, and you've done two, and I was about to do another one. So do another one of yours because I had Zeppelin twice. Okay, if you're sure. Uh, right, okay, well, <laughs> from from the band that got me into rock music uh, into my favourite band of all time, um, I have to put Pearl Jam here. Uh, again, we've been, this is a, you know, grunge conversation in that people would put them in as a grunge band, but grunge is not a genre. Yeah, and they've changed a hell of a lot. They've changed a hell of a lot. M- myself and Steve are both on a bit of a Pearl Jam kick, I have to admit, uh-huh. at the moment. Um, Steve saw them twice in London recently. I saw them twice in London and... Barcelona um, and 
a lot. I, I mean, I think we could, should just be honest with this because people are going to figure it out. Yeah. This, this podcast is named after a Pearl Jam album, mm-hmm. you know. So, so there's uh, uh, from that respect alone, I was like, we've got to have Pearl Jam in. Obviously, I'm hugely biased. You are. Uh, <laughs> I am. I am. Yeah, yeah. I am insanely biased. But I think the range and the breadth of stuff that they have done and the way that they are. Um, influencing so many bands in a way that in ways that sometimes are incredibly subtle um sometimes even just in a sort of activism sense or i mean something they did uh they had the trump baby blimp they actually asked to hire it and put it yeah. outside the o2 arena yeah, funny, um it? and you know people were taking pictures of it and stuff like that and that kind of classy activism stuff that they do uh, and also musically, as you say, most people are familiar with 10. They might be familiar with verses as well. If that's all you know of Pearl Jam, you have barely scraped the surface. Um, they did so, they, they have just done so many different uh, genres and styles. There's lots of like folky stuff on the later albums um, and really experimental as well. There's a song on uh, Riot Act, which they played both London nights actually called mm. you are which i don't even know what type of song that is it's 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 very it's got a very sort of computerized um effect going through the guitar and it just makes it it's really it's just a very odd song yeah the experimentation that pearl jam have um tried throughout their career uh is actually really top notch and far beyond what people associate with Pearl Jam. They used to have a song on every single album, which was a minute long, which would just be like an experimental song. So there's a song called Ark on Riot Act, which basically sounds like Lady Smith, Black Man Bamzo. There's Lukin on No Code, which is just Eddie Mm -hmm. screaming. And, and, you know, there's a song called Pry 2 on Vitology, which is just a horrible, weird, discordant thing with Eddie Vedder just going P-R-I-V-A-C-Y is private to me or something like, like over the top. It's just, just just so much to what Pearl Jam have done um, over the years. Obviously, yeah. Uh, you're, you're, yeah looking, you're looking at me. The only answer, yeah, well, the only counter to it I'd have is I, I really, really love Pearl Jam and I've thought of the last, the, both those gigs have been incredible. Um, I, I wouldn't say I was one of those people that only <clears throat> new uh 10 and verses because I've, I've always i've liked the I, I remember getting the self-title today it came out i love yield as well um i got into vitalogy years after i bought it yeah um but, well vitalogy is kind of um they're, they're in utero isn't it yeah really? yeah and but it's weird that for a band that big they are only associated with a very kind of limited number of songs that's true and that is something that upsets me it's something that i think is um beginning to change Mm. um but i also my counter argument to that is we should be yeah listen to them you fucking (laughs) yeah listen to them you fucking idiots and also we should we should be we should be sort of saying you if you think this band are just 10 and verses you're wrong yeah and you're right the statement for us to do that is to go they are a rock band and they this is what they've done over their career and uh, I wonder if we should be the people who are who are brave enough to put our um, put our foot forward and say this is what this band are. Yeah, I, I think they're definitely 
a definitely a worthy acquisition to this list. I think they are deserving of it to, to a point. Um, I don't want to take this. If Nirvana go in, I wouldn't have Pearl Jam in. That's what I would think, oh. uh, potentially. I don't know. There's probably room for both of them. At the moment, I'm sort of undecided. And I'm wondering if my next pick will mean, because it's a different thing altogether. Um, in fact, I nearly picked this band for kind of one of the uh, alternative, unclassifiable okay. bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think ultimately, at their heart, they are a rock band. They're just a rock band unlike any other rock band, and that's Rage Against the Machine. Ooh. Because those riffs that Tom Morello comes up with, those grooves are so Zeppelin. They're so oh, they're kind classic of rock. Classic yeah. rock Van Halen. When I think of the bands that are like in fact I did a piece of Metal Hammer on the the influences that put together Rage Against the Machine. There was no metal bands in there. There's obviously a lot of hip hop bands. There's obviously yeah you know, Beastie Boys and Public Enemy. Um, but I thought more of stuff like the MC5, Sly and the Family Stone, um, Zeppelin, uh, even in terms of being run by uh, a kind of a wrecking ball of a front man, mm. a really, really tight um, uh, rhythm section and a superstar genius wizard guitar player, mm. Van Halen, isn't it? They're just Van Halen, mm-hmm. but like angrier. I wonder if they'd and appreciate that. I think they probably Maybe they would. would I think That's Tom Morello would. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and like for me, you know, the, the Rage Back catalogue, if we don't count, this is not Profits of Rage, by the way, this is just Rage Against Machine. Those three studio albums and even Renegades yeah, with Renegade. the covers is fucking like, there's not a dud second on any of those records. They're fucking incredible and they're so original and they're so unique. And the thing about it is, like I said, I nearly put them into the sort of more unique category, but I just was like, actually, at their heart, mm. they're, they're a fucking rock band. They're just a really weird, different rock band. And as much as I agree with everything you say about Pearl Jam and the longevity and the different stuff they've done, I would probably, I would personally, I would plump for Rage over Pearl Jam, and I know you wouldn't. I don't know if that makes rock less representative of just straight ahead rock mm. music by having mm. Rage Against the Machine in mm. there. But to me, like if we're being this kind of, um, you know, for cutting out grunge as a genre, then mm. I would be happy to have Nirvana and Rage fill it. Up. I'm trying very hard not to put my personal biases. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to put those aside. I, I, my, my main argument is the one that you've. Raised, which is rage to me, really fit in the unclassifiable alt, alt- right. <laughs> Certainly not alt right. <laughs> that is a fair, but, um, somebody like that is going to haunt you. <laughs> rage belong in the alt right. Yeah, Zach, Zach just certainly that. wouldn't appreciate that. Um, but I, I, I think. I think every, you know, people very wrongly try to say they were a new metal band and that yeah. no, wrong, punk, no, hip hop, no. And rock, whilst rock is probably the closest of all of those, I actually do feel that the, the, um, yeah, the, 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 the actual closest is unclassified. Yeah, you're probably right. No, I, I concede who, that. Because you, Rage Against the Machine have influenced loads of other bands undoubtedly mm. but who else actually sounds like Rage Against yeah, the Machine that's true I mean you know, I nearly picked Motorhead for this as well but again ah, I was like Motorhead yeah. the Motorhead because they're so influential to metal aren't they and to yeah. kind of the, the spirit of metal but then 
we are Motorhead and we play rock and roll. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a weird little. There are some bands that don't even fit in their own thing. So yeah, all right, scrap, I, I, scrap, I, rage, but no, they're well, great. Well, well, all, all I would say is, is I think the alternative category at the at the end is for bands who you know exactly what I just said. They're incredibly influential, and yet no one actually really sounds like them. Mm. And I actually do think Rage fit that more than they fit rock, rock. Whereas, and I'm this is going to be ever so slightly disparaging towards Pearl Jam, and I can't believe I'm about to say it, but but Pearl Jam are more general rock, just a straight ahead rock band, straight ahead rock band than Rage. Like, there's not a lot that is straight ahead about Rage, whereas Pearl Jam are more more straight fair enough okay so. we'll, we'll we'll see um what's your next pick then Renfrey? my next pick this might be a controversial one and this might um I, I i'm not sure yeah i'm not sure if this will get in i wanted to represent some um fairly modern ish acts um me too my next one's modern cool we didn't want to put anything too modern in because in this list we feel like it has to be bands that have really been uh, super influential on people and I think it takes a band at, at the very very least 10 years to be able to have that kind of influence well you're people. putting words in my mouth here mate for oh, sure oh okay okay well we'll <laughs> see we'll see about that but I have gone for I th- think of a quintessential modern rock band who I just think are great Queens of the Stone Age isn't it hmm <laughs> yeah 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 the first three Queens of Stone Age albums are fucking great mm-hmm. and I actually haven't minded the last two I think they've been treading. They they have tread a, a hell of a lot of water for me. And they also they they're starting to feel like they've got that muse thing where they kind of sometimes I go, are they a bit embarrassed to be a rock band? I don't really know. And I just think there's okay. So here's my counter argument. Yeah, yeah. To Biffy Clyro, uh, which is Biffy Clyro. Ah, well, right, okay. Biffy now, Clyro are my next. Okay. Oh, my last choice. So right. maybe we so, should agree on Biffy. And, but so yeah, go on. So Queens of Stone Age to me, they come from the desert rock scene. Great. Like he's come from Caius. He's mm. part of that thing. They used to be this real kind of badass slacker rock and roll band. They sort of uh, had their edges, you know, uh, shaved off a little bit. Like they, yes. they definitely mellowed out with age and there's nothing wrong with that at all. They still make good albums. I think um, the last one, the last two have both been all right. I think they're, they're um, decent. I, I actually really like, like Clockwork personally. Yeah, like Clockwork's really good. Sorry, In fact, Eric Volgaris has got some really good songs on this one. But yeah. they've all got some really good songs on them. They are a good band. Like I don't want to... But I just like... Comparatively with Biffy Clyro, you look at a band who really have nothing to do with when we talk about stuff like Zeppelin and Hendrix and Guns N' Roses mm. like Biffy have pretty much nothing to do with those bands they come from the kind of post Nirvana influenced by that school of rock influenced by Weezer and Jawbreaker and, and bands like that and again like you know these are kind of post these are kind of post hardcore bands and you know I remember seeing Biffy opening for This Girl and Hell is for Heroes at oh, Reading Alley Cat in about yeah, yeah, yeah about 2002 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're a tiny little band really weird really eccentric esoteric very like uh they sounded like where they were, you know, they, they sound Scottish. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like yes. there's yes. no kind of, um, Americanisms. Like it's really honest. And for them to, for their, you know, their peers are like, at this point are like the killers and, mm. uh, the Kings of Leon and, mm. and bands who are really kind of mainstreamy, like super easy listening, mainstream, 
guitar-based bands, for, for Biffy to have grown to the, to the point where they've grown and to do it using the, the sort of the tools that they have, which mm. is three-part vocal harmonies, mm. really like... There's, I didn't I want Mad Keen on Ellipsis, the last album. But, no. but there was bits of like blast beats and from like black metal and stuff in there. Yeah. And you yeah. think, you're this massive rock band. You can play like three nights, sell out three nights at the O2 and headline Reading mm. and be played on Radio One Daytime. I, I, and you're whacking in bits of like black metal. And I know people are like sniffy towards Biffy Clyro. Yeah. I know there are people like they play, I was at Download last year when they played Download and a bunch of sniffy people were getting sniffy about Biffy Clyro. And I just it just doesn't make any fucking sense to me. They are the band I agree of this 21st century era yeah. that are, that I think are best representative. And like I say, Muse, you know, you could pick Muse. I'm not a big Muse fan at all. I would take Biffy Clyro over Muse any day of the week. Um, and Muse seem a little bit like, well, no, we'd rather be going to catwalk shows and, you know, wearing suits than just fucking stripping <laughs> off naked and, and doing like fucking Weezer covers and weird shit that yeah. Biffy do. Like, I mean, yeah, Muse might come up later. But uh, in terms of what you're saying about Biffy, I can't argue with anything you said at all. I think what's wonderful about them is they are a mainstream act and they are undi- uh, undoubtedly a mainstream act now who are incredibly experimental, like ridiculously so. Yeah, like really? you say... I wasn't a massive fan of Ellipsis either, but yeah, whacking a blast metal uh, blast beat into into um, into one of their songs, was it, it's like the fourth track or something, you know, just really randomly, just for a few seconds and stuff like that. There's no other band who write the way that they do. The write the way that Simon Neal writes, it's just ridiculous. I've learned a couple of Biffy songs over the years on guitar, and he doesn't use conventional power chords in the way that most a lot well a lot of rock bands do you know he uses some really weird stuff mountains is actually an amazing example i was really sniffy towards mountains and i learned to play it and now it's one of my favorite biffy clyro songs it's Mm. it's that song the way that it's put together the way that it's rhythmically i think it's amazing as well if you try and copy those drum parts yeah it's it's stunning i i undoubtedly i'm really glad you chose biffy clyro actually because mm. i think i think they are an absolutely stunning band i think anyone who is sniffy towards them from that kind of download um uh, perspective sect, sect yeah, yeah. um a, it clearly hasn't listened to the first three records which are amazing i mean i, su- I suppose the one thing that makes me slightly uh, upset with biffy nowadays is, is they play very few songs from those first three albums um basically the, the albums before they I just got think it's harder to make that shit translate into both sort of places they're playing i think you're probably right and i think they've done amazingly to be able to write songs that do translate at the o2 yeah. without losing the kind of the kernel of what made them that yeah. band in the first place so i'm happy to go hendrix zeppelin um biffy clyro getting in pretty easily hendrix yeah. zeppelin biffy clyro guns and roses pearl jam and maybe nirvana Okay. That's rock music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Nirvana to be discussed. Well, obviously, you know Nirvana's coming up later now. But yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Let's move on to indie music. Now, Renfrey, this is the one where I might have the most trouble because my relationship with indie music is that there's, I wouldn't say that I hate it, but there's a hell of a lot of bands in it that I really, really hate. That being said, there are pockets all over the place of bands that I absolutely fucking love. Yeah. Um, Do you have a similar... 
feeling? I would say that my feeling is relatively similar, yeah. Um, probably the bands who I dislike the most in the world would all come under indie yeah. because they're very close to something that I love, but but just irritating uh, at the same time. <laughs> yeah. um, Talk about the Fratellis, right? Uh, Fratellis, yeah. Uh, Razorlight, you can... Oh, oh yeah. God. All that, that mid-noughties painful. indie boom. But let's like, we'll, we'll probably be talking about that in a little bit, so oh, let's yeah, not spunk yeah, it yeah. too much. Um, so go on, for you, I'll give you first go on this one. First okay. pick, draft pick, number one pick for you. My first draft pick. Now, I know it's going to be different from yours because I just know one of the bands that are going to be in, in yours. Um, but if we're going back to the roots of indie um, and them taking those roots and then experimenting with them and going into crazy, crazy, crazy places, I would have to say Sonic Youth. Now, wow. <laughs> See, uh, oh God. at no point in the world have I ever considered Sonic Youth an indie band at all. Really? So I think we like, wow, to me, that's that's punk or that's post something. I, I mean, where mm. this is. OK, so this is something that I thought long and hard about. Where does indie start? Yeah. What yeah. is what is it? Because, again, it's really fucking vague term. Well, I think, especially I, at this point, I think it. I think it starts with a band that you're going to have, and Sonic Youth started. I, I'm sure you're going to have them. Sonic Youth started in 1981. Mm. Are you thinking I'm going to start with Joy Division? No, I wasn't actually. Okay. Um. Oh, maybe I've got that wrong. Uh, but um, when did Joy Division start? Was it 80? 79, 80. Ah, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Um. I just think. Daydream Nation I always kind of viewed as like a, a, a an indie record because its spirit is very independent and they want I mean Sonic Youth again maybe more accurately would be in uh, uncate uncategorized yeah. or whatever I, I, you know. if we can't have rage for rock who are a rock band there's no now, way you can have Sonic Youth can or Indie. See, now that I can see your pretty little face and how, it's, <laughs> how, how upset you are. With the, no, I'm not upset with it. I just, yeah, I just don't think we, right. you can't have Sonic Youth or Indie. I, want, I just want them bad. Well, you can have them. Like, I mean, I actually, they were a band that I thought about putting in punk and I also thought about putting in rock, but at no point did I think they would go in Indie, to be perfectly honest. It's jangly. Like, I get it's it. It's jangly, I, yeah. It's jangly, but to me... Okay, so my to give you an example of like my first pick, my number one pick, and they're not the first band, but for my money, they are the band who absolutely are the summation of both sides of the coin of indie music are the Stone Roses. Oh, right. Wow. The Stone Roses are essentially a 60s inspired rock and roll band taking... Kind of, I guess, kind of football and lad culture, and ta- and taking psychedelica and rave culture and kind of Manchester lad culture and you know the Velvet Underground and the Rolling Stones and and the Beatles and mixing it all up into a pot. I would say you know the Beatles probably are the first indie band, really. Yeah, I, I had that thought as well. Yeah, and then I think the Velvet Underground are incredibly. Uh, Velvet Underground, you could go post this and a, mm. uh, kind of again precursors punk. to punk yeah. as well. Mm. But when I think of kind of indie music, I guess kind of although they were considered a sort of post punk band, really Joy Division aesthetically, and then the fact they went on to sort of form New Order, and mm-hmm. that's when you start seeing 
My Bloody Valentine. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Um, a magazine, I suppose, aren't really a, the same sort of thing. But, um, I, I, but, but for me, the Stone Roses is where it gets big and then it gets def- like the, the, it's defining something with a kind of commercial breakthrough, which changes the parameters of what that music was. Mm. You know, before that, it's student. It's really kind of nerdy student uni seven inch rough mm. trade mm. like collector music. I guess my thinking with Sonic Youth is simply that almost all of those bands you've mentioned. Uh, bar the ones that came before Sonic Youth, although actually maybe even debatably some of those have probably been influenced by Sonic Youth. And secondly, um, like Stone Roses, the the whole psychedelic era uh, element of Stone Roses and things like that, part of the reason I I thought Sonic Youth is that they have that My Bloody Valentine psychedelic Mm. slow uh, shoegazy kind of thing going on as well. I also (laughs) wanted, I, I find with indie that, and Stone Roses are a classic example of this, you get so many bands who did like one, maybe two records and then you know, fucked off basically. Mm. And I was trying to think of a band who had a really big catalogue and Sonic Youth did what, like 18 records? Yeah, they've got a lot. They've got loads. There's so much going on there. I have to admit, now that I've put it to you, I can't deny what you're saying, some of your arguments. Uh, So maybe, maybe we'll have to. Yeah. But the Stone Roses for you, like Stone Roses. Um, uh, I'm actually I am having to put my biases aside here because I, I really actually can't stand the Stone Roses. <laughs> uh, but then at the same time, I have to admit that they undoubtedly do sum up indie music. Yeah. Um, it pains me ever so slightly to have a band who only have one decent record. No, I think they're both. I think they're both. Do you good. think that? I, but I mean, I mean, we get to punk. I mean, I was thinking this earlier. Like, I don't have the Sex Pistols spoiler alert, but yeah. if you did, it was just so good that yeah, you can't you can't argue against it. And I think what what Stone Roses did with that record and how they changed. I mean, you know, like you, you I would take that one record yeah. over. 40,000 brand new Blue Tones albums. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like you know. Yeah. No, that's that's valid. That's uh, a very good point. Like, personally, I really like, like, I really like the Stone Roses. Um, and, and, I sh- and it took me a long time because I saw them at Ready 96 and their last gig before they split up and they were absolutely, absolute dog shite. So, but you know, some bands have a short shelf life. That's just the yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, that's that's valid. I, th- I think my main issue with Stone Roses has just been Ian Brown. It's just Ian Brown. Um, See, do you know what? Here's something really fucking controversial. I actually prefer Ian Brown's solo material to the Stone Roses. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I'm not having that. Um, <laughs> okay. But yeah, mate, Ian Brown's solo material is fucking wicked. And there's a little kind of Stone Roses getting with an asterisk saying, including Ian Brown's solo material as well. Because oh. Ian Brown's got at least four fucking banging records Brilliant. okay music I mean, of the spheres is an amazing record go and listen to whispers and tell me you don't like that it's I, brilliant. I, I can't comment on ian brown's okay. solo material um, it's great. um i in this in this uh in what we're doing now i i will count out to stone roses i, I, I can that's okay. fair enough yeah yeah, yeah. Right. Fair so go on then what's your second pick my second pick i'm absolutely determined to get this band in because i think they are vitally important uh is the pixies or Pixies. Uh, Again, is... are they an indie band? Yes! Are they? What, what are they not? 
that's just not what I think about when I think about indie music. But the, the, uh, just in terms of like, again, it's experimentation and um, they, they, they've influenced so many people. Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, so many people. Uh, yeah, but I, not in indie music, I don't think they did. Particularly, did they? I, I don't know. I think in I think, rock, yeah, loads in rock. God, Pixies are rock bands. Yeah, they're a fucking rock band. They're I, a weird, esoteric, unclass- again, an unclassifiable, weird, and yeah, an indie rock band. I guess they're an indie rock band. Okay, yeah. When I started, like my parameters for what this is is very different to because I think about Pixies and Sonic Youth in terms of bands like Quicksand and Fugazi and bands that I wouldn't consider them when i think about indie music i'm thinking about stone roses and mm. and oasis and stuff like that that's what kind of, i'm thinking about Britpop and um food records and rough trade and all that kind of shit that's where my head is i think we are on a very different page maybe, maybe. very it feels like we're on a very very different page well i thought i mean which when, is fine but mm. you know that's why it's good to have this chat when i was going back to you know the band that started indie music the one that i thought you were gonna you know you may still have it on there um i thought that the band that started indie music is probably the smiths i mean it might the might, smiths are on mine yeah yeah okay so it might be joy division if that was a 79 or something but but taking the smiths into account i think if you're calling the smiths an indie band then i think pixies is are an indie band as well, personally. Pourquoi? Um, uh, <laughs> I didn't realise I'd have to explain myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that's it for this week. <laughs> We've run out of arguments. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it around ever so slightly and say the reason why I don't think they're a rock band is because I think of the six records they got, mm-hmm. I think they've only written one rock record and that's Tromplemond. I okay. think that the sort of the levels of distortion and so on and so forth don't go they don't turn their amps up to 11 in the way that rock bands do I suppose rock bands probably turn their amps up to about 7 don't they mm. uh, but you know they, they they're you know Pixies amps are probably set on about 4 you know like in terms of gain and distortion and so on and so forth for most of their albums bar Tromplemond where um, where Charles took over a little bit and just, or well, I should say, Francis really uh, took over, and it basically, you know, it, you're on first name terms. If <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm not. I don't know why I called it. His, his real name's Charles Thompson the Third, but I was just like, oh, I just called him Charles. No, I'm not. <laughs> you're Frank Black. <laughs> me, I only call him Frank Black. I only call him Frank Black. Yeah. Black Francis. <laughs> um, this is a problem when you have like a million different names. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. But. Um, I yeah I mean Trompe Le Mans to me is basically actually the first Francis Black and the Catholics mm. solo album. Um, I feel Dio's more comfortable album. putting the Pixies in than I do Sonic Youth in for some reason. Uh huh. I think that's Sonic fair. Youth feel more like a kind of a proper artsy, angry punk rock band, whereas the Pixies, yeah, there is uh, definitely a kind of uh not i was gonna say whimsy whimsy is a shit word for it but well here do you know what i mean and stuff like yeah that, yeah it's know. a bit more kind of yeah it's a bit like it could be on a juno the soundtrack to juno yeah 
yeah, yeah, yeah. And there is the sound a, inside Zooey Deschanel's head. There is actually quite a lot of that. I mean, going to the the more recent albums, which actually are far better than most people give them credit for. Um, mm. like Indie Cindy, I thought it was Indie Cindy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Indie Cindy. That the, the song Indie Cindy mm. is really whimsical and really actually really beautiful. It's a brilliant song, um, and. Uh, yeah, I, I have always considered they're them... They're better when they're doing Blue-Eyed Hexo, aren't they? Oh, Blue-Eyed I, 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 Yeah, I, I adore both sides. Oh, I yeah, adore both sides of Pixies. I adore the Monkey Gone to Heaven side, and I adore the Tame side. You know, mm. like, uh, Tame actually not being Tame, ironically. Um, but, like, I yeah, I have just always viewed them as an indie band myself. I'm definitely more, personally, far more... Um, uh, passionate about getting Pixies in than Sonic Youth. Um, All right, I think well the arguments for Sonic Youth have been quite sound. Yeah. Um, but, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, then we'll put the we'll put the Pixies in. Okay. Thank you. Because you, the only you, the only reason I was going to say we we were going to put the Pixies in and, and the difference to me is because my next pick is REM. Excellent. Uh, as is mine. Good. So we don't even <laughs> have to talk about REM. That's obvious, really, isn't um, it? I, 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 probably the most important band for kind of alternative uh, indie American college rock music. Yeah. I'd say ever, but certainly in terms of what they did that kind of went through into the 90s. I mean, that 80s period everyone talks about uh, from our scene a lot, like it's the most important stuff. But still, shit like Automatic from the People and Monster and... Oh, it's fucking brilliant. You know, I mean, I mean, you know, they've definitely had their down moments. Um, Around the Sun is is one of the worst albums I've ever heard in my life. But then when you when you you know their early stuff like Document as yeah, well, green. And Fables of the Reconstruction, and yeah, Green's amazing. It's obviously brilliant. Um, like they're just they're, they're, they're just a wonderful band. REM, I mm. absolutely adore them, and I I couldn't um, I couldn't not have them in this list at all. Um, I, I I was I thought I might get a bit more um a bit more backlash from you because I thought you might say they're a rock band, but um I'm glad you agree with me. No, I definitely would have them in indie. They're too weird to be a rock band, but in fact maybe so the Pixies. Maybe I've got this all bound bound around the wrong way. <laughs> um okay, well then let's move right. So I've got a band that I want to put in. Oh, by the way, I, my, I had the Smiths as well. I, I guess that goes without saying, right? I'm happy to put the Smiths in. They're not actually on my list. Yeah. But, but I'm happy to put the Smiths in I because think I think that's fair be enough. Yeah. And they're one of those bands who've got a, a kind of run of four albums mm. that, are, that are great. Mm. So, mm. yeah. Um, I don't know if I can have the Manics, so I might have Blur if I can't, is what I'm saying. I considered the Manics. Yeah. Um, I think they... Ah, uh, they have they have done so many again. They've done so many different things. Yeah, it's you, hard, isn't it? If you just take their first and their last album, uh, Generation Terrace was Futurology the last one. It yeah. wasn't. But was it okay? There's a kind of um, you know. Generation oh, you know the new one's called. Um, is it called Futurology? It's not. No, called, it's not. Sorry, it's I'm called, getting uh, confused. Ah, fuck, Resistance is futile. Yes, yeah, which yeah. I've not actually heard yet. But the last one I good. heard, last one I heard was Futurology. Futurology is basically. An ode to craft work, mm. effectively, which is yeah. not which is not indie. No, and Generation Terrorists is um, their own appetite appetite for destruction, yeah. which is not indie. No. Um, have they written indie records? Undoubtedly, um, arguably their worst period was when they were writing their indie records. That's why I probably <clears throat> don't know. It's only because I love those first four so much, but then I was like, one of them sounds like Guns N' Roses, one of them sounds like Bon Jovi, yeah. one of them sounds like. <sighs> 
fucking Lord only knows something I horrible. D- I don't think uh, the um, Holy Bible, which that's the one you're talking about, yeah. probably both of our favourite Manix albums. Yeah. Yeah, undoubtedly. I don't think the Holy Bible's an indie album. No. And so, then you get yeah. the kind of really lush kind of sweeping, um, like this kind of Phil Spector style, like everything must go. And they carried on that with this is to a lesser, much, much lesser effect on this is my truth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That kind of sixties pop. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Well, I'll go with blur then. Um, who in the company that if we're talking about the Smith to stone roses, the Pixies and REM and there's one spot left. I'd be kind of happy for Blur to have it. I think Blur have done a lot of stuff. I think they're, you know, mm. Britpop was such a massive thing. And I think Britpop was, um, could be really good. And it, it felt like a good time for the country. If you would, if you were alive during it and if you were hearing it when it was coming out and, you know, if you were part of the kind of the Euro 96 generation and the, you know, the, the train spotting and the Cool Britannia and, you know, all that stuff. If you were there when that was, was going on, um, it was undoubtedly really, really fucking exciting. Really exciting. Um, it turned into shit, obviously. Because <laughs> yeah, I think quite quickly. W- without, without kind of Oasis at Nebworth and Blur versus Oasis in the charts and you know, Jarvis, Cole, Jarvis Cocker abusing Michael Jackson at the Brits and all those brilliant, okay. all those kind of brilliant things that happened. Were it not for that, we we probably would have been spared the um, uh, stuff like Travis and, and Coldplay yeah. and the, the kind of the, the bands that we were, you know, the, the Razor Lights and mm. the, the awful bands that came along in the mid 2000s and then just basically kind of burnt the genre as it was to the ground completely like people talk about rock is dead and blah 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 i mean fuck me indie has really suffered but then Mm. this is not blur's fault because blur started off as um a kind of baggy band Mm. and then did their went through their kind of cockney super silly uber Mm. poppy stage and then they went and did this kind of pavement style um american post-rock and then the last album before they split i've not heard their I've not heard Magic Whip, which is the the recent, the, the most recent word, one. Yeah. But if you listen to Think Tank, it's got lots of kind of. Um, I, th- I think Damon Albarn went out to Morocco to record it, and there's lots of kind of like East African rhythms and stuff. But it's think, actually very good, and that's without Brad uh, Cox as well. I was going to say Think Tank's actually my favourite Blur album. It's really which is good, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, a good yeah, album. It's it a really is. good album. So <clears throat> I think you know, kind of painting them as the sort of um, Burberry. Fred Perry wearing cheeky Cockney chappies does mm. them a little bit of a disservice. To be Very honest. much so, yeah, definitely. Um, I my, my counter to Blur, and you've sort of um, graced over it a little bit, but my counter to Blur was simply that are they not um, uh, alternative, you know, um, unclassifiable almost. But I think less so than if you were to say, you know, are there any bands who sound like Blur? Yes, you probably could think of a few. Um, but and it was, you know, they're so tied to, yeah. they are chained like, yeah, to yeah, Britpop yeah, yeah, yeah. forever, yeah. whether they like it or not, whatever they do. Mm. So I think... You know, I think indeed, of... I think indie's fair, and and the the counter is kind of devil's advocate more than anything. Mm. It's like I I do agree with you. I think they're undoubtedly. Well, we'll see because you've got how many more picks? Well, have I've you actually got? technically got two more. You got two more. Let's mm. have one of them. Um, my next pick is the Verve. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I really love the Verve. I really love them. Yeah, those first three records. I think it's kind of the um, shoegazy, psyche aspects of their sound, and I think Nick McCabe is basically just like the the, the reason that band are absolutely fantastic. The guitar tones and things that he got, like all the delay stuff, and it's, it's just absolutely amazing, in my opinion. Um, their their comeback album fourth was utter dog shit, but um, the Verve, yeah, um, I'm I'm already feeling this slipping from my fingers just looking at <laughs> you, just looking at you. Yeah, I mean, I I never really got into the Verve. I really not at all. Not really. Ah, oh, crumbs. This is gonna you know, be I know Urban then. Hymns is a. I mean, by that point, I was just so done with people in fishermen's hats. You know what I mean? Yeah, unfortunately, the time. I mean, Urban Hymns is a phenomenal record, yeah, but unfortunately, good. the time that it came out, and you know, I think, well, it's when Britpop was dying, wasn't it? It's mm. the same year that it's Oasis. Sort of, it's the it's the Britpop. It's it's the sound of the come down from the the drug of Britpop, isn't it? Mm. That album mm. essentially. Yeah, but it but it's one of the last few great Britpop records. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fair. Um, you know, it, it was much better than Be Here Now, you know, which was just a bloated mess really with a yeah. few decent songs on it, but you know. Yeah. I think um yeah, I, I, my, my, my main argument for the verb is I really like them, which isn't great. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. But, I think out of Blur and the Verve, I think yeah, personally, even, I would. Even I, even I feel the Blur, Blur should go in there, and I prefer the Verve to Blur, mm. but I accept that Blur have more influence, and yeah, okay. I can't deny that. Fair enough. Um, so my last pick is quite a tough one because. I wanted to pick something modern. I mean, Joy Division would have been the obvious one, but then I was like, well, is it post-punk? Like, does it count? I'm really sure. Um, uh, I thought about picking Block Party, who I think are the, the, one of the only bands from that era that we're talking about who actually stand out. I think the first yep. three Block Party albums are fucking ace. Ah, but I've not really... But, okay, yeah. but I've not really kept up with what they're doing. But I did. No. I mean, you know, I I will say very quick interjection. I saw Block Party live two, three years ago at St John's Hackney, and uh, it was woeful. Okay, so. well, I'm pretty glad I didn't pick them then. <laughs> um, also, Arcade Fire again. First three albums, mm-hmm. I think, are mm-hmm. yep. staggeringly brilliant and brings a sense of Americana to indie. I mean, I, when I think about indie music, I rarely think about America, and I think that's maybe why, yeah. you know, when when I sort of went Sonic Youth, the Pixies, and REM was sort of all I had, it's because I don't necessarily think of indie music. I, I think of indie music as being a very kind of quintessentially British thing for some reason. Um, until, now I don't know if this is going to be controversial, and I'm pretty sure it won't get in, but just because of what they've done and how the genre has changed. Now, when we look at indie music in 2018, I've gone for LCD sound system. Ah, okay. Yes, yes, okay. So, one, again, this is just because I think they're they're fucking excellent. Not really sure if they count as an indie band. Some people think they're a dance band. Mm-hmm. But there's certainly guitars in there and there's certainly mm-hmm. real instrumentation in there. There's certainly a lot of wry, knowing, sort of almost... It's a bit like a kind of American version of pulp lyrically, I think. Like it's very, it's quite knowing. It's mm-hmm. got quite a dry British sense of humour to it. I mm-hmm. think a lot of, um, a lot of uh, LCD sound system, and it's quite experimental. And when you look at the fact that, you know, electronic music is pretty much like the biggest type of music in the world now, and when you look at the kind of the sound of a band like the 1975. Um, 
and how you know Kelly from Block Party's gone off and done loads of yeah. DJ yeah, yeah, electronic yeah. dance music. I mean, LCD Sound System came out in two thousand four, and and no one really. I mean, you could say the Killers, I suppose, sort of put a bit of eighties electro throb in their mm-hmm. music and became massive. But I mean, I don't. I'm not going to put the Killers in here, no. obviously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I think LCD Sound System are just an interesting band who again sort of moved on the parameters of what this type of or what indie meant and for that i've i've picked them although i'm not sure it's going to make the grade with you. i um so i want my last pick is is um similar in terms of i wanted to have a modern-ish band mm-hmm. in here um i think what lcd system have done have uh sort of influenced a lot of bands who were indie to become something else yeah and I, like block party now <laughs> i don't think block party are an indie band anymore mm-hmm. um and that, that's probably due to the influence of people like lcd sound system and stuff like that like like you've been saying indie is kind of dead at the moment i don't think it's entirely dead there are some great indie-esque bands um that are doing really good things but I think it's it's certainly not in its heyday or anything like that. And so my counter to that um basically is is Interpol, who use um whose influences are, you know, from the past far more. But I would argue that's that their influences are from when when indie started and became uh yeah. started to become a, a, a force. Yeah, they're a good band in the poll. Yeah, they are. Um, I mean, in terms of, I think in terms of the the kind of uh, the impact they've had on music at large, mm. I definitely, I don't, I don't think, I think it's not even a fair fight against LCD Sound System personally. And mm. well, not even personally, I can't, I, I don't think you can argue that LCD Sound System have not had more influence on music as a whole than Interpol. But then have LCD Sound System had an influence on indie or have they just had an influence on music? I think they've had an influence, like personally, I think they've had an influence, kind of both. I mean, like you say, mm-hmm. I think that indie music is like, that. what they've done is changed the parameters of what you were saying earlier, like did Nirvana not change the parameters of what punk was? Mm-hmm. Have LCD Sound mm-hmm. System not changed the parameters of what indie music is? I, I would argue that they kind of, they've, if, if it wasn't them directly, they've certainly played a massive part in doing that and they're a, they're a, you know, we're not going to go on record sales and stuff. Obviously, they're a they're a big band, LCD Sound System. Mm. You know, they played two nights at Madison Square Garden to sort of when they split up. And I think Interpol are a really good band as well. Yeah. Um, I don't good. think either of them uh, are blur. No. <laughs> no. So I think this very much feels like us wanting to choose a modern-ish act. Yeah, but for a genre that is is. You know, I don't think it's dead. I don't think genres ever really die. But but a genre that is not um, is certainly going through not a great patch right now. Mm, so I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, Stone Roses, Blur, Smiths, REM, Pixies. I mean, that sounds pretty good to me. Those five. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Honourable mentions to the fact that there are a few good bands doing this type of thing these days. Oh, of course. But. Yeah. You know, and we will talk. We'll about find them. some. We'll yeah. find. We'll find some. There's bound to be something around that we will car find. Car seat headrest. Go and listen to car seat headrest. They're fucking great. They're really good. What they're doing yeah. at the moment. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll do that. Um, okay. So 
again, <clears throat> this is hardly really a genre. No, as it it's were. actually really the, not. <laughs> really, really difficult to do this, I think. It's probably had the most kind of honourable mentions of anything. Mm. Solo artists. Yeah. Not a sound. Like, one of the few things that is really, really not a sound. Yeah. Um, your decision to kind of put this in here, Renfrey, not, yeah. not a kind of like how I blame you, but uh, <laughs> this was a kind of last-minute decision to put this in. I'm glad you did, actually, because yeah. some cool shit's come out of it. But um, solo artists... Yeah, I, I thought it was just vital that we cover this um, because there is so much exciting music. And there, there always, always is. Because as you say, it doesn't really have a sound. Um, there's always exciting solo artists that are coming out. And I think there's a lot that are um, that can just be loved by so many people. Um, there's also another thing, another good reason to cover solo artists is there's so many, so many, It's it's a genre where if you can call it a genre where um women aren't kind of you know for, force <laughs> forced aside you know we can't it, it, neither of us can argue that there are as many women in rock bands as there are yeah uh, you know um men or well, certainly not a metal and so, so on and so forth but when you think of like Joni Mitchell and and mm. you know there's Joan Baez and there's amazing women at the moment who are doing stuff like Julian Baker and things Emma Ruth Anna Rundle. Van Housewolf, yeah, Chelsea Anna, Wolf, yes, who I might Chelsea be going Wolf. to see tonight. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's just so much. And I thought that was something that was important to represent and something yeah, that we should definitely sure. be talking about in the future. <laughs> and in terms of my first pick, would you like me to go with my first Go pick? for it. Um, just, again, kind of the artist who got me into uh, listening to solo artists at all, really, I suppose. Um I walked into a FOP in Bristol and there was this music playing and I just thought it was some of the most beautiful music I'd ever heard. I asked them who it was and it was Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Um, Great. To say beautiful is probably, people are probably going to be like, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, beautiful. This album happened to be uh, a No More Shall We Part, um, which which genuinely is a beautiful album. Mm. Um, Overall, over the 16 albums he's done, I mean, he's done absolutely so much like everything from like post-punk to kind of incredible piano ballads and yeah. rock stuff i don't know if we can include the grinder grinder man stuff within this as well but that's yeah i guess like, so you that's know. almost like i yeah. mean that that is nick cave and three of the bad seeds i think mm. so i'm i am in, tempted to include clue grinder man which is you know garage rock basically mm. um when people use the word artist Nick Cave is one of the first people I ever think of. Mm. Um, and most people kind of agree that his later output is as good as anything he's ever done, if not some of the best stuff he's ever done. His last album, Skeleton Tree, more or less about the death of his son. Yeah, it's hard work, though, it's, isn't it? it? I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. <clears throat> it is hard work, <laughs> but it's yeah. incredible. It's an absolutely phenomenal record. Um, and he just stands out as so brilliantly unique among you know it's nick cave immediately yeah. his intonation his yeah. his rhythms the way that he um you know the the way that he writes lyrics i mean as a lyricist he, he might be one of the best on this entire list if not the best um maybe morrissey but like i i, I just i just nick cave is just a phenomenal artist yeah, uh, something that we absolutely need to represent mm. yeah I, I, I like nick cave is one of those people who i came to quite late 
And I remember, I, mean, I think probably the first thing I ever heard of him ever was that song he did with Kylie. Um, yeah, Where the World Roses Grow. Where the Roses Grow, yeah. And, uh, and I was like, this is batshit. And, you know, I was like 15 or something <laughs> when that came out. I was like, this is insane. Um, but kind of getting piece by piece, trying to like get a song here and a song there. And then like, you hear him and like you say, so so obviously him every time he's so unique mm. like his voice just straight away within a, a bar you go yeah. there can't be anyone else yeah like yeah um so i think that's a pretty good shout i mean it's a tough one isn't it because yeah this will be tough it will be tough to i think it'd be tough to get a five in this having looking at it so my first pick was gonna be um was gonna be bob dylan now i would say mm-hmm. bob dylan is probably if you were making a list of the top 10 most important musical artists in history i think bob dylan would be in there mm-hmm. like undoubtedly would be in there and dylan was in there um initially for me like for that kind of um i guess the glory period that everyone goes on about yeah um you know highway 61 revisited yeah. uh particularly being the one that's, that I... Yeah, it's my favourite. Yeah, it's, it's fucking brilliant. Um, uh, and my mum always listened to um, to Bob Dylan loads when I was a kid. Blonde on Blonde mm-hmm. um, was her favourite, actually. And she used to play that like, all the time. And I didn't get it when I was, I was like, what is this fucking noise? Mm-hmm. It took me until I was about 25 before I actually kind of gave it a proper go. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh my God, the stories, the way he creates stuff is amazing. But that being said, I haven't picked Bob Dylan because there's only room for five. And actually, I don't think the latter... Bob Dylan hasn't done anything which has interested me at all for a long time. His last record which interested me, I think, is called Modern Times. And I think that was 97. Really? But but like, that's that's a while ago. Mm, mm, Um, Just to interject super quickly, uh, Bob Dylan was a consideration for me and I decided not to put him on in the end um, for the reasons which you're pretty much saying. Basically, my Bob Dylan is undoubtedly insanely influential. There's just no doubt about it. But I don't really listen to him very much. I don't much, no. Um, And uh, he is also, yes, he hasn't done anything worthwhile for a very, very long time, in my Mm. opinion. I mean, well, there was that Christmas covers album. Well, that's fucking (laughs) dreadful. (laughs) Dreadful. um, But um, I actually saw him live as well in, oh, 2004 four five something like yeah. that and it was woefully bad yeah. that's um, what makes me yeah. go nah. yeah but then so the flip to that was i nearly picked on petty who i think is mm. great but actually my mum was like um bob dylan my dad always like bruce springsteen mm. for nebraska um and particularly for the river mm-hmm. i've gone for springsteen mm-hmm. because i think he's done more there's more growth as an artist in bruce springsteen than mm-hmm. there is in Dylan. There's more. Um, uh, there's a, for me, it's a longer period of relevance for Bruce Springsteen. Like that sounds shitty to say that about Bob Dylan when he's been around for as long I, as he has. But no, I, I think that's absolutely. I mean, people, Bob uh, Bruce Springsteen is still writing great records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you, know? you listen to a kind of a new Springsteen thing, you don't go, "Oh my god!" No, not at all. Um, he doesn't sound embarrassing. No, and um, he's still fucking amazing live. Yeah, and he's got you know he plays for hours and hours on end. And those early, like particularly, like I say, those early records before he became the boss and he was yeah. you know well, doing greetings like, from New Jersey, yeah, and all that kind of stuff like yeah. uh, and 
and they're they're really different to you know people will initially think of born in the usa and i've got to be honest if you go in you know like born to run and born in the usa and massive like songs like that then they're still they're still wicked like i'm not like i would never discredit those at all but um but yeah like particularly the river mm. as an album i think is fucking astonishing yeah double album um yeah this double album of like unbelievably simple heartfelt really real sounding folky rock songs Mm -hmm. and delivered with you know so much kind of heart and personality in it yeah bruce springsteen would be my my first pick i think that whole heartland rock something um um stuff is something which is going to be really important in yeah. the music that we're covering because this is the other thing with springsteen i mean you you, you can more you can see his influence much more on contemporary music than you can yeah. bob dylan i think that's absolutely true yeah um while springsteen isn't on my list i can't <laughs> make any huge arguments against him mm-hmm. so uh so yeah i think that's absolutely fair play he's just a phenomenal phenomenal artist and um darkness on the edge of town is actually my favorite springsteen oh, records. Yeah? yeah i love that album yeah. um but uh but the river's a great shout as well and nebraska is just nebraska's amazing yeah. a beauty like nebraska is almost i suppose bruce doing a bob dylan you know it's mm. him and an acoustic guitar and um and a harmonica yeah um the e street band hardly uh, uh, they're not even on their record no, are they not really um, no, so well, no, yeah, they're not that is that um, is him solo and, it's and even fantastic. when you go to like go to tom jode yeah. which came out in the 90s yeah, yeah, yeah. resonance machine covered quite famously yeah but that album's great you know he won an oscar in what was it 93 1994 for yeah. streets of philadelphia yeah not the best song he's ever done but no, you know like yeah. he's won an oscar yeah play to him yeah um yeah, so yeah springsteen okay um my next pick um is <laughs> i suppose having nick cave in there it just was an immediate association um i just wanted to have pj harvey i've got pj harvey hey brilliant okay mm. cool um just in terms of the breadth of stuff that she's done once again she's still doing great records the last one the six demolition hope project it's definitely all those words maybe in a different order <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> sure, i've not listened to that one i haven't it's so. really good yeah okay it's good. really good um i find with pj harvey there's a real my my opinion and the general consensus with PJ Harvey albums never seems to be on point. So um, people raved about This Is England. Not This Is England. Let England Shake. Let England Shake. Thank yeah, you. I wasn't mad keen on um, that. Yeah, and, and I, I think it's... Um, I don't think it's a bad record at all, but the way that people were talking about it as like, you know, oh my God, PJ Harvey's done an incredible record again. Was, yeah. I, I prefer Aha Ha, which um, no one seemed to like. Um, but yeah. um, but the, the great thing with PJ Harvey is she just she clearly just always does what she wants to do, even if you don't particularly like a record of hers. And Letting and Shake would be one that I'd say I don't listen to very often. I can listen to it and go, well, this is still a, an amazing piece of art. Like I, I I totally agree that Let England Shake is a great record it's just it's just not Mm. for me for for whatever reason i just can't get into it but records like to bring you my love just just that whole album is just this really downer kind of very bassy very morose there's quite a lot of (coughs) organ on it and stuff like that it's it's almost like her her really gothy side coming Mm. out and absolutely you think again like 
what I love about PJ Harvey is something that um, I think Tori Amos has got as well. Tori Amos, it was, it was between Tori Amos and PJ Harvey right. for me picking on this one. Mm. I went for PJ Harvey just because I think the breadth of what she's done is a little bit wider, even though I probably, if you were to say who's made the best album out of those two, I would probably say Tori Amos. Mm. But um, in fact, the, the, the top two would probably be Tori Amos albums. But um, I do think PJ Harvey, the, you look at the people she's worked with, it's fucking outrageous. Yeah. And she, like, yeah, it dominates those, it often kind of dominates the songs that she's in with those people. People like Tom York and yes. Josh Harmon, like you mentioned, Nick Cave. And there seems to be absolutely no compromise to what she does whatsoever, like you said before. Absolutely. Like, yeah, you think of the period when she came out and you, you talk about the type of world that she was manoeuvring herself into. You know, again, this was, I suppose, it wasn't quite Britpop territory yet, but I guess we were in a kind of alt rock um, world slightly. And she's a kind of an English female singer songwriter who has never, ever, ever, ever like taken a back step at any point. And like that shit is fucking inspiring mm. i think mm. so for that alone i would i would have pj Harvey. yeah i mean what else can i say like she's she's just she's an incredible artist who continues to make incredible music and and like i said before if you, if you even if you don't like a record of hers it's difficult to deny that it deserves a place in her catalog yeah so i'm happy to definitely happy to have pj harvey and um my next pick really this really should have been my main pick because I think it's going to be a t- two-second conversation. David Bowie. Oh, God damn it. How have I not got David Bowie in there? But yes, okay, yeah, yeah. Do we need to go and talk about David Bowie? I don't even think we do, do we? Not I mean, really. He's no. just a fucking genius, isn't no, he? He's just no. one of the all-time geniuses in the history of music full stop ever. Yeah. Done. Um, it, when he died, it seemed to upset every single person on the planet, and yeah. rightly so, because he's one of the best artists ever. I'm frankly embarrassed that I've not put him in my list, but I, that, yes, I just forgot. (laughs) forgot. I think that is actually like, in all due respect, that is a sign of how great someone is. To be like, they're so great, I I don't even need to think about how great they are. I mean, I listen to David Bowie all the time, and he's been one of the people I've listened to, I'd say probably the most, if I get a few minutes, or if I get a few hours or whatever, at any point, at any point in the last, I would say probably the last, 18 years I will probably listen to David Bowie at some point if you, get, you know you get those afternoons where you go I'm just going to sit and listen to music mm. and I'll just listen to music that I like I would I don't would say there's maybe three or four occasions in the last in the, in the last couple of decades where I've been doing that and David Bowie hasn't come on he's fucking incredible mm. he's mm. done everything I mean yeah we don't even need to go on yeah. great no, David no, Bowie no. David Bowie obviously um, I agree yeah 100%. so uh, I've, I've had three you've had three Two? Uh, I've had two. So, I've had go. two. Right, go on. so my next one, oh, this is going to be tough for me because I, I think it's going to be a hard one to get in. But um, but it's I feel it's important. So I have gone with Jeff Buckley. Yeah, that's close to having him in. Okay, okay, okay. So my arguments, I mean, I'm actually countering stuff that I said before, but, you know, only one record when he was um, alive released, mm-hmm. Grace. Um a silly number of records have come out of him, you know, since uh, he, since he died. Um, Most of them live records. And one thing with Jeff Buckley is he never, ever played a song the same way twice. Um, 
it's such a rare thing where you get uh, when you get records being released posthumously, and 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 that you know, so many of them are just rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the majority of Jeff Buckley's, I must have five or six official, you know, Jeff Buckley live albums. And then, and then, you know, a whole ton of bootlegs, unofficial bootlegs. And he never, they're all worth getting because he never ever plays a song the same way twice. I just think that is so inspiring. And there almost hasn't been anyone else who sounds like Jeff Buckley because I don't think anyone else is even able to attain a Buckley. Yeah, otherworldly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, all the circumstances surrounding his death and stuff, you know, you could argue have just made him even more mythic. But mm-hmm. if you actually go back to Grace and listen to it, yes, yeah, unbelievable, a stunning yeah. record. It's absolutely unbelievable, and the way that he made—I know people, oh, people always go to Hallelujah, which would drive him crazy. Um, but the way that he made these songs his own, you know, Cohen's Hallelujah. There's uh, Lilac Wine. Um, who did Lilac Wine? That's going to drive me crazy. I don't know. Uh, but Lilac Wine is is uh, a cover as well, and he covered um, Bach. He does yeah. Corpus Christi Carol, um, you know, and make it makes it his own. I mean, how many artists can cover Bach and make it their own? Do you know what I mean? That's that's utter insanity. Mm. And Grace is actually a really. Um, it's a really diverse record as well. Um, you've got songs like Eternal Life, which are, which where you can see the kind of MC5 influence that he had, and people don't associate Jeff Buckley. No, with it's MC5. not all, all kind of wind, uh, weedy, is it? It's no, not at all, right. not at all. And um, but you know, Buckley loved MC5. He kicked the he um, covered Kick Out the Jams quite regularly. Yeah. Um, I just think he's an insane talent which was just taken far too early you know um yeah that's true and um yeah i just i just i just had to put him in i suppose it's difficult because you know he only technically has one album which is grace there is sketches for my sweetheart the drunk as well which where he basically his second album was going to be called my sweetheart the drunk and um it's kind of a double disc of like demos and some stuff which was uh, so, some of the songs do sound complete actually some of the songs do sound finished but some of them are very clearly not it's a very interesting um uh it's a very interesting album to listen to it it, it it's not one that i regularly listen to because you're very much listening to something that's unfinished but the scope of where he was going to go it sounds like he was going to go off into like genesis territory and like there were just so just so many different artists that he culled from he just he just listened to music and loved it all um and I think that's also quite an inspiring thing for what we want to do with this podcast. Yeah, it's a good shout. I mean, it is a good shout. I'm not, I don't know. I mean, my last two, I think, are probably going to struggle to get past you when when put in amongst the, the company they are. And I think maybe Jeff Buckley probably will get in ahead of okay. some of the other people. But, but, but for the moment, we'll we're saying see. maybe, I think maybe that's, a, that's definitely a maybe. I maybe. mean, I've... I've Definitely seen that. Like, yeah, yeah, I did. So, I mean, I Nick Cave was a maybe for me. Bob Dylan, as I said, I've put Drake, but I mean, I think I mean Nick Drake as opposed to Drake, the, <laughs> the rapper. <laughs> yeah, uh, Tom Waits, Elliot Smith, and Tom Petty were the ones who kind of nearly made it mm-hmm. in for me. Mm-hmm. But I tell you what, I would love to get this guy in because I think he's one of the most 
unique artists in the history of music ever, and that's Scott Walker. Uh huh. Yeah. Scott Walker yeah, yeah, yeah. is a fucking freak. Yes. Now, um, <laughs> I had not listened to Scott Walker until about four years ago. And I was doing my show on Team at Radio, as I mentioned, I used to do at the, at the start. And because we would play some absolute shit on that station, <laughs> we would play such bad music on that station all the time. And so I had a day of having come back from, you know, playing Ailstorm and bloody Hailstorm and um, <laughs> Hailstorm and into Ailstorm and, uh, and just just fucking you know really dumb sloppy shit and and it makes you not want listen to listening to like bullet for my valentine makes you want to not listen to music <laughs> i find if you're sitting there going oh my god i've got this bullet for my valentine and then disturbed and then uh, paramore and you just go i just don't want to listen to mm. anything now i've listened to that it just makes yeah. everything seem shit lowest so, common denominator <clears throat> yeah so i went home and i was flicking on the old sky uh plus you know like catch-up tv and Sky Arts do some fucking brilliant documentaries about music. Mm. And there was one on there, 30 Century Man, mm. about yes. Scott Walker. Yes. And I looked at it and it said, oh, you know, it's got chat from um, uh, from Bowie's on there and Damon Albarn's on there talking about his influence and um, Tom York from Radiohead is on yeah. there as well. And there's a whole bunch of other people in there as well. And I'd also, it something clicked in my head i remember michael ackerfeld from opeth saying how when they made watershed they were trying to make it sound as dark as the drift by scott yes, walker yes. and i was like oh that's interesting so i thought i'm gonna watch this film about this guy and it's about his so basically he was a kind of early he was part of the walker brothers who was an early 60s um kind of almost like the righteous brothers like a kind of crooner yeah. duo yeah, yeah. Uh, pop crew and they were on the front cover of like smash hits magazine or the mm-hmm. equivalent of smash hits magazine or whatever and they were like teenage idols teenage heartthrobs right and as he began when the walker brothers split up and he just didn't want to do it anymore he started going into um doing weird kind of neoclassical folk and experimenting with you know different soundscapes and stuff and started making his own kind of weird music for a bit and it was still fairly kind of um sort of not well received but he was still kind of sort of in the public consciousness a bit mm-hmm. but he was sort of thought of as a maverick a bit of a kind of a bit like brian wilson i mm-hmm. guess yeah but even weirder and he's got this really deep baritone this really kind of haunting um voice that he's got and it's it's very it's unbelievably affecting and i watched this and it's about his comeback so the drift came out in 2005 2006 and he hadn't made an album for i think he made albums up until the early 70s made one album in the 70s made one album in the 80s made one album in about 1994 and then there was 12 years between this album in 1994 and um and the drift and it's about people talking about his journey up to that and then filming the kind of the recording of this unbelievably bizarre album like one of the weirdest heaviest albums you will ever hear the drift is is astonishing and it it's made me go back and listen to having listened to that i was like i need to listen to some more of this guy's stuff and i've listened to his kind of his early 60s pop stuff and it's it's you know it's kind of fine yeah yeah, yeah. um but then you listen to he's he's done an album with sun o yes 
or Sun. Sun. I don't think you say yeah. the O, do you? Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, so he's done an album with Sun, mm. who are the, you know the kind of avant-garde um, noise pro- doom provocateurs. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, like Greg one, Anderson one and Steve O'Malley, and and, um, and you just go, this guy is like nearly 80 yeah and he's making music which we're going to talk about extreme music later on yeah you could put scott walker in extreme music and he would be the heaviest person there's that you put in there. definitely an argument for that yeah yeah and and for that reason alone like i have to be in a really weird mood to yeah. want to listen to scott walker but when i listen to scott walker i am just blown away mm. by how brilliant it is like it's a very fine amount of stuff that I want to listen to, mm. but I honestly think he's one of the most, he's, he's a genius. Mm. He's a genius on, you know, Bowie levels of being a genius. Like he is honestly a fucking incredible. So that's, I would love to have Scott Walker. That's on. huge. I, uh, the, the, the Bowie comparison, I think, um, yes, I, I certainly don't disagree with having Scott Walker in here at all. Cause I think he represents exactly what we want to, talk about this is a black star by bowie and it's like there is that is massively influenced by scott walker yeah yeah um yeah and i think i think the the range of artists scott walker has uh influenced as well are a fantastic reason to have him in here as well you know you've just been talking about bowie and opeth and you know yeah i mean that's it's absurd really and and he's worked with sun it is crazy. So that Sun album was my introduction to Scott Walker. Um, and I, I haven't checked bleak. out his entire, oh, it was ridiculously bleak. <laughs> I haven't checked out his entire discography. Um, but everything that I have done has made me go, wow, this is a really incredible artist, a mm. uh, really unique artist as yeah. well, I'd say. Um, and has made me want to check out more. It's just, you have to do kind of like one record every couple of years. <laughs> you do. So you really, really you've, do. You've got over the last one. Yeah. It will take you uh, 10 months to a year yeah. to be able to get into the drift. I yeah. reckon. Yeah. 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 But, but I mean, that's do. obviously the one that I would, I, so, I mean, there's a bit in the film where they're recording, there's uh, him slapping pork, like right. they're record, they're slapping a bit, which is going on the album. And there's a bit in the album where you go, "Oh my god, that's the bit where they're just he's like punching a, a dead pig and they're recording it." <laughs> Mental, <laughs> but but amazing. Um, so yeah, Scott yeah, Walker. I'm I'm down with Scott Walker, Walker, 100. Um, my next pick uh, might seem like an unusual one, but I basically wanted to represent sort of the modern folk type stuff that is um you know massively popular but what i view as the good side of it so basically i'm trying to find an artist that has a through line with ed sheeran right. and is not as bland and dull <laughs> as ed sheeran is um and the, and the thing is is most people would assume that all of those artists are as bland as ed sheeran i mean i do Ah, no, 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 no. Well, my counter to that is Damien Rice. Oh, yeah, okay. He's way before Ed Sheeran. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But he's still in the same mould. He's in in the same, you know, if if, um, 
uh, th- there's no doubt in my mind that Damien Rice is likely to come up on Spotify if you went related artists, Ed Sheeran. Yeah, maybe. You know. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, oh, if, I don't know. It'd be like Cardi B and fucking oh, there'd be Drake s- now. There'd it? be some awful crap before then, but you know, in terms of certainly around the time that Sheeran was doing um, um, his first record, you know, what was it? Lego Brick House. I don't know. Oh, who cares? Um, Damien Rice. If you think of Damien Rice just as Cannonball and the Blower's daughter, um, you are uh, misinformed. <laughs> um, uh, when you get into his records, uh, the breadth of stuff that Damien Rice have done just uh, is just considering he's only done three albums, it's breathtaking. Mm. He's only released three albums, but he has an absolute wealth of material. If you go and see him live, you usually get, you know, a third of the set list is stuff that you've never heard before. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he, he, he does stuff like there's a song called Eskimo on, on O, which is his debut album where out of the blue, just out of nowhere, an opera singer comes in, you know, and there's, there's like, jazzy there's a song called cheers darling which just sounds like him getting drunk in a jazz club and actually Mm. when he does it on stage he often gets um it's usually the last thing he does and he gets one of the roadies out on stage with a bottle of wine and he'll drink the entire bottle of wine whilst performing this song live um and he's he i just i just think as far as that kind of music goes i think in this day and age as in as in in the last 15 odd years it's pretty much the pinnacle in terms of what i would call relatively straight ahead folky type music yeah i like i actually i like oh by damon rice right. I, I bought that album I, I, it is good yeah i think there's some other one i mean i like i Laura Marlin was another one that i nearly picked for yeah kind yeah of yeah like, yeah i mean that's she's much more sort of folky than mm. than than Damien Rice, which I, is proper singer songwritery stuff. From what I know of Laura Marling, <clears throat> she's not quite as experimental. I might might be totally okay. oh, yeah, doing her a disservice. Maybe but. not. I mean, I, to be honest, I wouldn't know. I only know that one Damien Rice album, right, so I'm okay. sort of going blind a little bit here. Um, I guess my my count to that and my last pick would be if you're going to pick someone like that, I was going to pick Elliot Smith, who I know he's kind of comes a little bit before, but I think Elliot Smith basically picked up the mantle from Jeff Buckley got rid of the band and did uh some really really dark and really really affecting um like the the kind of the lyrical narratives of what Elliot Smith do or did I should say rest in peace both of them um was amazing but I've actually gone with Jonah Matranga or one line drawing excellent now if we're talking about what's going on in modern alternative singer songwriter stuff Chuck Reagan, Frank Turner, City in Colour, Vinnie Karuna, formerly of the movie Life. There is now an entire sect of punk rockers turned singer-songwriter troubadours that are doing that thing. And for the most part, doing it very well. You know, like there's none of those bands that... Or acts I've just talked about who I go, God, they're fucking rubbish. Like, I mean, I particularly do like Chuck Reagan, mm-hmm. um, who's got a proper sort of Springsteen, got a gruff bark, so it gives it a bit more kind of edge as well. But Joan Matranga was the first one to do that. I suppose when you say the first one to do that, you're saying a band, com- uh, people coming from a much heavier band. Yeah. Whether it be like, e- well, e- I mean, uh, 
Jonah Matrangas was far, uh, who were very much responsible for the modern emo, emo movement, I would say. And, yes. You know, Frank Turner was um, Million Dead. Million Dead. And uh, Knee Jerk. Um, and yeah. Knee Jerk. City in Colour is Alexis on Alexis Fire. Alexis Fire. So that's, that's what you're Chuck talking Reagan about specifically, is, Yeah, isn't like it? Hot Water yeah. Music, um, Vinnie Karina from the Movie Life. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of some others. Obviously, there will be some like Jamie Lenman, I suppose we could Jamie Lenman as well. Jamie is a brilliant example. Yeah, 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 yeah. of Ruben. Um, and I suppose it's taking almost the... Um, an aesthetic from from that heavier music and bringing it into solo one man and a guitar. Yeah, in, it's, in a lot it's of cases, introducing music, it yeah. to what what it was is that you're introducing it to a whole load of people who probably wouldn't, wouldn't have ever bothered yes. of listening yes. to it. Yes. Uh, Jonah also is like them. You know, I actually saw him at Two Thousand Trees last week doing Water and Solutions in full, and he is so. <laughs> it's gonna sound really disparaging, but he is so emo. Like he looks like he's gonna cry all the time. Like yeah, he is so yeah, yeah, overwroughtly yeah. emotional, and in the in the best way. Like yeah. those songs are fucking amazing, and he puts so much into it. And you can tell, you know, like he lives for his art, and I think that's that's fucking awesome. Um, and he just writes brilliant songs, and it's not just like obviously Water and Solutions by far. We can't kind of count that, but the sort of sketchy EP one and two, yeah, um, yeah that he brought out as one line drawing. I never would have listened to something like that were it not for the fact that it's no. the dude from far. I'm the same. Um, I think Visitor is a and Visitor is, excellent is, record. Is, is brilliant. Um, I really love the one he did after that, which is Escape Me. I think it's called The Volunteers. Yeah. Don't quote me. It, it is The Volunteers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which might be my favourite one line drawing, actually. Okay. Um, but, Not mine. But, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, he, and, and again, the breadth of stuff that he's done as well. I mean, you know, using an R2-D2 toy to have beats. Yeah, it's fucking great. Song. It's just a great. Yeah. He's so personable as well. That thing that you were saying, I mean, a very small, quick story with Jonah before I was even a music journalist or anything like that. I spoke to him at a gig. You know, when you when you go to see a Jonah gig, it's basically like someone playing your living room or something like that. I mean, he does actually regularly play people's living rooms. Um, and um, yeah, I spoke to him at a gig and just must have spoken to him for two or three minutes. Um, and then when I went to see him, maybe 18 months later, he he actually went, walked past me and was like, it's Renfrey, right? And he remembered hell, me well. and I was just like, what? And me and Jonah have actually, you know, had correspondence over the years and all sorts of things. And he's just such a cool artist from the point of view. If you go onto his um, website, he's got like a Bandcamp page where you can, you know, it costs a, 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 a bit of money. It's like 100, 200 quid or something like that. But you can ask him to record like a cover, uh, any cover of any song in the world. Uh, you know, as a gift to a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever, or, or, and he will do, you know, he'll, he'll do it. And, and, you know, when I say it's a couple of hundred pounds, he actually, he's like, this is my suggested rate, but if you really can't afford it, we'll work something out, you know, <laughs> and just that sense of DIY punk community. Yeah, that's jo- it, Jonah's yeah. just about community, yeah, like definitely. full stop. And, um, I didn't put him on my list, but I think it's a brilliant shout and I, I it's, it's great. So you've got one more pick, right? I do have one more pick. Who's that? Uh, I wanted to go for, I wanted another woman and I wanted someone who like just mega experimental and interesting and uh, contemporary. Mm-hmm. So I went with Joanna Newsom. Who oh, I know nothing about. I've ah, noticed. that's going to be a tough one. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I will, uh, I wonder if she should not be in 
just because you don't, because you're not going to be able to argue it one way or another. Yeah. Um, but I will just very quickly talk about jo- Joanna Newsom. She's actually primarily a harpist. Um, she plays harp and stuff. She's got a oh, yeah, I very... Think I have heard of her. Um, she's got a voice which is... You know, either people love it or hate it. It is very kind of Pixies-esque. But her stuff is kind of... It's like... Oh, this is not going to sound good, but it's like a modern musical, the way that she does stuff. But it, like a really like incredible a musical, high school musical. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. no, like uh, uh, West Side Story, right? No, okay. it's just it, the way that the songs um, change and the movements that they go through, and the the fact that they let it go, <laughs> let it go. You mean that, right? Cool. They don't tend to have structures. They don't have to tend. They don't tend to have modern pop structures in any yeah, way. There okay. doesn't tend to be a verse and a chorus or anything like that. Her last album, Divers, is just like part A, part B, part C, all the way through to freaking T or V or something. Uh, I just think she's a really amazing experimental artist. But I think if you've not heard her, then well, then it's yeah, we to maybe leave it, it. Yeah, leave yeah, it for yeah. a minute. So we got to go for five out of that. I would say. I would say. Bowie is a shoe in. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we both said PJ Harvey, so yeah. PJ Harvey deserves to go in. I really have no problem with Nick Cave being in there as well. Cool. Um, I would assume you have no problem with Bruce Springsteen being in there no. as well. So it basically comes down to, by the sounds of things, Joan Matranga versus Jeff Buckley versus Scott Walker. And I think, oh, I'd quite like someone contemporary in there with all them lot. But it's hard to shake the feeling for me that Scott Walker is a fucking genius. And in terms of the level of creation and the like, the consistent like the not only the consistency because he releases an album every or he, he's released sort of three in a, this decade. But he's just done so much stuff, and he's just so 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 influential. Mm. Um, I love Jonah. I fucking love Jonah, and I think Jeff Buckley is a proper icon of a, of a certain era mm. that we maybe, I think we kind of got Jeff Buckley covered in the, you know, we haven't with PJ Harvey. I'm not saying they're the same, but PJ Harvey kind of ticks the Jeff Buckley box a little bit for me in terms of early nineties alternative music. Um, I, I don't, I don't think she's got the raw talent that Buckley had. Like, no, maybe not, but, 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 but I yeah, think you, but you, I understand what you're in saying. In terms of yeah, 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 yeah. the other two, yeah. I think if we put Jonah in, it would look a bit like... Well, actually, of those three, I was, I, I, I kind of sided with Jonah. And the reason why is because literally what I've just said, basically, he is not, he's doing something that no one else on this list is doing and bringing that kind of community feel to thing, to, to, to things. You can, you can, like I said, you can book Jonah to play your living room if he wants. He quite often, he'll set up a bunch of tour dates at quote unquote regular gig venues mm. and then if he has a day off he'll be like i'm going to be in this area i need to drive from here to here if you have a living room if you have a space where you can play it's 100 quid 150 quid yeah it's true i mean i'm almost you you get annoyed if i said we should put scott walker in above nick cave because nick cave doesn't exist without scott walker you'd get annoyed at that wouldn't you i mean i'd even say that about bowie no i wouldn't put him in ahead of bowie but i'd say that scott walker is like unbelievably influential but as someone who's only heard like one of his albums i'd rather have nick cave than yeah okay okay i think i'm i think i'm fighting a losing battle here so i i bruce springsteen david bowie pj harvey nick cave and jonah matranga feels like a pretty cool list 
I think it's a pretty cool list. I, I, I do. I do. One thing I will say to count um, as devil's advocate for Jonah Matranga is we are putting him. I would say we're putting him in more for his um, for the stuff he's done for the community yeah. rather than the music. Yeah. Like I, I, I think Visitors a great album. I think the Volunteers is a great album. Those sketchy EPs are great. I wouldn't say that any of them musically are of the standard of the four other artists that we've talked about. No. You know, I hope you wouldn't mind me saying that, but like, but just like water and solutions is water and solutions is phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, the, the previous far record tin cans with strings to you is a great, great yeah, underrated good record, record as well. well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's got his shot. He's worth, he's worth a place. I reckon. So I, yeah, I, I, you, you, fanboying you, out here isn't it like, you happy with Jonah mate I love Jonah okay okay I, I, I think Scott Walker is a great shout as well yeah. but I mean I'm happy to put six in I, fe- I, fe- <laughs> I felt like Jonah Jonah feels like a good because it was your on, from your list yeah but I've agreed yeah you, okay so cool feels- alright there you go solo artists Bruce Springsteen David Bowie Nick Cave PJ Harvey and Jonah Matranga represent our idea of the solo artiste Bob Dylan would be gutted. Yeah, um, <laughs> he'll be crying into his little, <laughs> little socks. Uh, so from, well, I suppose we have just been talking about punk rock and community, but punk rock is mm. the next, I suppose Nirvana's going to come back up in a minute. Yeah, it might, might, it may well do. Picking five punk bands. This was was relatively straightforward for me, I've got to be honest. Okay. Pretty straightforward. So It wasn't for me. Was it not? Well, no. then let me start since I've got the, got the fucking speed mm-hmm. on it. Um, in terms of the music that I really love and the music that I listen to, the the two most influential bands that have helped shape the music that I love are Black Sabbath and The Stooges. Black Sabbath for hard rock and heavy metal, The Stooges for hardcore and punk rock and garage rock. Done. Yep. The Stooges. The Stooges are like there's no. <laughs> this podcast is over if you yep. fucking argue against the Stooges going in as one of the best punk bands. The it's Sto- over. The Stooges are the first punk rock band. Just, just end of as far as yep. I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not going in there because, as well, some people go like, "Well, yeah, I can see they're really influential, but do you actually listen? Do I listen to fucking Funhouse? Yeah, I listen to. Are Funhouse. you taking a piss? Of course, I listen I do. to Funhouse and Raw Power. Raw Power and the this fucking yeah. And I the, listen to the debut occasionally, but but it's, it's yes. Funhouse and Raw Power. Yeah, the me. debut yeah. is clearly not quite as good as the other two, but it's still brilliant. And you know, Iggy Pop's amazing. Yeah. Um, the Ashton Brothers, rest in peace to both of them, are fucking hell of a pair yeah when it like of um people to create a just <laughs> wild as fuck dirty scuzzy backdrop they invented punk it stuns it. me when people try to argue they're not a punk band i i, I like i i don't understand those people i i i assume those people well i guess it's just because punk wasn't a word at that point probably but that's all it but, is but yeah, but they just they just were, you know. Yeah, they were. And, and Stooges, the first Stooges record is sixty nine, I think. Yep. And you know <laughs> the argument is usually Sex Pistols, which is completely wrong, or the Ramones. Mm-hmm. And what well, first Ramones record is seventy six. Yeah. So you know it's just yeah it's the Stooges. and the Dictators came before the Ramones. If we're going to be anal. Ah, right? right. Okay. Okay. And Didn't the New York that. Dolls came before them. Right. So yeah, New York Dolls are you know seventy three I mean? at least. Yeah. So, yeah. So you yeah. know. Yeah, um, it's no cut arg- and dried, though, mate. No arguments. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. So, who's your first pick for the punk rock lads? Uh, well, it was the Stooges. Cool. Um, All right, we got that then. Uh, but do you want me to do my my one next? Yeah. Why not? Um, I have gone with Dead Kennedys. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
I just think in terms of taking that early punk rock sound and then putting far more experimental flourishes in it, and obviously Jello uh, Biafra. Jello Biafra. Jello Biafra. I don't know why I did it with. He's not. I don't think he's that. That accent needed to be. On it at all. <laughs> I think he's just American, isn't he? Just in terms uh, of his character and his personality mm-hmm. that he put into punk it felt a little bit different I yeah. totally different to oh, what completely different before. yeah it's a wicked shout and i think dead kennedy's um influenced a wide range of artists i don't think it was just punk no uh serge tankian has talked a lot about um Obviously, his influence yeah. and it, it, it's just they're, they're they're one of the few and now you'll probably counter this actually but they're one of the few bands from that era of punk that i still listen to regularly um rotting fruit and vegetables is you know just a, such a class album yeah it's brilliant um and yeah i i, I just think dead kennedys have this if you took a well, i'm slightly worried about what you're gonna say about this as well but if you took a lot of the punk bands of that era and played them to someone who had never heard punk before mm. i think they would find it difficult to distinguish them slightly yeah maybe um, yeah okay dead kennedy's not as much no no be. that's true i think it yeah. depends what you put when you say that era it depends what you play them i think a lot of the uk bands like i'm not massive on the kind of the uk punk from that period particularly to be honest i think it was a lot of uh, a lot of show and I a, think, lot, a lot of um, well, a even, lot of bands even, sounded like a lot like each other. Even taking the good ones, you know, the Damned and the Buzzcocks are quite similar sounding. To be totally honest, aren't they? Well, maybe. I mean, a little bit. I think that's is that I a think, bit harsh. I, if yeah, I mean, in comparatively, they sound a lot more like each other than they sound the, like the, the Dead, Dead Kennedys. Kennedys definitely. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah the Dead Kennedys are brilliant. I mean, I didn't. I don't have them. Um, but they're on a list of, of three other bands that got very, very close. Okay. Um, which I'll kind of explain as I go on. I mean, I did pick the Ramones for my second pick. Yeah. But I think it's pretty, like, if if the Stooges were the first punk band without being called the first punk band, the Ramones were the, were the first punk band. I mean, like I said, I did actually put the Dictators in there because I think the Dictators are kind of the first New York CBGB's punk band. I got to throw my hands up and say, whilst I know that of the dictators over, don't think I couldn't recall a single one of their songs. So, right. so that's I mean, going to be a tough one. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it is very sort of similar to um, what punk, you know, what the punk rock was. Yeah. yeah. But the Ramones, obviously their songs are better. Everything was a bit far. Like it was the first time it was played, I think in that, at that pace. Yeah. Dictators don't quite have that same level of pace that okay. the Ramones have. But, um, it's okay. not even true to just say that they were, you know, people, people throw the, the Ramones in and go, oh, you know, they're just like ACDC to do the same album over and over again. But it's not, you know, when they're doing albums with Phil Spector and, yeah. you know, sort of rock and roll high school, that sort of shit with, yeah. you know, horns and those big kind of ding, ding, about that big kind of booming Phil Spector, yeah. uh, wall of noise sound when they're doing all that shit. I like, think, I think to, the, the, the ACDC thing is uh, yeah it's way harsh. off way yeah. off yeah and and even if that's true like i don't mind acdc playing that that yeah. song is that one song they've got is <laughs> yeah, fucking brilliant yeah, yeah, and yeah. that one song that the ramones have got is fucking brilliant yeah. and you look at the amount of albums that you would go yeah i want that it's not like like acdc you don't just go oh they all sound the same so you only really need highway to hell you go well you don't need back in black yeah quite. you don't need yeah. fucking power age yeah. come on yeah. um actually neither of us picked acdc for rock that's shameful 
We've only got five spots. I feel like a bit of a cunt for doing that. But anyway, <laughs> um, I've just realised what a fucking prick I am. Uh, she definitely picked ACDC. But Ramones, you know, like um, Rocket to Russia, Road to Ruin, yeah. um, and obviously the self-titled, like th- those three albums alone, I think are fucking chock full of bangers. And the, the Ramones were bubbling under for me. And, mm. and, I, and I don't... Um, it's it was a tough one for me to to you know mm. take them out, but um yeah I, I, I yeah. agree with everything. E- even on like an album like Come Home, which is not that great, mm. still four or five absolute tunes on there, and mm. like, they've just got you know they've if you made a set of you know considering they they you can write a song which lasts four hours of Ramones songs and it would be brilliant all the way through <laughs> and when you could think it would be four hours and they'd probably play it in two yeah and then you could still add another two hours yeah. to make it four that you said you were originally going to do <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, so I, I explained that with such clarity I know I did <laughs> um, but yeah I, I mean mate I just love the Ramones and you know they, they're so influential and so brilliant and yeah it go, kind of goes without saying might there be a discussion Ramones or Dead Kennedys? Yeah, maybe. And I okay, think it's... Um, I think that's actually quite a tough, tough that, shout. I think this will come later on. Yeah, I think yeah, so far yeah, I'd yeah, put yeah. kind of both, all of them in there, even though I didn't pick the Dead Kennedys. They were damn close. I think there might be a couple that you'll call up later on. But um, so you, what's your second... It's your uh, third pick now, third. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your third well, pick. well, my third is Nirvana. So. <sighs> okay, let's come back to this Nirvana okay, thing. Okay, okay. <laughs> so my it's third fine. pick is The Clash. Ah, uh, right, okay, yeah. Yep, so yep. I wanted to have one of those British punk bands in there, even though it's not really something that I don't really like. With it, I like Sex Pistols, and I love The Clash. Mm-hmm. I say I like Sex Pistols. I love, obviously, I love Nevermind the Bollocks. I wish it was It was more than that. It's such yep. a fucking brilliant album. Um, but I wanted to pick The Clash because there's way more going on. There's way more depth. Yes. There's yes. way more growth. They're just they're they're, they're a much more interesting band. Full we'll just stop. take Sandinist. Uh, you know, yeah, it's just like yeah. There's loads. I've going. got give them enough rope on vinyl over there. Oh, cool. That was my dad's. That was bought the day it came out. Right. And like <laughs> that's the one everyone hates, and yeah, I'm still yeah, like, yeah. well, I want it on vinyl. Yeah. Like, yeah. I love the Clash. Yeah. I think you know, I've I've also got the first. Clash album on vinyl, original pressing. Wow. The fucking day it came out, I nicked from my dad's house. I got both of them. Um, so yeah, I love the Clash. And is London Calling their best album? Like, um, if it's not the, the fact that I'm not sitting here immediately going, well, it, and London Calling is their magnum opus. You listen how great London Calling is, yeah. and I'm not even a hundred percent convinced that it's their best album i mean that says it all really yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I, I you know they are the one band who kind of there are a lot of really good musicians who came out of that british punk scene and i think we'll probably talk about a couple of them later on you mentioned buzzcocks old yeah. howard um devoto is that how you say it howard from the buzzcocks he went on to form magazine oh yes obviously yeah, john yeah. lyder went on to form public image limited yeah, oh, yeah. you saw i guess the, the, the pretenders I'm not really sure if they count as being British but Susie Sue Susie and the Banshees yeah, Susie and the Banshees like, Susie and show. the Banshees went on to do an incredible have an incredible career I love love Susie and the Banshees but for me the Clash are the kind of definitive quintessential British punk rock band I think um, the more we talk about it we undoubtedly need to have a band to represent that late 70s British yeah. uh, punk explosion yeah. and that being the case 
the clash would be my number one it's it's a, 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 a like undoubtedly so yeah i suppose if we're going to have a punk punk it's it's important that we represent that and i guess yeah it's just gonna be they're, they're the most diverse and the most interesting mm-hmm. okay. of all those bands by cool. a long long way so yeah. so you've had three if we go to nirvana what would be yeah. your fourth one uh my fourth one right so i wanted to choose someone uh i wanted to make it very clear that punk music is not dead um i think punk is probably one of the most uh thriving musical genres in the world i just think it's changed beyond recognition yeah. of what it used to be um and so i just thought to myself who are the best straight ahead punk rock band in the world today and in my opinion, that is the Bronx. Oh, mate, it's a fantastic shout. Oh, the Bronx are hard. We're doing hardcore. I think they'd like being called a punk band rather than a hardcore I band. I sure. think because of that LA swagger. Yeah, I. Th- I yeah. think. I are they a hardcore band? It's a tough one. They are definitely. There are definitely points where they push over into hardcore yeah white guilt is more of a punk song wasn't well, it more a punk song yeah than a hard, but it's not it's definitely not a hardcore song exactly yeah. i i think i think again if you look at their entire back catalog the most hardcore record is two definitely yeah. um but <laughs> that's I, got the song i was just mentioning yeah yeah not exactly being representative of hardcore as exactly well, so. but um two is um you know, I I would agree that a two is a hardcore record, but I think overall, if you take one to five in into consideration, <laughs> I think they're a punk band. But mm. but you know, calling them a hardcore band isn't incorrect either. Like that's certainly not wrong yeah. uh, in the slightest. But um, just everything everything the Bronx do is just brilliant. I mean, even their even their records, you know. Five, um, which they released last year, you know, may, might be my least favorite Bronx record, but it's still absolutely yeah, it's fucking wicked. brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. You know, and they played it um, in full. We were both at yeah. the, the Black Heart earlier this Camden. year, which is still one of my favorite gigs of the year. And they played the whole thing in full. And I, I knew they were going to play it in full before we went. And I was a bit like, oh, it's a shame that they're playing my least favorite album in full. Once, once I was there, I didn't give a crap. Yeah, it's got some bangers on it's it. It's brilliant. Great. You know, it's fantastic. And, um, yeah, in my opinion, five is their weakest, uh, and it's still incredible. I think you'd probably say four. I think four is the weakest, personally. I, yeah, yeah, I adore four, but okay. um, but yeah, like I just the, the consistency is amazing. Stuff with uh, doing mariachi El Bronx as well is just mm-hmm. a brilliant kind of. We don't give a fuck if you think this is weird. Yeah, We're going to do rock, it. That's punk rock. Yeah, mm. um, I just think they're they're the undisputed kings these of the modern era of fairly straight ahead punk rock yeah i would well yeah there would be maybe one other band that i would throw in i might throw in later okay um who kind of would be the counterpoint to that but probably not in punk to be fair so i might save it um my fourth choice is i just think (laughs) the best punk band of all time with the greatest punk album maybe the greatest album of all time um they are resolutely uniformly punk rancid to uh-huh. me rancid just uh, they absolutely sum up what punk rock is um i was just talking about the clash and how much i love the clash mm. rancid are better than the clash people what? can say rancid <laughs> ripped off the clash rancid are better than the clash 
Like, The Clash never made an album as good as Outcome of Wolves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even when you get to shit like Life Won't Wait, I mean, you said about Sandinista. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of fucking filler on that. There's a yeah, two album, two yeah. disc record, you know, double album. I would say when, you know, when Rancid went to Jamaica and did their reggae album, it was arguably more successful because those songs are better. Those songs on Life Went Wait are better than the songs that The Clash did. I know people are probably going to be, people are probably either unsubscribing, turning off, smashing their thing up. <laughs> I'm fucking telling you, from from Life Won't Wait, people just talk about, uh, from uh, Outcome of the Wolves, that's all people talk about. Yeah, The Let's Go has got, Salvation, Sidekick, Radio. Um, uh, I fucking can't even think of any others off the top of my head at the moment. But like, you know, uh, what other singles are on that album? So it was like Radio, Salvation, uh, Sidekick, um, Tenderloin. Like those are massive songs in their yeah. in their back catalogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you go to um, to Life and Wait, which I spoke about, which I think is great. And then they went and made like this kind of Poison Idea inspired hardcore album with songs like Rattlesnake on it and yes. Don Giovanni yeah, yeah, and yeah. then they made Indestructible which is kind of the closest thing they've done yeah. to uh, Life um, Outcome the Wolves yeah. I don't know why I keep calling Outcome the Wolves Life Won't Wait <laughs> and then you know it's been as a, as a, it's been hit and miss I'm surprised you've then. not mentioned their self-titled records well the first one uh, no, the one with the yeah. That's on the it? second. That's the second. That's after doing life and wait. They did the self-titled, which is this poison idea. Sorry, kind of like and, sorry, you did mention um, that. where Tim Armstrong just fucking goes proper gruff, yeah. proper like yeah, 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 the whole way through it. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, admittedly, the last few, I think Troublemaker, the last one, the one that came out last year, is probably the best of the three not great ones. But there's three or four great songs on all of them, and you mm. go and see them live. And they're fucking incredible. And I just, I, I this is obviously, this is a, a definite pick of, this is a band that I love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're talking about post, if you're talking about the kind of, the post Nirvana second coming of punk rock boom, Rancid, in terms of quality, have got the best songs. Like, full fucking stop. I certainly, just going back to what you were saying, Rancid versus The Clash, um, I don't know if I would say... Uh, rancid are better than the clash but i certainly prefer rancid to the clash which is a different thing you know it is a different um but um yeah i can't i can't argue with anything you're saying really just in terms of punk spirit and punk vibe and atmosphere we were having i mean uh, you know just to divulge a little bit uh one of the conversations we were having before doing this podcast is like um We've, the, you, you know, you may have noticed that there's quite purposefully not any kind of uh, pop punk bands in here. Because, yeah, um, it's so you know what you're getting, basically. Yeah, it's so you, <laughs> like, so you we're know probably what you're not going to be covering all time low. Yeah, and whilst whilst um, whilst I say that, it, it was quite difficult for me not to put Green Day in here because they are one of my favourite punk bands. I mean, I know you, that's not the case for you, but I, I do you know, up to and including American Idiot, I absolutely adore Green Day and everything they've they've done. But we're not we're not putting it in here because um it's not what what pop punk has become since then is is just probably yeah, it's got, I've got no interest in that. probably not what we're gonna cover. Definitely not. But I think Rancid is a really good call because you can they would st- pop punk is not not the genre that they are, but they'd probably be like third or fourth listed pop punk uh, 
on Wikipedia or whatever. Mm. And th- there are, there are, because I was thinking another band I was thinking of having was No Effects. Yeah, No Effects are, uh, you know, like would be, I think would be a great shout. I mean, yeah. I, I just think Rancid are better than No Effects personally. Okay, fair enough. I, 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 Kind of but feel, I love NFX. I feel the same way about both, but I would be happy to to have Rancid in there. I mean, I think... So who is your fifth choice, Renfri? If we're having Rancid and we are, we are having Rancid. <laughs> <laughs> we are definitely having Rancid. I'm very, very, very keen to represent um, what is happening at the moment in punk rock in terms of uh, mixing Heartland, Americana stuff mm. and punk. Uh, there's a lot of bands from the philadelphia scene who are really properly exciting at the moment uh stuff like the menzingers and the wonder years and restorations and modern baseball Mm. um i think whilst they may not have been the first band ever to do it um i certainly think that was popularized by the gaslight anthem yeah the gaslight anthem's a great shout um in terms of like heart on sleeve americana punk rock they are still one of the best. Um, I think the Menzing is a really doing a good job of, of, of trying to take that crown. Mm. But, um, but you know, I still go back to Gaslight and go, Jesus, these songs are amazing. Yeah. Um, um, just, just the, the way that Brian Fallon is able to write about love and loss and keep basically more or less writing about that, but making it still sound, still resonate with you in such such a deep and profound way is really just incredible. Um, and, um, you know, even, even their last album, Get Hurt, which is not the greatest of their records at all, has some wonderful tunes on it, you know, some really, really good stuff. Um, I just love them. And I think it's really vital that that scene, that, style of punk is is represented somehow and gaslight just seemed to be i was tempted to say menzingers but i just thought well gaslight undoubtedly have more influence than definitely yeah i think i Um, I would have properly gone no way if you said the menzingers as much as i really love yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um but gaslight definitely that was a moment and you know front cover kerrang when this album came out and yeah like this little tiny band so i get it um yeah maybe i mean I really like the Gaslight Anthem and I think you're right. Like they're obviously very, very influential for what's going on now. I think it's quite important. Um, so it's funny you spoke about pop punk because my last pick was nearly going to be Bad Religion, mm. um, who I think are probably <clears throat> one of the most important bands for changing, bringing melody to punk rock. Yeah. And, you know, um, and and changing it for that direction to go off into the kind of where Epitaph Records went. I think yep. Bad Religion are the kind of year zero for that. But I went with The Descendants. Mm. And I went for The Descendants because you spoke about pop punk. Pop punk's massive. Like, yeah. I don't like it now. I haven't liked it for a very, very long time. Like, <laughs> I guess these days you would argue that what I think is pop punk probably isn't pop punk. So mm. I maybe don't like it at all. Mm. But The Descendants were kind of one of the first bands and certainly the most successful band at bringing stupid shit into punk rock. Like, um, I know like the Dickies did it a bit and the Vandals were around there, but certainly like you say, talking about love, talking about fancying a girl while you're at college, mm. talking about being a slacker, mm. all the shit that green day did, all the mm. shit that no effects did, 
all the shit that Blink-182 ended up doing, mm-hmm. which then becomes massive and now is like, hey, we eat pizza and we miss our hometown and we fancy this girl. Mm. She's the girl the bad guys want. Yeah. She's, <laughs> girls don't like boys, girls like cars and money. Yeah. Like all that shit. Um, my friends over you, all that shit stems back to the descendants and I would love to quote some of the more modern bands who I'm sure do exactly the same thing but just pro tool to fuck and <laughs> try and get on Radio 1 but none I of them sound as raw as but the I don't, yeah and I don't know <laughs> I don't know any of their songs um, so uh, yeah so I think the descendants are massively massively important massively I think like they almost they're angry punk rock sounding mm. emo and, and they're funny yeah, yeah. and nerdy and they brought all that kind of that kind of slacker geek thing yeah that all comes back that all comes from the descendants i think so i, un- I undoubtedly agree that they are important um they you know they've had a big influence on that kind of almost geek punk thing like mm. weezer kind of stuff and all that sort of thing as well i think in terms of trying to represent um a little bit of pop punk, but but not going too far into it. My argument is that we already, if we have Rancid in there, we already have that with Rancid. Now, Rancid and the Descendants are not the same thing no. at all. Um, but uh, I feel like Rancid more likely represents the sort of thing that we want to cover than the Descendants does. I also feel like whilst the descendants are undoubtedly massively uh, influential, there aren't actually many bands that are that sound like the descendants anymore. Mm. And I think the reason for that is because the majority of the bands who have been influenced by the descendants have taken what they've done. And like you say, pro- they don't even know they're influenced by the descendants. Well, yeah. Quite, quite pro tool to shittery. I mean, yeah. you know, the earlier pop punk stuff, <laughs> green day undoubtedly are yeah. influenced by the descendants. Kind of Pennywise. I'd even probably just about say Blink. I'm sure Blink are influenced by Yeah, I'm sure they are, yeah. Um, but, um, you know, I'm not convinced that a lot of the pop punk stuff bands would have mm. heard Milo Goes to College now. No. Okay, yeah, that's fair. So for punk, if we're picking a five, this is tough to pick this a five. Is, yeah, I don't really think it's going to be a five. I don't think it can be a five. Stooges, Ramones, Clash, I think are all going are all in their shoe-ins, right? Uh, Stooges and Clash most definitely Ramones you're fucking shitting yeah, me. you're fine, trying right? to argue against the Ramones <laughs> being in well there. no 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 they, they, they should be in there I'm just wondering if the Stooges and the Clash cover everything the Ramones do well, they... <laughs> you've just given me a <laughs> just pulled a face I like... mean no I, I, okay no I, I can't I can't have that okay no 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 that's fine, um, that's fine. I would love to keep Rancid in there but I understand the Dead Kennedys are a very, very important band, probably more so than Rancid. Although I, I would be happy to go Rancid and maybe the Gaslight Anthem. Maybe. Well, who did you want in there so badly that you're putting that face? There's two. Well. Oh, well, we haven't spoken about Nirvana, have There's we? the Bronx and there's Nirvana. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, look, I love the Bronx. Don't get me wrong. I love the Bronx. I think they're brilliant. They're consistently brilliant. Um, they bring out an album every five years now. Um, so if we're talking yeah. about something being modern and contemporary, mm. their first album came out in, what, 2004? Like, it's not really like that. that contemporary. No, are they sure. that influential? Probably not. They're just great. Like, it's yeah. great to be great. Rancid are in there because they're great, and that's 
but they're bigger. Like, I don't want to go by size. Otherwise, we obviously, yeah. we would have had Jeff Buckley yeah, yeah, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. or Bob Dylan in the head of Jonah Matranga, obviously. Yeah. But uh, I think the, the, the Bronx is just, they're just really, really great. Do, are they representative of the bit that, like, punk rock forever i'm not sure no like, you're probably I'm not right. sure they are you're probably um, right. i just wanted to have someone fairly modern but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. descendants i'm kind of happy to drop out because i love them i think they're great they're really funny i think they have obviously they set off a chain of events which they never could have imagined was going <laughs> to happen but has happened and it's pretty fucking desperate that we're in that place um so it, like you say it really i guess it becomes between the gaslight anthem and Nirvana. <laughs> okay, well, when you put it like that. I mean, um, I'm happy to have Nirvana. I'm happy to put the Gaslight Anthem in and have Nirvana as rock and punk. Ooh. Because to me, they're a rock band, um, like predominantly. I, I get, you know, like if someone's yeah, going to yeah. tweet me and go, when they are punk, I was like, yeah, I know they are, but like they are a huge, huge rock band. Um, and the Gas Anthem, I think, are a, you know, are a band that are really, really deserving of, you know, like the modern era, and they are incredibly influential for what great, great music is coming out of, yeah. um, of that, and they are kind of a starting point for, for yeah, that yeah, thing. Yeah. So definitely, um, I'm happy to go. Nirvana kind of don't fit in either camp, but they do fit in both camps as well. Can you remind me of our rock list? <laughs> yeah, Zeppelin. Zeppelin, Hendrix, Biffy Clyro, yeah, Pearl Jam, mm. and Guns N' Roses. Mm. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I've sort of shouted it down and gone like, I've made the only decision, but you know, I'm making sense here. You know, I make sense. Like, you know, you can't have Nirvana in, you can't not have Nirvana in it. Um, so it's up to you, Renfrey. Maybe you can we either can... pick Nirvana and have yeah. them in punk and fuck off the gaslight anthem, yeah, I can't. or you can have them in both and it'd be six and six. Yeah. I think that's a fair compromise. I'm being fair, aren't I? I think here? that is fair. No, I think that is fair. I think we're just going to have to break our own rules. Okay, well that's fine. It's punk rock, isn't it? Yeah, we can do what we can do what we like. Rules are made to be broken. Yeah. So there you go. I'm putting a safety pin through my nose as we speak. <laughs> Um, so there you go. That was punk rock. Now moving on to another one, which is going to be really fucking difficult. I think. Do you think so? To I do, so I actually thought this was relatively simple. Okay, but yeah, fair okay. enough. I'm not sure. Metal, not heavy metal. Metal. It mm -hmm. is different. Love metal, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, so do we need to bother talking about Black Sabbath? I don't think no. we do. Black, Black Sabbath, Sabbath are in yeah. there. Um, obviously, Metallica. Do we need to be talking about Metallica? No, Metallica, Metallica are in there as well. Yeah. Clearly, uh, those two are obvious. The one, the, the the third one of these bands, which everyone will go, well, obviously, it's Sabbath, it's Metallica, it's Iron Maiden. You've picked Iron Maiden, haven't you? Yeah, of course I have. I haven't picked Iron Maiden. Right. Okay. Is this where we get into a fight? No, 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 no. We'll see. Okay. Uh, I, I, I'm wondering if you've picked... Um, I'm wondering who you've picked instead, and I'm thinking maybe... Judas Priest. I have picked Judas right, Priest. Right, 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 right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just to be a prick, I, I've picked Judas Priest. Okay. okay. Um, so if you're listening to this for the first time and you're like a metal dude and you're going, why have you picked Iron Maiden? I'm going to own up here. I, I don't not like Iron Maiden. I don't hate Iron Maiden, mm. right? There is a thing surrounding Iron Maiden that I don't like, which is that you have to say they're better than ever than everyone else. And if you don't say that they're better than everyone else, you're an idiot and you don't like metal. Right. And I think that's bollocks, especially when you consider a lot of their albums. But that's not their fault, is it? That's not their fault. Mm. No, 
Well, I don't know. I think they they caught it. They love it, don't they? Mm, they I think Bruce Dickinson it. does. Bruce I think Dickinson the rest of them don't give a shit. It. Bruce Dickinson loves going, yeah, everyone thinks we're brilliant. Laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, having said that, the first two albums of Paul Diano, the two best ones, are um, <laughs> are really good. The, Number of the Beast has got some massive songs on it. I don't think it's a particularly brilliant album. I think Power Slave's good. The Number of the Beast is, is actually, yeah, it's it, whilst it's one of their most famous albums, it isn't one of their best all no. the way through. It's no, got no, no, some no. of their massive hitters, but yeah. Um, as an album. I will also concede that A Matter of Life and Death is really good yeah, as well. Yeah, incredible record. Yeah. So I'm worried, I'm wondering if I just go, all right, yeah, cool, Iron Maiden. Well, the re- I consider Priest, undoubtedly you have to consider Priest. Um, Iron Maiden are today more influential than Judas Priest, in my opinion. They influence some utter shit, haven't they? They have. How shit is Blind Guardian? Cheers, <laughs> Iron Maiden. How shit are fucking uh, and Avantasia? They Thanks, have. Iron Maiden. They have, but they're still <coughs> more influential. And I think, now, now I am not saying Judas Priest are not influential. That's ridiculous. Twin guitar harmonies for starters. Although mm. Maiden also did them yeah, very, did. very well. So, um, I... Uh, you can have Maiden, for fuck's sake. <laughs> All right, so... I, 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 yeah, I think... I, I, that's fine. <laughs> God, we are going to have a fight. No, no, it's fine. You can have Iron Maiden. Like, I'm not a fucking idiot. Like, I do yeah, understand yeah, 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 how yeah. massive and how massively important Iron Maiden are. Yeah. Like, I just don't... I don't think they're that good. That's all it is. That's all it comes down to. I think if they if Paul Diano is still in the band, we might be a different conversation. <laughs> Paul Diano I is their, their best level, ever vocalist. I mean, I you know I disagree. I think they are a great band. I think their level of consistency is remarkably high. Now you you won't think that because you don't like them in the first place. But mm. if even if you think they're a level of bad, surely they're the same, roughly the same level of bad throughout their career. At least they've been consistent. No, I don't think that. No? I, I don't. Okay. I think like no preferred dying is rubbish. I think somewhere in time is rubbish. I think um peace of mind is bitty as fuck. I think all the stuff Ooh. with Blaze Bailey is I love peace of mind. Crap. I think Brave New World mm. then got good. And Brave I think, New World's great, yeah. Um, the one at Dance of Death, I'm not fussed about. And then Matter of Life and Death is it's really amazing. great. Yeah. And then The Final Frontier, I think, is boring. And I think the last one, Book of Souls, is is unbearably bad. Um, <laughs> and then I think, yeah, so I, I know I don't think that at all, actually. When I think mm, about okay. going through all of their records, um, like I say, I think Power Slave's brilliant. Power Slave's amazing. Power Slave's yeah. brilliant. I actually not that fussed by Seventh Son of the Seventh Son. Which everyone thinks is like the best album. I'm just like, oh, I love what Seven the Son. fucking yeah. looty flute, fucking Richie Blackmore in the forest wearing a pointy shoes yeah, album. It's, it's crap. Great. Fucking rubbish. <laughs> um, okay. I like Rathchild though. Rathchild. Rathchild. The Gallows cover, obviously. Yes. But you can have Iron Maiden. You can have Iron Maiden, of course. There you go. But that's probably the nicest amount of stuff I've said about Iron Maiden for some time. Yeah, yeah, No, I'm very proud of you. It's very good. Well done. Yeah. Um, it's tough not to have Priest in there as well, but I think that Priest are basically covered by, by Maiden. Maiden. Yeah, fair enough. So, Pantera. Mm-hmm. Yes. You got Pantera? Yes, yes, I've got Pantera. Any, I, I hate this, like, no Pantera, Pantera supposes. That's this thing that's about now that these old Well, you know, I suppose, I suppose the reason people say that is because those early records sounded so different. You know, the records which no one talks about, Metal Magic and mm. um, I don't even remember the name of most of them. Um, 
there were like four before Cowboys from Hell. I think yeah, Cowboys from Hell is four. actually their fifth record, I believe. And um, yeah, it is. You're right. That you know they were very much a glam band. I mean, <laughs> Dimebag's favorite band was Kiss, I believe. Um, you yeah. Know, so it totally makes sense. Um, mm. But you know, to, to sort of to sort of call someone a poser just because they play one brand of metal and then start playing another brand of metal. Well, it's because they changed and it was like, you know, they're, oh, they're jocks now are getting into metal, aren't they? These like, they all yeah. want to crush beer cans on their head and stuff. And it's like, yes, because Iron Maiden fans were such um, intellectual, calm, <laughs> like well-spoken and beautifully smelling people. Yeah, they? yeah. It, it's weird. Like, I, anyone who doesn't like Pantera is into metal. I just like go, oh. No, yeah. I, I, I will say... Um, there, there was a small tug of war here for me between uh, and your your bulk a little bit, but between Pantera and Machine Head. Um, but I kind of oh, it's re- not even close for it, mate. No, that's not no, even no, close. No, like, no. I love Machine Head. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it can't be close. Well, I re- I realised I was just letting my love of Machine Head. Yeah, Machine Head is fucking brilliant. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's not. I just love Machine Head. Yeah. But um, but yeah, no, you've got to put Pantera. Really. Pantera got five for five. Like reinventing still is good. Yeah, it's a proper kind of seven and a half. I, 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 I actually really like Reinventing yeah. Steel. I think it's great. Amongst record. a bunch of like tens. Do you know? Uh, well, look, this is a controversial opinion, and uh, it's going <laughs> to set. I don't really like Cowboys from Hell. The record. Uh, no, it's not the best one. Yeah, I think it's got. I think the singles are all brilliant. Um, but I think there's a lot of filler on that record. So much, and I think that I think Cowboys and Primal Concrete Legend and domination and um cemetery gates. cemetery gates lift it so much yeah they do that is that, so that's, that's much. fair but it's still it's still fucking it's still brilliant. it's still very good and the other three that come after it just yeah, make yeah, me yeah. want to like fight a fucking dragon <laughs> um so it should, Pantera. it should be maiden who want to make you fight a dragon i would have thought maybe want to get eaten by a dragon <laughs> um so sabbath metallica pantera i maiden not gonna not gonna do Jews priest so we've got room for one more Yes. Who's your one more? My one more. I wanted to represent, um, I think, a lot of people who, basic people who don't listen to metal. Yeah. Uh, d- bulk at the idea that it's... You ex- picked asking Alexandria. <laughs> <laughs> bulk at the idea that it's experimental or weird or goes off into interesting places or they just think it's all noise. Noise, 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 noise. Uh-huh. noise. Right. So I wanted to pick someone to counteract that completely. And I went with System of a Down. Ah, that's an interesting shout. Yes. Um, now, it could have been in uncategorizable, but then yeah. I actually sat down and listened to uh, uh, the first System album in full, and I realised <clears throat> this is undeniably a metal record. Yeah, well, I mean, I actually think in terms of the the first one, I would say, um, I would say maybe it's got a lot more to do with it. Like, I, you know, you mentioned Dead Kennedys earlier. I think yeah. there's a lot of Dead Kennedys in that, especially yeah, yeah. that first System album. Yeah. I think they become more metal on Toxicity and then maybe, you know, slightly less, but still the other two. I think Mesmerize and Hypnotize, they're still a metal band. Yeah, definitely. I think they're more, I, I think the first one's more kind of punk. Mm, okay, Personally. fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I mean, the, the first <coughs> listening one, back to it. I mean, I know I didn't at the time. The first ones, um, the, the one I listened to for for this, and I was like, yeah, I love that. To me, is a metal record. So, so you know, um, but it, but it's 
really experimental and odd and i just wanted to put some oddness in here okay so well, well can i because i think they are very unique and if we're kind of poo-pooing Regent's machine as a rock band i think the same mm, kind of questions come up uh, you might here's not. my yeah go on counter undoubtedly a metal band modern um have done for me four for four like per, pretty much perfect albums in the modern era uh show no signs of slowing up gojira gojira is a very good ch- shout um i can gojira aren't on here at all which was a shame but then when i was thinking about them i actually caught sort of thought of them as extreme potentially yeah yeah i, I mean definitely early on and um, mm. well <laughs> Not even early on. I mean, yeah, like they are a, a, a kind of death metal band of well, sorts. Mag- Magma's the only one record that I don't think you could put in extreme, but I think I think everything else is extreme. But it's, it's those riffs are so catchy, and yeah. they're playing like the O2 and stuff now, supporting um, Alter Bridge, and they're you know like they they've definitely moved away from that. And to me, it feels much more like. I mean, if if you were gonna if we're gonna be splitting hairs, if you got Seth Putnam from Anal Cunt on a record, and, and it sounds like the Great Southern Trend Kill, yeah. is that not extreme as well? Like, yeah, it no, is. no, true, true, and, true. Um, so you know, you could put Pantera in there. I mean, that all of these bands like th- these are sort of fine margins. But I think because of the amount of success that Gojira have, I mean, you'll know, and we both know from working at Metal Hammer, bands kind of graduate from the extreme world into. Yes just now they are a metal band they're a front of you know like um at hammer they have um subterranea and the amount of times where i've been like oh you know um am i going to review satyricon for subterranea and and they'll go no no because the success that satyricon have had even though they are still a black metal band Mm. has meant that they've kind of graduated to the main bigger part of the magazine i guess it's like dimu borgir playing on the the this uh, the you know sonosphere or yeah. um Ozfest or wherever they, they did play sonosphere don't know why i said that <laughs> um but or you know behemoth going out on tour with um who did they do a massive tour didn't they behemoth with slayer yeah yeah yeah, yeah um <clears throat> so all they saying that i think <laughs> behemoth is slightly harder to go yeah yeah come on over you come into like oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, they yeah, are yeah, definitely yeah. extreme yeah, as yeah, we'll yeah. probably talk about in a bit yes. but yes, so for will. me um yeah i would i would go with gojira i'm very happy to go with gojira because they're absolutely brilliant i'm ever so slightly saddened to not have a oddball element uh in metal i I think gojira hit on it a bit but Mm. but not to the extent the system but do but then but gojira ain't no room for fucking oddballs in in (laughs) metal no room for experimentation no that's fine no yeah fine i think gojira is a good shout okay Uh, not as tough as i thought it was going to be so yeah sabbath metallica iron maiden pantera gojira summing up metal i think that's fair i mean it does sum up metal in five yeah 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 yeah. if you're only allowed five i think it's a pretty pretty good shout yeah okay all right well we move on then to prog Mm prog rock yeah get um, out. yeah uh i don't this has made me realize how little of what most people would consider prog i actually give a fuck about well i think this is going to be an interesting one because there's an awful lot of um i think a lot of the best prog music that's happening in the world today 
could be categorized as metal. Yeah. So maybe this is where the oddball weirdness stuff yeah, will yeah, come yeah. into. Um, but um, yes, uh, there are some prog fans who would look at my list and just be like, what? Yeah, um, I, th- I think they probably think but the then, same way. But then that. this whole the whole point of this exercise is to do what we are going to be interested mm. in doing. And I think, you know, I don't think we're going to be interested in reviewing the new Jethro Tull album no. or something like that. So, no. you know. So. But... I would always be interested in talking about Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. Yes. I've got Pink Floyd yes. as my number one pick. I put Pink Floyd as my number one as well. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I would even, I, I, I would actually hold my hands up here and say that I, I hardly ever listen to Floyd to be totally honest, but it's just, again, it's just influence, isn't it? You just have to have them. Anyway. <clears throat> I think they've made at least four. Uh, they've, they've made two, obviously they've made two, like legitimate world-class iconic game-changing records like dark and they made the them moon. 10 years apart from each other when you look at the wall and dark side of the dark, moon yeah, yeah, they yeah. made 10 years apart from each other i mean that is fucking ridiculous yeah, yeah. i actually really like piper at the gates of dawn i think it's fucking no. brilliant and mental um i think like medals great as well um I like animals animals yeah um like i mean they 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 they're a really really unbelievably brilliant band and i don't even i'm do you know what i don't really want to talk about them that much at the moment because at some point we will do something big oh yeah, yeah about yeah. the wall oh yeah yeah. because yeah. i've never had a chance to talk about the wall before but i just think it's i'm just mental mental how brilliant it is i think pink floyd is a shimmer though <laughs> yeah like, definitely undoubtedly. so pink floyd for both of us uh that was your number one pick was it that was my number one cool yeah yep, yep. my number two pick and my favorite band of all time tool <laughs> my number two pick are your favorite band of all time and they're tall yeah <laughs> so again like, I, I don't want to go into tall too much here at the moment but i no, think sure. if there was if there was a a band who are in any way comparable to um to what we were just saying about pink floyd but for the kind of the alternative rock era mm-hmm. it's tall isn't it yep for me they are the all-time greatest band ever yep That's what um I'm say. I, they are in my top five all-time greatest bands ever they are absolutely astonishing the fact that we are still waiting for this record after 40, oh, and don't start sorry but the, <laughs> fact, the, fact, the fact that people still care let's yeah. say that much um is is uh just an amazing feat they're unique utterly utterly unique debatably could be you know miscellaneous or alternative towards the end but you know but i'm quite happy to put them in prog because i certainly think everything they do is progressive definitely yeah now you said about um you said about uh metal being sort of uh something which would be feature heavy on this list and i've put my sugar in oh how are you you don't look happy with that Meshuggah are in my list, but they are not under prog. Okay. Um, well, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because they're <clears throat> def- like to me, I was like, well, this is definitely progressive and it's difficult and it's challenging and it's, it's fucking heavy, but uh, maybe too heavy to be in prog. Are you I saying? don't think you're wrong. Let me, yeah. Well, my, I've put them in extreme. Okay. Um, uh, uh, I, they are undoubtedly progressive, but I don't think they're what people think of as prog. No, no maybe you're right. Um, so I think you can be a progressive band without being a prog band. That's true. Actually. And I think uh, Meshuggah are undoubtedly a progressive band, but I, I, 
would struggle to honestly call them a prog band. Yeah, you you may be right there. You know, I was just sort of thinking for a place to have them, but yeah, it, you're if, probably right. If it's the fifth or sixth like genre label on their Wikipedia page or whatever, I would be like, oh, fine. But if it was in the top three, I'd be like, nah, that doesn't sound right to me, you know. Okay. I don't think they're a prog band, despite them being insanely progressive, insanely important. Yeah. But yeah. Okay, fair enough. Well then, go on, you pick. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll concede that point. My next one is um, Mastodon. <laughs> After all that. <laughs> <laughs> After all that, saying that Meshuggah on I mean, yeah. Mastodon to I me. I suppose they have made, they've made at least one album where you go, well, that's pure prog. Like, Crack the Sky is a prog record. I, it's metally, but it's definitely a prog record. I yeah. think Emperor of Sand is undoubtedly I know a I was prog say, record yeah, I think as Emperor well. Emperor of Sand probably I is think, well. I think Once More Around the Sun. Yeah, okay. Um, I, I don't think that, actually. Okay, fine. Um, I think probably... Uh, I'd Blood, argue Blood Mountain. Blood Mountain probably yeah. is right. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, for me, I suppose there are um, some fans who prefer the more sort of metally riff driven stuff like remission and stuff like that and then the fans who prefer yeah, the Leviathan stuff my personal favorite right okay so. my personal favorite is blood mountain so it's great right? um so and i do think the proggy side is the side of maston that i love the most mm-hmm. whilst leviathan is clearly an <laughs> unbelievable record and debatably a prog record it is a concept record after all yeah um leviathan is like my fourth favorite mastodon record which is insane yeah um but but you know, I, 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 I'm such a sucker for their proggy side. Mm. So maybe it, this is partly me just kind of seeing them as a prog band. I'm happy to have them in, I've got to be honest. Yeah, okay. Because they're nowhere else for me. So I, yeah. and I, I love, we both love Mastodon. Yeah, yeah. So I'm happy to kind of go, okay, Meshuggah is a no-go, but um, but Mastodon are in, um, which has offended my cat who's decided to invade. <laughs> the, <laughs> Jump up on the uh, table. The, he just table. hates Brent Hines, doesn't he, Bonjour? Yeah. Um, and anyway, I would read who my next one were, but the, the cat's here. Um, so, okay, cool. Yeah, you can do that. So my fourth pick, because this is my go now, right? Yes. Yeah. My fourth pick is, uh, is, is, is a band, but also more so as well, a kind of solo artist, which but it's Porcupine Tree, but it's Porcupine Tree stroke Stephen Wilson. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you thoughts on that? Initially, um, they were in my list. Mm-hmm. Um, we were originally going to have ten artists. Yeah, imagine uh, how long it, that. Yeah, imagine how long been. that would have been. Um, and they were in my lists when I had ten. Uh, I decided to take them out because I just thought too similar to Pink Floyd. I think Pink Floyd. I wouldn't say they are. You know, to say Porcupine Tree well. sounds exactly like Pink Floyd is is untrue but then Stephen wilson did form them because pink floyd weren't making the music that he wanted li- to listen to anymore and therefore he formed porcupine tree yeah okay um w- yeah but they come from a completely different era true i think yes. they've stood the test yes. of time i think I, I wouldn't listen to fear of a blank planet which is my favorite one and, and go oh yeah no it, uh, oh god yeah it sounds like pink floyd like i wouldn't think that no. at all they but you definitely have, you have taken the one album out of their <laughs> back catalog which sounds the least like pink floyd yeah yeah okay but um <laughs> Well, I don't know. Does the incident sound like Pink Floyd? Like not massively. Like it's a bit. It's quite proggy. It's got bits and pieces of Pink Floyd. Uh, yeah, and I think actually, if you listen to a song like 
that that kind of staccato sugary riff once um Stephen Wilson found kind of started hanging around with Opeth and yeah. um and I think like Opeth and <clears throat> And, you know, his love of Meshuggah and him meeting Michael Ackerfeld, yeah. I think they both influenced each other massively. Yeah. Like, you listen to Storm Corrosion. Yeah. Again, I think that's a like, weird album, but very, weird. very good. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But those two really influenced each other. Like, it's no kind of... Uh, Porky by Tree became more mathy, riff-driven. Yes. And Opeth became more straight proggy. And you listen to a song like, you know, um, Halo from mm. uh, Deadwing, mm. And or what's the other one that's two the um that's two songs before it's sh- not shallow yeah it's shallow uh, and um and again like massive riff on that mm, like mm. I, and then when you go to his solo stuff you know like the the raven that refused yeah. to sing is 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 unlike any of the other bands that we're going to be yeah like, very talking much about. so so I think in terms of just the like yeah is Pink Floydy, but there's a massive generation gap between those artists. And I think Stephen Wilson has done a bunch of stuff that Pink Floyd haven't Maybe ever wouldn't done. Have done. Yeah. Yeah. You're, I, I, I agree with all of those points. I'm, I'm purely put, you know, sort of take, took them out of my, my list because we have to knock this down to five artists and overall, to say Porcupine <laughs> Tree have just copied Pink Floyd would be completely ridiculous and absurd. And they are a fantastic band. And Stephen Wilson's an incredible man. Mm. We're definitely going to be doing some Porcupine Tree stuff yeah, in the for future. Sure. Um, but I think overall, if you, if you have Pink Floyd here, I'm not sure if you should have Porcupine Tree here because we only have five and we, you know. All right, well, I'll be just... interested to see who your fourth pick is to see if, oh, yeah. uh, if they assert them. Um, my my fourth is Deep Purple. Uh, it's not Deep Purple. I was going to say <laughs> well, they don't then. Um, ah, okay. So this is a pick which again is just kind of very important to me. But um, in terms of modern, contemporary, progressive, and I would argue prog music as well. Uh, my this is my favourite British band of all time. Uh, I like lists so much. I've even made lists of my favourite bands from different countries. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Ocean Size are uh, the best British band of all time, in my opinion. Fucking hell! Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'd... Better than Led Zeppelin, which is <laughs> <Just> ridiculous. <laughs> but but that's yeah. That's that's what I think. Do you know much Ocean Size? Not really. I mean, I know of them. Obviously, okay. I've seen. Uh, I think I've seen him supporting Coed in Cambria once. Oh, possibly, yeah. I, I actually I saw them support Smashing Pumpkins once, which was a really odd uh, <laughs> bill. But um, mm. they just, they only did four records. Uh, mm. They did four records, a couple of EPs as well. Um, but pretty much every note of everything they ever did was perfect in my mind. Yeah. And in terms of... Um, they sort of came out of the Manchester scene and brought a lot of like psychedelic influences and so on and so forth from, from that. But also, you know, um, Mike Venart, who's the, the, the guitarist and vocalist with Ocean Size, his favorite band of Cardiacs. And there's loads of that kind of thing in there as well. Mm. Um, loads of like 10 minute long songs, which just sweep over you. And uh, they're almost hypnotic in the way that they, they, uh, they just put you in a trance in some way, you know, but they also have, there's a bunch of songs which are just really quiet and, and I mean, there's a strong argument to say Ocean Size are a rock band and Ocean Size wouldn't have got, I don't think Ocean Size would have got in a rock 
list because it no. would have been too difficult. Um, but, you know, and Ocean Size are a very difficult band to categorise. Um, but for me, Prog is probably the closest. Uh, but I suppose it's a difficult one if you don't know much of their stuff. Don't know much of their stuff. And I mean, yeah, you know, hard, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Again, Let's shelve for a second. We two of the it. other two. Yeah, 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 yeah. My final pick is the Mars Volta. Oh, that's an excellent shout. Yeah. I love the Mars in terms, Volta. I thought you were going to say that when you were saying in terms of contemporary bands who are doing da 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 Yeah, like the yeah, Mars yeah. Volta, it's prog. I mean, it's obviously prog. It's so obviously prog, but it's got loads of punk in it as well. Got loads of kind of psychedelic... It, it's harking back to that early psychedelic stuff. And it's it, there's something about the Mars Volta that is not... I'm not going to say it's not geeky because actually it is it's fairly pretty geeky, geeky in it. Yeah. But it's got a kind of... Um, that salsa kind of is it salsa latino yeah 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 salsa, like rhythms yeah. that they have in it yeah yeah that's something that none of those other bands we've been talking about no, have. that's true and it gives it a bit of a hip swing to it yeah. i don't think any other bands have yeah. so i definitely like although i will say the mars volta have released some unlistenable tripe <laughs> in their time yeah. the first three records i want to say the first three records oh, no, i think the, i've got the first ep when it first came out, because I'm a huge fan of Cedric and Omar, and I thought it was really good. I really like um, uh, a comatose in the crematorium. Uh, Delouse in the crematorium. Delouse in the crematorium. Yeah, fucking. Yeah. I think Francis the Mute is incredible. fucking incredible. Um, and Amputecture. Amputecture is bum. Oh, I don't think it's bum. Uh, it's, it's bum. I think I definitely think it's a step down, but I don't think it's bum. I, I think th- it's. I think it's bum. Sorry, mate. I'm picking them. I think they're. Yeah, no, 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 I think Bedlam and Goliath is is the best one. Yeah. Whoa! You think it's the best one? I do. Yeah, it's fucking brilliant. That's huge. Mm, Yeah, it's fucking brilliant. It has to be Delouse for me, but but I really see that'd be my third. I think Francis the Mute is better than Delouse as well. Okay, fair. And Delouse is fucking brilliant. So basically, the Mars Volta. I think the Mars Volta should go in personally. Pink Floyd Tool. Mastered on the Mars Volta. That's so good, that's isn't it? That's a great list, yeah. Um, so it comes down to basically whoever you're about to say. Yeah. If you say someone great, then this is over. Yeah, it sounds like uh, it's going to be the Mars Volta. Um, I, I, um, right. Okay, I'm just going to say it. My fifth choice is Muse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, okay. Okay, let me explain my reasoning. The reason I've chosen Muse is because um, I think they're... Un- I, I, we both agree they're a prog band, at least. <laughs> yes, just about. <laughs> yeah. And they have made... They've done something which debatably no other prog band has ever managed to do, which is make it cool to people who mm. decide what That's things true. are cool. Yeah. And I think a band who can take music, which is genuinely, you know, I don't think I don't think Muse are as progressive as Pink Floyd or or um, of course they're fucking not. <laughs> no, no, but um, they 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 have taken undeniably unusual, strange music that is. I don't know about difficult to listen to, but it's certainly progressive and made it stadium sized. And I think they are the only band ever to do that. Um, I mean, I do, I, I am a big fan of early Muse up until, 
I'm going to put in Black Holes and Revelations. I think in, then they did a couple of albums which are utter dross. Mm. Um, I actually don't mind the last one that much. Drones is all Drones. right. They're releasing a new one in November mm. as we record this. Um, I, I knew it would be tough. Mate, do and you know I, what? Actually, having said that, I, I, like, I listened to Absolution for probably the first time pretty much ever all the way through because I always thought music dog shit to be honest um although i do i got black holes and revelations when it came out because i was sort of i got out of music for a bit and when i got back into it i was like i should try everything so yeah, i bought yeah, black yeah. holes and revelations i was like yeah it's all right it's pretty good actually it's pretty good black and then i listened right. then i listened to um absolution i was like no nah, actually that's fucking great absolution is fantastic yeah i was like this is actually really really fucking good so have you, fair done, play to have you done origin of symmetry <clears throat> yeah i've done origin of symmetry yeah, that's all right. Uh, um, um, Absolution's my favourite, followed by yeah. Origin of Symmetry. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Incredible records. Um, I don't like. Show- I, I remember listening to Showbiz when it came out. I didn't like it. And yeah, I Showbiz feel, is okay. And I don't. I don't like all the fuck. I don't like the Queen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. ones that get played on adverts and not good. Um, but do you know what? Actually, taking myself out of myself for a minute, you can put Muse in. Well, you've brought up the Mars Volta. So, well, no, um, the Mars Volta are going in. Oh, right, right, right. Definitely. Okay, okay, okay. Pink Floyd, Mastodon, Tool, the Mars Volta, and Muse. Well, did we have another one in here? Well, you wanted Ocean Size, obviously. Oh, yeah. I've, I've fucked off my sugar. I, I can't really put Ocean Size in when I haven't heard them, surely. I mean, you can't. I, I, See, I'd rather have Ocean Size than You'd rather than have Muse. Ocean Size than Muse. Yeah, well, I'd rather have Porcupine Tree than both of them, so do you know what I mean? Oh, uh, yeah, okay, okay. So I'm giving, like, for me, Muse is the... Let's be objective about this for a okay. second. Okay. Yep. 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 Okay. Well, that's objectively out of the three bands. I would say collectively the band we like the least going in. <laughs> yeah, which is Cracking. ridiculous, isn't it? Cracking. But then you know people people can get in contact with us and they can argue it. Uh, Absolutely. Can we have some Ocean Size fans contact us, please, and just convince? Well, well you just yeah. we're going to get more Stephen Wilson fans going what? Because uh, yeah, there are more like of them, I would yeah, imagine. Yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, there you go. Prog rock. Yeah. Yeah, that was a long one, it. Yeah, that uh, was. As to suit <laughs> prog rock. <laughs> uh, which brings us on to post music, which mm. is again quite a difficult category, um, quite a wide category, and quite a difficult category to, wide, yeah. to, to, to get your head around. But anything that says post before it, I guess, goes in. That's how I've kind of done it. Um, I can't remember we started last time, so I'm just going to chuck you it go. out there straight away. Uh, the most consistent back catalogue of a of, of any band ever, in my personal opinion, for a band. You know, there are bands who've released three or four albums and all their albums are good. There's not many bands who've released eight albums and every single album's good. Fugazi are pretty much the only band. Ah. So, Fugazi. Oh, that's a great shout. Um, yeah. I So, Fugazi aren't on here at all for me because I didn't know where to put them. Yeah. In fact, well, they're kind of they're, an alternative. You know, it's but... post-punk, it's post-hardcore, it's... Um, it's oh. post music, isn't it? So, Fugazi. That's um, a really good shout. Uh, the way they, uh, the way they behave, the things they say, the lyrics they write, the way they've gone about their business, I, I will not be very happy if we can't get Fugazi no, in it. No, here. that's that's fine. I completely and utterly agree with that. Favorite Fugazi album? Uh, the argument, the yes. last one. Yes, as is, is mine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Red Medicine's also, I think, a close second, and then all the others are good as well. Yeah, <laughs> they haven't released a bad album. I mean, yeah. 
maybe more interesting is least favorite Fugazi album. I think End Hits is probably just about the least. I really like one. End Hits. Okay, mine's yeah. probably Steady Diet of Nothing. But oh, to say Steady Diet Enough is great. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but, I, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, Fugazi. No, Renfrey, Fugazi. Your, yeah, they're, they're your, in. your top pick. Um, my top pick. I mean, I suppose this is obvious the way I go on about them, but um, I just had to have Mogwai in here. Yeah, they were on the list, but then. Yeah, I don't really. I, I've I've I dip in and out of Mogwai, and we were yeah. having this conversation away from the podcast the other day. Yes, about the amount of Mogwai stuff that I haven't listened to. Mm. So, I understand. I understand why you want to have them in here. They are. But I feel like I I can't fully go because when they I know when they're good, they're incredible. Mm. Well, it, well, in my opinion, I mean, I know that you don't agree this with this, but um, in my opinion, you just said Fugazi have eight for eight. Yeah. In my opinion, Mogwai have, I think they're on their 10th record. I think they have 10 for 10, which is, you know, mm. unbelievable. I, yeah. I think I think their weakest record is an eight out of 10. Um, and in my opinion, their weakest record is um, Hardcore. Well, uh, Hardcore, Hardcore will never die, but you will. Die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I like that album as well. It's a great album, uh, mm-hmm. and it, and it is my least favorite. <laughs> um, yeah, I just know. think I just think they're um, they're constantly changing their sound and doing different things, mainly within the instrumental realm. So you know that I, I think of them as kind of like the quintessential post rock band, basically, um, mm. mainly instrumental Scottish. Um, sometimes ridiculously heavy the songs like like herod and mogwai fear satan's stupidly heavy <coughs> there's a new one called old poisons which is incredible back hat but then they're also extremely beautiful and delicate um there's some beautiful songs on come on die young which i know is your yeah, favorite yeah, really mogwai record, record. Yeah. um and they just do a little bit of everything really live they are just an incredible force of spoken about dynamics uh talk about dynamics a lot in music and mogwai are literally the most dynamic band Mm. i've ever seen live Mm. um they are the quietest band i've ever seen live and the loudest band i've ever seen live yeah it's pretty mental um yeah i i just i feel very i know you've only heard a few out i feel like you've heard enough no no i definitely have heard enough to like yeah. yeah yeah i just think there are other bands that do that a bit better wow only a couple but there are some um and it's not even and i say that other bands did better i mean uh okay yeah and mogwai almost certainly i think are they on are they on your list those other bands yeah okay 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 okay. um my next pick is the cure wow okay post-punk yes definitive post-punk band yes um and one of the all-time great bands. I mean, I can't really envisage anyone having too much problem with The Cure being in there. But you're pulling a face that makes me think maybe you I just do. never thought of them. I mean, yes, undoubtedly post-punk, but I've never <laughs> thought of them as post-music, I suppose. Um, but that's what this is, isn't it? Post-punk, yeah, yeah, yeah. post-hardcore, yeah, yeah, yeah. post-rock, post-metal. Those are the... I mean, this needs to be widened. It's a wide old thing. Yeah. When you see my list, like the, basically the five bands I pick, none of them have anything to do with each other at oh, all. Oh, right. Interesting. Really. Um, yeah. I can't <clears throat> argue against The Cure. So, so yeah. I don't think we should make any decisions till the end. I mean, well, apart from Fugazi. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, The Cure. I mean, I think The Cure kind of speak for themselves. 40 years of doing whatever the fuck they want. Um yeah, pretty much. So yeah, so Fugazi, yeah, The Cure and Mogwai, probably. 
And <laughs> who else we got? Uh, my next pick. Now I have. To, I'm going to confess here that I actually wasn't <laughs> sure whether to put them just in alternative because I think they just immediately sound unique, and you listen to them and you know exactly who it is. Uh, I'd really like to get Cigarose in somewhere. Okay. I figured this might come up. Right, okay, <laughs> okay. Is this where you tell me you can't stand cigarettes? No, 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 it's not at all. It's it's where I tell you that I don't know enough about Shigaros okay. to really be able... All I do know is that I've listened to them a bit mm-hmm. and I think they're good mm-hmm. and I know how much people love them. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a great shout and mm-hmm. I had a feeling that they would come up yeah. and I can't really argue against them being in here yep. because I'm aware of how important they are. It's just that they don't mean that much to me personally. I'm I'm happy to shelve on the basis that you've not heard loads. But I think there are, I mean, I think there will be things that will come in here where you'll go, people will go, you should really have had Shiga Ross in ahead, mm. of, ahead of them. Mm. And uh, I think so. Well, I wonder if, well, well let's, can... so I now I'm going, I think we have to shelve this one really because it's Killing Joke and it's in there. If we're having the cure in, you probably don't need Killing Joke in as well. Yes. But I do love Killing Joke, mm. like with an. I think the first Killing Joke album is one of the best albums ever made, mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. And I think they went on a run of about four or five records throughout the 80s that were fucking brilliant and then went away and then came back with like Pandemonium mm-hmm. and the the sort of second self-title with Dave Grohl on drums yeah, is yeah, brilliant yeah. as that, well. Yeah, the yellow cover. Yeah, with yeah, the yeah, yellow yeah. cover. Um, I also really, really, really love, in fact, when it came out in 2010, I think it was, it was my favourite album of the year, Absolute Descent which was the first one back with youth on bass okay. is amazing. Is 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 an amazing record. Um, they're just so consistent. And jazz Coleman is such a like incredible, bug eyed, incredible, yeah. clever, like wonderful person. Um, but I can see why people would go. We, that's what I mean. You can't have the cure in and have Killing Joke in and then go not Sega Ross. I think that feels a bit like yeah. the walls close in a bit then if you do that. So I, th- I'm- I think between the cure and Killing Joke, I would argue the cure. Yeah, okay. Because um, I just think they have a wider pool of influence. Yes, yeah, fair. Okay, all right, cool. So um, not Killing Joke. I think Killing Joke... <laughs> Killing Joke are actually a band who I um, have an enormous amount of respect for, but um, don't really like or listen to all that much. Mm. But the weird thing with them is whenever they're at a festival or on a bill, I will go and see them because I find Jazz Coleman such a fascinating presence. Yeah, he's amazing. I always enjoy their set without loving their music. And mm. I, I think there's something really special about that band, but um, but I can't honestly hand on heart say i'm a fan i have their best of and that's yeah. it i don't even right. have any of their records um so but yes i've got about 13 of their records <laughs> yeah oh, i do love them uh, but a... mate um anyway so but i understand why we can't have that so yeah yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. uh you would go for well i wanted to represent post metal uh-huh. Uh, and I thought there's only um, one pick at Renfrey. You better get this pick right because it might be the only time where we divvy, where we we sync up on this. I reckon. Cult of Luna. Oh, no. Oh, what? Okay. They're on. They're they're on my. They're, there's. I've got a list of bands who are very very close to being on there, and they are on that list. Cult right. of Luna because yeah. they are great yeah. great band. Cult of Luna. But I'm going to just come out and say my, you can't have Cult of Luna and not have Neurosis. You've got to have neurosis over Cult of Luna, haven't you? Surely. I mean, I think potentially Cult of Luna have made 
Oh, no, that's bollocks. I was about to say they made the better record out of the, the best record of the Cult of Luna record. That's not true at all. Um, no, I just think Neurosis are better than Cult of Luna and they were there first and they've done more and they're more interesting and they're just they're just better. Sorry. I don't agree with all of those points, but just the fact that they were there before and uh, you're probably right in terms of no Neurosis, probably no Cult of Luna. Definitely. Yeah, that's very valid. I'm prepared I lo- to I love Cult of Luna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm prepared I mean, to concede You can that. probably see the vinyl of... Um, of oh no you can't uh, no, anyway, <laughs> I've got a really nice um, Salvation. vertical oh uh, the, oh love it like cool. what A and B yes yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. it's really I, good no that's that's fair enough I <laughs> like I don't that. feel like I feel like I've just mugged off Carl Luna which I don't want to come across like I'm saying that at all because I think Carl Luna are fucking wonderful yeah but you like Neurosis really did get there first and I think if you listen to Times of Grace or Through Silver and Blood which are the two that just they just shit on any other post-metal band's releases ever they're just fucking incredible okay my my, my love of Cult of Luna and Neurosis are, are personally very close together if I'm totally honest but I'm happy to concede Neurosis I'm, sweet I'm kind of amazed I didn't think of them actually so yeah. <laughs> yeah. alright so go on who's your fourth I wanted to represent um the really super, super ambient side of post-music. And I'm a, a bit worried that this might not be one that you're super familiar with. But um, I've gone for Stars of the Lid. I've never even heard of them. Wow. <laughs> okay. Never heard of Bollocks. them. Bollocks. All right, we're going to have an issue with putting this one in then. Um, describing Stars of the Lid doesn't make them sound very good, which is kind of annoying. Um, it's just sort of very, very ambient um, uh delay music all instrumental very very much in the background and very chilled out but it's mm. a it's a form of ambient post music which i thought was important to represent and of all those bands that i've heard stars of the list are probably stars of the lid are probably my favorite you know? right um but imagine uh, imagine an album of all the um quietest mogwai bits and then imagine that mm. as a double album yeah. <laughs> uh. that's stars of the lid that's every single stars of the lid record okay. they're all like two hours long and uh really chilled mm. but if they're a band you've not heard then it's sort of around yeah it's a bit of a tough one yeah. uh well, anyway we'll see <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe you'll just hate all the other the other band that i'm about to so okay this is my last pick and they're in there <sighs> Could have been Glassjaw, could have been Far, could have been Joy Division even. Um, I did have Mogwai and Cartoluna in as well. I've gone for Out the Driving. Out the Driving, mm. Relationship Command is probably my favourite album ever made, mm. full stop. In Casino Out is oh, not as good, but it's, it's not not as good as my favourite album ever. But it's not that fucking far away. It's brilliant. Mm. The Vayar EP is amazing. Those three releases are incredible. Um, they are an unbelievably unique band. I think they're hugely, hugely influential to what became post-hardcore into emo in the kind of noughties, which has obviously gone to shit now. And At The Driving now are... If you're young and you're listening to this and you're going, well, At The Driving, I can understand why you think that they're bum now. But I saw it at the time and nothing has ever... Ex- I, I mean, it's, nothing has ever excited me more than seeing At The Driving when they first broke. Mm. Like nothing ever in the history of watching, like in, you know, 20, 
four years of going to gigs, nothing has ever been as exciting as seeing out the drive-in at like the underworld in front of 50 people. It was fucking ridiculous. And it felt like the second coming of Nirvana. Mm. It felt like, fuck, this must have been what, what it was like. like. I was a bit too young to really appreciate the whole Nevermind boom. I kind of just caught the sort of tail end of it. But when out the drive-in came along, it was like that again. And it was like nothing you'd ever 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 experienced before mm. um and it, that album still sounds amazing so i would love to put out the driving in although <laughs> with fugazi i think it might be a bit of a tough sell but um do you know what might be a good compromise in terms of um representing post-hardcore put mars volta in again <laughs> uh, no go on um i was thinking glass jaw is that your fifth pick it's not um but um I think with Fugazi being in there and I mean, you know, yeah, hands on the table. I do prefer Glassjaw to out the drive-in personally. Mm. I love both of them and they are very, very close in my estimation. So, you know. Who is your fifth pick then? If it's not Glassjaw. Ah, well, I've I've gone totally different. You've gone rogue, yeah? Yeah, I've gone, I've gone very rogue. And again, unfortunately, (laughs) it might be a band that you're not super familiar with. Um, (coughs) But I wanted to represent this crop of uh, sort of arc tangenty bands Mm -hmm. that are coming up. Um, And there's this really exciting movement that's happening within, um, I I suppose you'd call it post-rock, but the thing is, is it really isn't post-rock. It's far punkier than that and far faster. And I think the band that started all that is And So I Watch You From Afar. Yeah, I mean, that is... I'm aware of those guys. I am aware of those guys. And I think that is a pretty good shout. I mean, the thing is, I would argue... And I don't want... I feel like I'm kind of shitting on new music at the moment. But I think, like, when you're talking about five bands that Mm. represent the absolute kind of zenith with the history and the, and you're talking about post-music, which mm. encapsulates mm. post-hardcore, mm. post-rock, post-metal, uh, post-punk. Like, and when you think about all those, I mean, you know, like we've not even, this is somewhere for me where you could put Sonic Youth in. Like, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. The, when you think of the sort of bands that, like Joy Division aren't getting in here. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you you think of the sort of bands that are not getting in here, who have done such amazing, amazing stuff. The Cure, Fugazi, Neurosis, Mogwai, mm. and Another. Mm. Like, when you think about the bands that are getting left out, as it's much insane, as I admire the kind of, you know, like, like Big Black were a band that I was like, well, we could yeah. put Big Black in here. Yeah. Big Black haven't even been brought up. And you think how fucking, yeah. you think about what they did, or Suicide. Yeah. Or, do you know what I mean? There's, there's, I think Seeger Ross are probably the band that deserve to go in as that fifth fifth spot. I think Neurosis, Fugazi, The Cure, um, Mogwai and Seeger Ross feels like a bit of everything. I mean, it doesn't feel like anything modern. Is there, is but there if, any... if you're telling me that Seeger Ross are getting dropped, Seeger Ross or Killing Joke are getting dropped out for a band who, yeah, who are, are new, a yeah. really, like a great band, mm. um, but a very, very underground. I mean, we kind of did it earlier with Jonah, admittedly. Yeah, true. We did do it earlier with Jonah. I, my but thinking but with... I'm not sure that they... 
it feels a bit my mm. thinking my thinking with Anso I Watch You Farm is purely kind of trying to look into the future a little bit I feel like it, yes it is very much a, a, an underground scene and Anso the largest gig Anso I Watch You From Afar I've done in London is Coco which is 1400 people and that's not to be sniffed at that's at not all. to be sniffed at in the no. slightest but there's that but they are a relatively small band mm. undoubtedly um, you know but this isn't have, about sniffing like looking into the future this is about yeah like the past yeah yeah Ultimately, i suppose so this is about the past this is about who has done what to establish where we are where not we are where now we're going. yeah yeah no that's a very good point um i feel that i would like post-hardcore represented and i feel like the closest we've got to that is fugazi but i still yeah. don't think fugazi are quite post-hardcore which makes me actually. I want... think they are. Do you think so? Yeah, I think they are. I think they start. I think if you li- if post- you listen to thirteen songs and repeater, I, I think they definitely are. I mean, they're not. They're not the same as Thursday or. I was going to say, are they, are Sunday they hardcore in the way that at the driving are? No, no, not quite. I mean, I think they are definitely more so. Like the, I think that you can definitely tell there's something with those bands more than you can when you get to like the fucking you know the arse end of it in the sort mm. of mid noughties mm. I think there's enough of what Fugazi do in an in a, in around and amongst the the wild experimentation that the and the wild ride that their back catalogue goes on. I think there's enough for them definitely to be justified as a as a post hardcore band and certainly in comparison with stuff like Glassjaw. And even at the driving, I think there are there there there's definite like, you know, they're just they're the first one to do it. They just yeah. did it before everyone else. Okay, uh, so you're suggesting cigarettes? I think cigarettes just because like, I think what they've done has been quite astounding to, yeah. to, to from the, the sort of the climate they came from and the world they kind of live in. Yeah, there's not many bands who have been able to have that kind of culture, that kind of that significant an, an impact on kind of mainstream playing the sort of stuff they do from a, like they sound like an alien. They're, they're like yeah. an alien band in yeah, amongst the are. stuff that they, yeah. that they inhabit. So I think, and I think the cure were like that as well. I think Fugazi almost certainly when you think of the, the hardcore scene that they came out of. Um, and I think again, neurosis and neurosis were a fucking punk band. Yeah. And what they have developed into all of those bands have developed. I don't think like personally, <clears throat> I don't think Glassdoor have developed enough. Like no. I don't think glass, I Glassdoor are too bitty for me. Those EPs suck. Uh, the new oh, album. I don't think that. Yeah, I do. I, I just think those EPs are wank and I think they, they don't take wow. themselves seriously. Like for them to be on here, I like if I'm being super harsh, cause I do really love those first two Glassdoor records. I think the new albums are really good as well, yeah. but I don't think they take themselves serious enough as a band to be considered. Really? Okay. Well, they're never around, are they? Well, they just sort true. of come back and they are oh, going to do this. And they're going to do head automatica and I'm going to do some wanky EP and just release it. And pfft, like and and at the drive-in have kind of disgraced themselves since they've come back. <laughs> yeah. So I'm happy. I think that first at the drive-in record is patchy as well to be. Yeah, yeah, it's you not know, great. It's not very good. Acrobatic um, tenement. Acrobatic tenement. Yeah. Um, El Grand Orgo's okay. It's Vayer in Casino out and relationship yeah. on really. That's so They're again. It's three for three, isn't it? With Glassdoor out. Yeah. Well, there we go. So I'm, there you I'm, go. I'm sad to not have at the drive-in or Glassdoor in, but there we go. That's yeah, how it well, goes. You know. That Fugazi dwarfs everyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, so next up is hardcore. So here we go. This is actually my list for this is 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 big things. And right. We're going to find out why. Um, first pick on um, on hardcore Renfrey. 
Uh, I wanted to go back to the beginning. There is a correct answer for this, by the way. Oh, shit. There's a correct, there is a correct answer. I'm just going to throw this in here. I'm a Nazi. I'm a <laughs> snob. Whatever, <laughs> for, man. For those who don't know anything about me or Steve, Steve is, is big hardcore man. So, yeah. Like uh, this is the stuff that I think I'm most kind of associated with. And I would say, <laughs> if you're going for the gold pick, there is a, there is a correct answer. Oh, there is an answer shit. that if anyone else says anything different, I'm like, nah. You're wrong. So good luck with that, Rimfrey. Okay, um, I've gone for minor threat. Oh, you're you're not correct. <laughs> I mean, minor threat is the, they're a band who I think like we can definitely talk about being in there. Yeah. Um, I wonder if we should have Fugazi and Minor Threat just because the Ian McKay, and also Minor Threat had one record, right? Yeah, Minor Threat haven't really done enough. I mean, they did. I mean, it's like straight edges because of Minor Threat. But really, yeah. I I feel like Teen Idols and Minor Threat are very much dwarfed by Fugazi. Um, okay. And especially in terms of hardcore, the correct answer, and I'm happy to fight whoever decides to come and test me on this, the correct answer is Bad Brains. Okay. That yeah, is yeah, the yeah, correct okay, answer. Yeah, yeah. Bad um, Brains, are, bad brains are the first hardcore band. Mm-hmm. Bad, like literally the first hardcore band, pretty much. I would say like maybe the adolescents would get in from some people, but like I would say, um, yeah, like they're, they're the first um, proper hardcore band. And they not only influenced the Washington DC hardcore scene um, that threw up Minor Threat. Yep and the like um they then moved to new york and kind of went metal for a bit um <laughs> but really massively massively influenced um the sound and the attitude of new york hardcore yeah and the, and, and the kind of the lyrical you know like jar and love and peace and harmony yeah. like when you, you know, it's not something you necessarily think about the New York hardcore scene, but actually when bands like Shelter and, um, and, and Chromags, yeah, like a fucking uber posse. Mm. And that, you know, happened after Bad Brains came along. Bad Brains are the most important band in hardcore without any question. Wow. Okay. I, 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 I they, I, they were a consideration. I knew I needed an early one and Bad Brains were in there. Mm. I'm happy to count out of bad brains. I, I yeah. think I would actually having, you know, what you said there, they probably have done more for hardcore as a whole than minor threat have. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Undoubtedly. More than Black, anyone. Black flag must've been a consideration as Black well. Black flag are my other, my, my second choice. Oh, they are right. Mm. Okay. Oh, yeah. sorry. I've, 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 well, do you want to go into Black yeah, flag? Yeah. Yeah. Black flag. I mean, Black flag are kind of, um, they, they're the, the sort of the flag bearers, I guess, where I think, but like not a lot of people, so not a lot of people, not everyone necessarily goes, Oh, what the eighties hardcore scene. Oh yeah. Bad brains. I'm not sure everyone does that. I'm not sure everyone goes, Oh yeah. Minor threat either. I think everybody does go, Oh yeah. Black flag. Mm. Like, do you know what I mean? Not everyone's going, um, fucking teen idols and the adolescents and like talking about those super early, early bands and you know, like, <sighs> No one says millions of dead cops when you think 80s hardcore band. They all go Black Flag. And while on some level, I think they're right to do that because I think Black Flag were obviously the most notorious. Mm -hmm. Maybe they weren't. I mean, you know, fucking TSOL were going Mm -hmm. at that time as well. So like that whole LA scene was horrible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Violent as fuck. Um, (coughs) But, you know... 
Black Flag were the band who got in the van and went and toured around fucking everywhere and made everyone see them. And they had Rollins um, fronting them, this fucking beast uh, who had to take the brunt of like violence from these, like getting spat on by these like yeah. punk kids. And, um, and then they released My War as well, which ended up being incredibly influential to the Seattle movement. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Bad Brains and Black Flag would be the first two. And I wouldn't really be able to argue against uh, against them. I don't think anyone could kind of go this, nah. So my list is going to make it very obvious that I um, mainly favour latter-day hardcore stuff <laughs> to the early stuff. And I will yeah. completely and utterly admit that. And, and you know, um, but one thing that I would ask you, and you might poo-poo this totally immediately, but are Bad Brains and Black Flag a bit too similar no i don't think they no are. okay yeah Fine. like for me i don't think they are i think they represent two completely different strands of of one thing okay um okay. I'll, I'll, but I'll, i don't think either i don't think any other band you mention is gonna be able to not be traced back to one of those two yeah yeah. i yeah. mean particularly bad brains but i think black flag did yeah i mean it depends i'll be interested to see who you pick yeah well so who's your second pick my second pick goes goes much much later than that um it is the band who got me into hardcore music because for a long long time i just thought hardcore was like two minute stuff people yelping which you know to a degree it is um but the best um, stuff yeah <laughs> uh i then picked up the shape of punk to come by refused at all weird face here oh mate you oh. know i love oh yeah 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 um and shape of punk to come just really represents what hardcore music is to me because it's um again it's that thing of it being progressive mm-hmm. rather than proggy the hardcore music that i listen to the most and the hardcore music that i love the most is stuff that isn't straight ahead at, at all and i think that is very much represented in my list like i said i wanted to have one band in there um that represented the straighter stuff which is minor threat we've you know been superseded by bad brains and black flag which is totally fine but refuse just the experimentation and the stuff that they did even even when they were a straighter hardcore band on song to fan the flames of discontent yeah it's great still a great record yeah i don't think people give that enough credit at all no record brilliant yeah it's a fucking great record um we put in casino out to punk to comes um relationship command isn't it yeah absolutely that's a really good shout Mm. um just the way that they were bringing in elements of jazz, you know, mm. there's a folk song at the end, basically, mm. um, th- like almost weird techno, Eurobeat techno stuff. And it, it's just that album came out 20 years ago. Fucking mad. And it feels like it could have been released yesterday. Still, it's just. And yeah, it, they are primarily getting in for that one album alone but it's that important Mm. um i personally do really like freedom i i know you probably i'm not not as keen on it yeah not not mega keen on it i i think freedom i don't think freedom's a hardcore record at all no i don't think they've tried to do it which is no it's fine um but yeah i just i just think refused to just unbelievably amazing and deserve a place yeah i've not actually picked refused funnily enough wow okay Uh, I'll come back to that, I guess. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, Refuse are fucking brilliant. Um, I, but I tell you why I didn't pick Refuse. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's because I picked Converge. Okay, Converge are my next pick. Okay, great. So to me, Converge are a slightly different, again, a slightly different side of a similar coin. Um, <clears throat> but their level of consistency is is far greater. Uh, you know, Refuse Made, I would say, if you gave me Shape of Punk to Come and the entire Converge back catalogue, Shape of Punk to Come would still be my favourite record. Yes, I think I it. would agree. Yes. But uh, if you gave me the Refuse back catalogue. Or Converges. And the Converges yeah, back catalogue. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would go show punks comes there and then it's waving from yeah. behind every other Converge yeah. album yeah. at the rest of the refuse. Undoubtedly. Yeah. So, um, and I just think they, again, you know, are such, such great kind of reps of hardcore. They're barely even a hardcore band anymore. Really? Mm. Like mm. it's hard to kind of, but then I think they, they, they would definitely think of themselves as a hardcore band. I think that's very important to make that distinction. Um, Every like the last record, the the Dusking Us is fucking phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal. Jane Doe's a masterpiece, like a legit masterpiece. I think, in fact, Jane Doe, You Fell Me, No Heroes, and um, Axe to, to Fall are all tens, four tens on the trot. I'd even go back and go the previous, like when you listen back to um, <clears throat> not Unloved and when we did out, but like When Forever Comes Crashing. Yeah, when you listen to When Forever Comes Crashing, I mean even. That's a good record mm. as well. <laughs> like a really, really good record. I think Petitioning the Empty Sky is brilliant. And it's a good record. And they're so experimental. They're so seeped in DIY culture and the sort of the history of, of this scene. And they're they're just the absolutely, the, I'd say, the single best representatives of the art of hardcore that has ever been. Yeah, fair play. Um, I, when you say two sides of the same coin, I, I don't really associate Converge and Refuse that much. I do actually find them quite different. Yeah, no, no, really different. But I just think it's progressively minded. It's taking hardcore away from Certainly. pushing hardcore. I mean, Refuse potentially even more of a punk band than a yes. than a straight yeah. hardcore band yeah, as well, yeah, I'd yeah, say, yeah. maybe. Yeah, okay. Well, <clears throat> we're both agreed on Converge. But we'll see. Yeah. yeah, we're both agreed on Converge. So okay. that's not a problem at all. Awesome. I've also picked uh, Sick of It All because I think in terms of straight hardcore, straight New York hardcore, in terms of the consistency to do it and 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 just do that thing, they're the best ones at it. I mean, Agnostic Front were a consideration, so were Madball. Um, There are other sort of considerations I had, like the Misfits, I thought it was a bit early and are they really hardcore? Probably not. They're more of a punk band with all this other stuff going on. Minor Threat, I did think of. Dead Kennedys, again, not really a hardcore band. I even thought about bands like Every Time I Die and Gallows. Yes. I think both both of those fucking brilliant. Um, But I think Sick of It All, like, uh, for a type of music which, like you say, is very, very simplistic and people don't like it to change. When we talk about Converge and... um, and refuse like the, there's a lot of kickback from the sort of the hardcore elite yeah. uh, that don't want that happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, those are the people I'm completely and utterly against. <laughs> I hate those people. Yeah. <coughs> but just so there is something for them. Sick of it all. Like, um, make unbelievable records. I'm and they're going, so good live. I am going to have to come in here and go. I just don't feel like I know enough. Sick of it all. Okay, fair enough. To pro- properly be able to um, assess or not. No. I've never really kind of gone in on sick of it all because I've always known that that they're that they they are that straight ahead hardcore kind of thing, mm. and that's not what I have um, uh, gone towards in the past with hardcore. I always like it when there's loads of weird stuff thrown in with it you know mm. blood brothers and 
bands like that just yeah. come to mind, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, uh, so I've never properly. I think I've heard Live in a Dive once. So good. I I, I remember enjoying it, but mm. I, but I, I just don't feel like I've gone in them on them enough to be able to properly assess. So who would who would who would usurp them in Rim Free? Well, now this uh, you may feel that this band should be in a totally different category and that would be fair enough but i'm going to try and argue for their place in hardcore okay uh i've gone for the dillinger escape plan <laughs> uh, okay i mean yeah i i don't think they're a hardcore band at all to be at all honest. at all no okay that's interesting no um, i don't think they're a hardcore band at all i definitely they're, they're on your list though aren't they somewhere yeah not, but here, not in hardcore not okay. in hardcore no okay they'd be in post music over hardcore for me do you think so they're more i think they're more metal like i've never really thought they, they've got more like it's metalcore yeah mm-hmm. like metalcore with the core and i know they came from that sort of new jersey hardcore like metalcore scene. yeah but i just I think thinking. they're so far different they're, the only reason they're sort of part of it is because i guess they would have had to play with a bunch of those bands initially yeah i can't and but i mean and that's calculate infinity only I mean, surely by the time you get to Ireworks and yeah. <laughs> even Miss Machine, like, and then beyond is like, what's that got to do with hardcore? Nothing. Literally nothing I think it's got to do with hardcore, uh, if I'm being perfectly honest. Okay. I, I maybe maybe <clears throat> it is just associating them with those earlier bands. And maybe maybe the best category for them would be um, the alt yeah, 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 and yeah. That's where I've got them to be honest. Okay, so. okay, that's interesting. Well, maybe we'll go back to Dillinger then, because okay. like, I think we both agree they have to be in here. Yeah, somewhere. oh, definitely they have to be in here. But but I think they would, oh, mate. If Greg saw you calling them a hardcore band, mate, he'd oh, kick your head I'm in. Sorry, Greg. I'm, I'm very fond of Greg. So yeah, yeah <laughs> you don't want right. to mess with Greg. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah, he drew um, a picture of a cock on a hand um, to threaten me once uh, when <laughs> when I went to see the Black Queen. He drew a cock on these tickets. It was. <laughs> Scary. I wonder if we should put this to him though. We'll probably see him in October, won't we? So um, yeah. yeah. Well, I will. Well, I can tell you now what you say. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to piss off Greg. I, I, think I don't think wonderful. he'd be like. To be honest, I don't think he'd be pissed <laughs> off. He'd just be like, "Come on, man!" Like, <laughs> hardcore band. Come yeah. On. The, the, there's un. They are undoubtedly the band that I put into this genre, which, which was the most kind of like. Can I really put them in here? And I just. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what, because I know what you're trying to do. You want to push the limits. I'm trying to push the is. limits. Yeah, yeah. There is only one kind of contempt really really contemporary band that is on my whole of these lists because like we said earlier this is more about um the past than mm-hmm. it is about the future but when i thought about it in my head i was like right bad brains invented it black flag kind of became the the the, the face of it sick of it all road tested it and ran with it for 20 odd years converge morphed it into something completely different what's the other thing that needs to be done well Really, it needs to go into the mainstream and start getting nominated for Grammys and start being on WWE pay-per-views and start being kind of completely unrecognisable from the form that it took originally. And there's only one band uh, who has ever done anything resembling close to that with hardcore. And that band is Code Orange. Mm. And I know Code Orange are a brand new band, essentially a very, very young, very, very new band. And to be putting them ahead of bands like Minor Threat and Gallows and Misfits and Every Time I Die and the Dead Kennedys and fucking hell, I could go on and on and on and botch and refused and all those other bands. I genuinely think Code Orange will be thought of in the same, in 10 years, in a decade from now, I think people will be talking about code orange i think people are already talking about the 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 impact that code orange have made um on heavy music 
They already. are they are a band who are l- adored and loathed in equal measure. The and best I, kind of band. And I do feel like those are the best kind of bands. And I do feel like that they are the bands that um, are... History has shown several times that become the most important. Yeah. I do wonder if it's maybe an album too early to put Code Orange in. I, I, th- I, think, I think if we did this in a year or two, then I'd be far more kind of like, yeah, Code Orange, absolutely. Um, I did consider putting Code Orange in, and I actually, and again, I think you'll disagree with this, but I considered putting Code Orange in um, Alternative to Alternative. Oh, really? I think Just they love the being a hardcore band. I think this is the opposite of Dillinger. I think they love being thought of as being a hardcore band. I think right. they love the idea of fucking waving the flag for hardcore and taking it into, like, the fucking Grammys and playing on tour with System of a Down and, mm. you know, bands like that and being like, we're a hardcore band. Mm, maybe I think they love that, and like, and I, I like for me personally, I love that as well. Certainly, the aesthetic and the way they come on, and yeah, like yeah. never smiling photos and stuff, yeah. you know, is very hardcore. Um, you know, like to be super clear, we both adore this band, and mm. like I'm not, I'm not saying oh, I don't think they should be in because I don't think they're good enough. I think they're absolutely amazing. I do wonder if it's a bit early, um, and I also wonder. The exciting thing with Code Orange is we don't have a clue where they're going to go next. No, but the thing is as well, I mean, you say it a bit early, there is no other band that have done what they've done. There is no Mm. other, like, I mean, maybe, maybe Hatebreed. I don't like Hatebreed enough to kind of consider putting them in here. But Hatebreed are literally the only band we can go, oh, well, their front man was... Um, you know, doing uh, Headbangers Ball for a bit. Yeah, and, and, he, and he's he got did, his own. He, point, he's got his own other stuff going on. But Hatebreed, <laughs> hate, Hatebreed became big through Jamie Juster doing that stuff outside of the band. Mm. You know, Code Orange haven't done that. It's, it's yeah. through the I mean, music. You think like you know, they've not get, they're getting nominated. For, like I just say that you know, the Grammys and the pay per views and the tours and the stuff they're doing. Like this isn't you know. Let's see where they go. I. I think in a couple of years time we will be going like well yeah obviously code orange obviously but i think already in terms of the genre we're talking about i don't even think you can argue about it now Mm. i don't think you can look at like any of those other bands and go oh yeah i mean i love every time i die yeah i think they're fucking brilliant and they've been brilliant for 15 long time 20 years nearly but they've never done anything like code orange done never they've never got close Mm. And they're every time I die, they're mm. one of the fucking top ones. Mm. Like, I mean, when you start, you know, like I was considering Madball and stuff. You think, well, what, what Madball uh, done yeah, really? Yeah, like yeah. what even like Biohazard? Like what? In comparatively, like Biohazard, the big band from the nineties mm. that are on Roadrunner on MTV. Like even they didn't get the same shit that Code Orange have already done. It's yeah. fucking astonishing, and they've done it off the back of just pissing people off and making other people love them. I love them. And I love when people go like, and they're not good, you know, you know, they're not good. I do like some modern bands, but I don't like that Code Orange. And it's like, <laughs> oh, they're going to be so big and it's going to be such a fucking pain in the ass to you. It's quite, it is quite fun. I, um, um, just because I love mentioning this around you, I flew out to see the last Dillinger yeah, shows in New York. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, the, a large contingent of the Dillinger crowd, like clearly absolutely hated Code Orange. Which I well, think do you know what? A, a large contingent of the system of a down crowd hated, hated the Dillinger, Dillinger escape plan exactly. and That's a large exactly. contingent of the Slayer crowd hated system of a down exactly. so fucking that suck was, it up that was exactly what I was going to say yeah. so so I think that is um, 
You know, yeah, you've actually convinced me. Fuck it. Let's Who's your in. fifth pick? Um, who was my fifth pick? That's Not a really that good anymore. question. No, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it does. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to get this in. Um, I wanted to represent the more emotional side of hardcore. Oh, okay. Well, um, go on, I'm up. So I said Thursday. I was like, I mm. want to put in... Uh, I think... Um, um, what is the Jeff Rickley. Thank you. Jeff Rickley. I think Jeff Rickley is just an yeah, astonishing front man. And I, I, that I just realized that looking at the list, we didn't have the emotional kind of, yeah. um, well, I thought about quicksand cause yeah. You know, yeah. And I thought about life of agony as well. Yeah. I think ultimately those bands don't have the consistency in there. I mean, Thursday have released some really fucking crap albums over the last few years as well. Over the last year, over the last decade, you know, two I'm, fucking rages, and you know they were great. But. My, this is a controversial opinion. My favourite Thursday record is their very last one, um, is it? where they went into totally different techno uh, uh, territory. That's more of a, like you could argue that's a post punk album. You know, it's like really, well, yeah. I mean, I think strange. Yeah, they they to me do have more to do with like kind of post hardcore and Glassjaw and you might those be sort right. of bands and yeah, fire you and might stuff be right. hardcore anyway. Really, so I would say. What are we saying? Bad Brains, Black Flag, Converge, um, <sighs> Refused in Code Orange? You weren't keen on Refused or... No, no, I, I I just, I wanted sick of it all in there because I think they're just, they're fucking road warriors and they're, they are the epitome of what hardcore has been for sort of 30 years. I mean, I'm, me. I'm going to have to go with Refused over Sick of It All just all right, due, but due to sick knowledge. Sick of It All but are amazing and they're the great New York hardcore band and they're great, the, the great straight ahead hardcore band. But yeah, Refused. I mean, yeah, you can't argue with Shape Punk. That's enough, isn't it? Can't argue with Shape Punk to come. And that'll be, well, well, I said Converge <laughs> as well, but that'll be my only, my yeah. only one. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give me something. But yeah, Sorry, that sounds great. Yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 no. Steamrolling you like a big old circle pit there. I like think in CBGB's it's in fair enough. I think it's fair enough uh, with your, your knowledge on it, so it's fine. So... Um, Thank you, mate. I appreciate it. <laughs> That's all right. Um, so let's move on to extreme music. Yes. Not metal. Not metal. Chill out. So this is where Scott Walker goes in. <laughs> um, although I say extreme music and they're all metal. Basically. I have to say most of mine are metal. <laughs> yeah, <they're laughs> pretty much metal. Um, all right. Then uh, oh, you kicked us off last time by getting it wrong with uh, Minor Threat. <laughs> 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 so uh, I'll do this one. Um, mate, again, my, my A... A pick, and I reckon it's probably the same for you as well. Napalm Death. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, uh, Napalm Death have so much to talk about that I just think is a fucking waste of time. Just get Napalm Death are an institution. I think they're kind of they're both Bad Brains and Black Flag put together. Mm. They are the first um, to do that kind of thing mm. uh, to that extremity levels, and they also. Uh, are kind of the figureheads for it. So I simply put Napalm Death in because I feel like when you think of extreme music, they've done an example of all of it. Yeah, grindcore. Yeah, um, black metal. I don't know, but but no, not so much. But you definitely know, but, like death metal. And yeah, death metal and ang- odd fucking angular obtuse noise music. Yeah. Like they're influenced by shit like fucking Sonic Youth yeah. and you know po- like post rock and. <laughs> they, swans and stuff do you know what I mean yeah like swans yeah they they cover just the whole gummit 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 yeah of, of, of extreme music and I just thought wow it's just a, a brilliant place to start isn't it so, so just like Napalm Death yep. uh, guaranteed Bye. I've gone for Celtic Frost ah okay okay yeah because again I think 
um, people will be screaming, going, no Bathory, no Hellhammer, yeah. no um, blah, blah, blah. Like, um, who else is it? Early, early, early ones. Anyway, I just can't remember. Um, but Celtic Frost, uh, I think, was when, you know, uh, Tom G. Warrior sort of learnt to play. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, if you listen to that last, um, what's it called? Monotheist. Yes. Uh, that they put out was is, is fucking ridiculously brilliant. And, you know, to be doing that kind of and still something that extreme and that experimental, like, you know, what was it like 25 years after they formed the band? Yeah, yeah. And he's a really interesting character. And the, uh, you know, the level of drama that is in Celtic Frost's music, you know, Baroque opera, strings, horns. Yeah. You know, where that all went. Um, yeah, I think they're massively important, Celtic Frost. I considered Celtic Frost. The, they're mm. on my shortlist, but they didn't make my last five. I do think it's a good shout. Okay. Um, my next one were pretty different. Um, I actually went for Strapping Young Lad. Mm. Mm. I don't know if they're an extreme... Well, they're just a metal band, aren't they? Come an extreme on. band? Come on. They're heavy, you industrial. Listen, you listen... Uh, well, th- this is this this is where... what What's your idea of an extreme band or not? The reason they're my idea of an extreme band is um, City. Like, that is an extreme <coughs> re- record. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's relentless. It's 21 years old, and it mm. still sounds utterly relentless and heavier than almost anything else I can think of at the moment. But they're also pushing extreme music into really experimental, odd um, places. Um, Mm. I don't, yeah, I don't think they're, when you think extreme music, you obviously think of like black metal and death metal, and I don't think they're either of those. No, I don't. But I wanted to represent something that wasn't, I mean, you know, truthfully myself, I don't listen to tons of black metal. Mm. Um, I no, listen- I don't. That's a one. That's a kind of a bit yeah. of a blind spot that I have. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm the same. And I, <clears throat> I listen to a bit more death metal, but even then, not loads. And yeah. we're representing our taste and what we want to cover. And I thought, you know, strapping young lads. If I, if I heard another band that did, I don't think anyone's really done what Strapping Young Lad have done as well as they have. No, probably not. I mean, it's very Fear Factory were, were sort of I, I've similar. I've always preferred Strapping personally yeah. to Fear Factory, but but yeah, uh, but more extreme than Fear Factory though. Oh, definitely more extreme you know. than Fear Factory for sure. Um, yeah, I listen to City and I listen to Alien, and I certainly think they're extreme albums. Um, okay, I I think the self-titled is an extreme album not a very good one but uh i think that's an extreme album maybe you could ask argue that the new black which funnily enough is my favorite record isn't an extreme album but then there's a song like you suck on it you suck is the second song on uh the new black which just sounds absolutely terrifyingly extreme you yeah. know um so i feel like they fit my interpretation of extreme music, which may not be everyone else's, but <laughs> okay, it's it's a band that I would like to champion. Yeah, for sure, they're, they're a great band, definitely. Yeah. Um, okay, well, let's see how we get on. Yeah, I'm not sure about that, but we'll see how we get on. Okay, um, I'm gonna pick Entombed. Ah, yeah, yeah, of course, because I love them. Yes, yeah. the end. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no, um, you know, I. Like I said, I don't really listen to much um, of the old school black metal. Um, so I don't have that kind of represented here. And I probably should. I 
probably should do really um but i don't because i just don't really listen to it mm. and i don't know enough about it. like i would i nearly had emperor in there because I, yeah, I was considering I, I really and i like i really like a lot of ishan's solo material mm. um i had a little period where i listened to dark throne quite a lot right but it's silly um kind of fun and i like watane as well although mm. They're, not they're Swedish, modern. they're not Norwegian, yeah, yeah. they're modern as well. So I don't really have any, but but I wanted to pick Entombed, so I'll go back to why I picked Entombed. Entombed, obviously, like, there's more death metal here, and Entombed are a different type of death metal. And not only are Entombed, like, probably my favourite, well, no, they are my favourite death metal band, um, they're completely unique from all the other death metal bands, mm. and they have spawned a type of music which I cannot not like. So <laughs> the kind of trap them, Black Breath, um... Uh, we're going to talk about a band called Leached very soon from mm, Britain. Yes. But, you know, um, Helpless yeah. and all these other bands that are kind of come out who do that, that kind of crusty DB, all pigs must die, that kind of thing. I can't not like those bands. Yeah. If you sound like that, I like you. Yeah. Like it's really, it's the only type of music I've ever experienced where I just am incapable of going, uh, it's a bit samey or oh, everyone's done that. I just go, oh yeah, this is fucking brilliant. <laughs> they sound like a really fast version of Entombed and I just, lose my shit for all yeah, of it it's yeah. pretty pathetic really it's uh, like my critical well, my critical analysis eye goes flying out the window when uh, that type of music comes on and so I just think and but Entombed are just those first one two three um, one two three four yeah To Ride Shoot Straight is my favourite first four and then they made Same Difference which sounds like insane mm. it's like a post rock album mm-hmm. weird um and they just made a few more kind of half decent albums to varying quality since then. But that, that the run of five that they did at the start is just so brilliant that I had to have them. I think um, considering <clears throat> what's going on in the scene at the moment, I think it is pretty important to have yeah. Entombed in here, yeah, actually. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of weird because they, they came out and then didn't influence anyone for a really long time. I know, it's and funny. And now they're influencing yeah, loads yeah. of people. But um, yeah, then they weren't on my list, but I, I think that's a fair shout. I think you've argued that very well. Um, my next one is Meshuggah so we have to go back to our Meshuggah and Extreme band I mean I think that's an, I guess they are yeah, yeah they are yeah, I yeah they started insane... with de- it's death metal of a, of a sort isn't it yeah I, but... I mean you can't have Strapping Young Lad and Meshuggah can you you definitely can't. They sound exactly the fucking same as they each other. They don't sound exactly. No, they don't the sound same, exactly the same. But, but it's but, the same comparatively. They do. Oh, if we're doing extreme metal and you pick two bands who are basically not kind of what most people think of as extreme music, I think you're probably right. And yeah. like they're both kind of like that. Well, this this is this is what's annoying for me. I think I think you just say Meshuggah for both. I I honestly prefer Strapping. But Meshuggah are undoubtedly more influential, so I yeah. kind of feel like we should have Meshuggah. And, and and really, like, I mean, Meshuggah have made more good albums as well, haven't they? Uh, yeah, that's probably true. They definitely have. And, I mean, annoyingly, Strapping Young Lad are kind of there on the basis of, like, three records mm. out of five. They made a couple of duds, um, undoubtedly. Meshuggah haven't... Uh, Colossus, I don't know. I think Colossus is all right, actually. Colossus is all right. Colossus is all right. It's not, I don't, I'm not Maggie on it, to be honest. I'm not Maggie on the last one. But, yeah. Obzen and Nothing and yeah. Catch 33 and Destroy Array. Destroy Array's improved, yeah. It's it's, big one. They're on a hell of a run. Yeah, fair enough. Mashuga. <coughs> but so, we're, we're both agreeing Mashuga extreme. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mashuga, yeah. We'll, we'll put Mashuga in here. I think that's the there place for them. Um, I've then gone for Behemoth. Yes, as have I. Yes. 
Um, people might again go because oh. I want again. Like, there's there's a hell of a lot of bands now that you know I would have liked Walls in the Throne Room. Mm-hmm. I really like Def Evan, although I know loads of people have just gone poser at me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do. Well, I, they're going to go poser at me for my next choice. So, but yeah, are you fucking shit on, oh, mate. It's going to be a tough sell, <laughs> I man. Don't um, care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but Behemoth are the one band that it feels like have made unbelievable. We're talking about what Code Orange did. What behemoth have done with the source material that they're using and yeah. that what they've done with. and it feels like people in the underground are not people sneered at cradle of filth and dimmu borgir people sneer at death heaven nobody is sneering at behemoth no do you know what i mean and they've done some unbel- like you know no one's really sneering at watane either but i think i think behemoth have been consistently better and have done bigger things and they've brought things to like with the satanist like the horns on on yeah. there are just i mean the satanist oh. is the bullseye in it. yeah yeah but 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 they have released other brilliant records evangelion as well. is it yeah is, is incredible i mean that's sort of when i got into them to be honest right I've okay gone back to a couple um since then but yeah like, they are one of the i mean i suppose it's becoming apparent through this that you know neither of us are massive massive black metal heads but then at the same time Behemoth are like the only black metal band who get me super excited at the moment. Um, you did mention Wetane, and and I think Wetane are cool. I, I but there's no contest for me personally between Be- Behemoth and Wetane. Okay. Fair um, enough. Well, yeah. So I'd say at the moment, Napalm Death and Behemoth and Entombed mm-hmm. are fucking shoo-ins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we have got some other stuff going on. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I guess Meshuggah probably. I think Meshuggah. I I felt like Meshuggah were. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Meshuggah. So that's one spot. Well, that's one spot. Um, well, and you've got two left. No, I've got one left. I think. Oh, you got one left. Yes, you're right. Uh, well, I've given I've given it away already, uh, and you said it was going to be a hard sell, but tough. I'm going to try it. Um, Death Heaven, um, because I suppose again I'm looking at the future a little bit. But this is what extreme music, whether you like it or not, whether you're crying about it and going, extreme music, it is. It is extreme music. Um, it's, but it's being moved into a different um, realm, and it's being. I mean, you could even argue that it's extreme because there are ferocious blast beats and the vocals and stuff like that. But there's also you know, the, the quieter post-rock passages are, ex- they're an extreme, um, th- there's an extreme difference between those two things. And, <laughs> and hence that makes it extreme music because it goes from this ridiculous wall of noise to some of the most beautiful things you've ever heard mm. in your life and does it, you know, very, very, very well. Yeah. Um, also... Death Heaven are yes, there are other bands who did it before them, but Death Heaven are have undoubtedly become the most influential they, of them all. They're the biggest for sure, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're the biggest. Um, I think looking at what's going on with the, they, 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 they have become the, um, the, the, the band that people look to for the Black Gaze movement and Black yeah. Gaze. For me, maybe I'm just saying this because I love it and I really do love it, but. I don't feel like Black Gaze is a here today, gone tomorrow thing. No. I think Black well, Gaze that mole is gonna, album. That mole record is unbelievable. Is wicked, yeah. I think Black Gaze is something that, whether you like it or not, it's here to stay. It's been around for a while. I mean, you know, Bostonage and, and Alcest and... Yeah, exactly. Wolves, you know, Wolves and Fremont aren't really 
yeah. the same sort of thing. But you know, like that, that was kind of they've got ambient tendencies. Yeah, like I yeah. actually would argue. I mean. <sighs> Okay, I'm going to say my last pick because I think this is all kind of it's unraveling. Like, a, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. My last pick is death. Oh, and I think it, they're so so important, but they're not really a band that I listen to a lot. But they are so important, and all that shit you just said about what we said about Meshuggah and what we said about um, bringing in kind of extreme music in a different direction. Um. I feel like Death and Death and Celtic Frost actually are two bands who kind of were those thought processes were in their head before other people kind of picked it up and popularized it. I think it would I think it would be shitty of us to kind of not have one of those bands but yet have Behemoth or um or Death Heaven. I'm even thinking, like, for me, like, Nakmistium and Alcest and Bostonage and particularly Wolves in the Throne Room, I feel like Wolves in the Throne Room have done more and are probably more, inf- not more influential, but more... I think it's hard because I really like the new Death Ever Records. Mm. Like, I love it, actually. Mm. It's one of one of my... It might even be my favourite album of the year so far. It's up there for me, yeah. But... I'm not sure it's a metal record. I'm not sure what it's, it's extreme in. It feels like it's going away from that. The only thing left in that really that I can kind of consider extreme is the vocals. But it's still, I, yeah, we've had this, we've had this conversation off mic and, and it, it's still, I still feel it's an extreme record. I understand where you're coming from in terms of it. Not maybe not being as much of a metal, metal record, mm. but I still think, you know, th- that argument I had about, um, th- 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 there's extreme dynamics in it. There, yeah, there is. Yeah, you but know? then, yeah, well, I mean, <clears throat> there's extreme dynamics in Mogwai. Mogwai, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they don't. But they don't go quite. Mogwai don't have blast beats at all, and Mogwai don't have. You know, George as a front man who's just screaming these uh, like, yeah yeah things yeah. I, it's tough because I, I i really really do like all three of the previous three deaf heaven records i think they're all fucking rad mm, yeah um agreed. i particularly love the new one because i, I but the, but the thing i like about it is i don't feel like it's an extreme record i don't feel like it's a metal record mm. uh, that's what i like about it um <clears throat> Um, and I guess it's up to us to just yeah but like, we, i feel we kind put, of we put yeah. Go, we put gojira into um we put them into metal, didn't yeah. we? I suppose Magma is a metal record, isn't it? Yeah, Ma- Magma is a metal yeah. record for sure. I think I think to not have them in based on one record, maybe maybe they've. Uh, I just go back to the fact. Gonna that get they, called poses, man. Gonna get called. I, I I couldn't give a fuck. <laughs> like on, honestly, those people. Yeah bring it on because <laughs> history history will prove me right yeah and, I, and yeah. that's all i give a shit about yeah you know like i those i i think it is really sad that we have those kind of people um mm. who are literally trying to stop progress as far as i'm concerned in 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 genres and and death heaven just so clearly come from that extreme um side of music even if you don't feel like they're extreme anymore yeah, sun. You know, sunbather. Sunbather's on Death Wish for starters. You don't. You're not gonna. You're not gonna play Sunbather to your mum, and she's she's not gonna. No, it's a like, weird thing. It's an extreme album. It it's is. a weird thing. I it's, don't really. I don't really know. I think when we look back at that as and anything like who have been the most 
polarizing bands of the of this decade in like heavy music five finger death punch baby metal and then death heaven and you just think that's weird isn't it how yeah. fucking weird is that yeah so yeah when you put it like that okay napalm death entombed behemoth Meshuga and Death Heaven. Are you cool with Meshuga? You just, I don't feel like I've convinced you properly enough with Meshuga. I love Meshuga and I love Meshuga more than I, I listen, no, nah, because you know I listen to Meshuga more than I listen to Death. Yeah. I just think, I, I but I think those, those principles that Meshuga have, I feel like they kind of, uh, might have got them from Chuck. I think Chuck is such a important figure in extreme music i love death i'm not i'm not disputing but i prefer my sugar personally if i'm going to listen to a band out of those two i will put on my sugar over death yeah. so uh, i i do, hey this uh, is our fucking thing we'll yeah do what exactly we i do think my sugar are as influential if not more yeah 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 definitely to like to turn around to like oh my sugar just death ripoffs like that's absolute bullshit nice. so i'm not saying that at all yeah, um yeah. <laughs> in tune to snuck in somehow yeah, like, no, no, no. Good I, for them. I, but again, uh, Black Breath and all that kind of thing, I think that's imp- It's the same reason I'm putting Death Heaven in. Because, yeah. Because, you know, it, it or will. I want to get Death Heaven in. Yeah, I know. Well, that's, that's fine. All right, well, there we go. Okay, so on we go to the uh, the Milo Yiannakopoulos uh, round, the alt-right. <laughs> <laughs> if you've listened all the way through and well forgotten done. about that joke at the start, which is a long old fucking time, I'll tell you. <laughs> so you probably have gone, what's he talking about? At the start, remember, it's a callback. It's a callback from four hours ago. Um, the alternative, um, the kind of unclassifiable bands, that we don't even really have a name for this, but we will... Um, uh, we will we, we will get through yeah. uh, like finding some sort of terminology for them, I reckon. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we need Sweet. to. Sweet. But we don't have it right now. Fuck it. Um, Faith No More. Excellent. They're, first pick. They're my second, but yes. Uh, yeah, Faith No More, my first pick. Um, I think it goes up saying everything Mike Patton does is brilliant and Pretty weird. Much. And they did not fit in anywhere at all. And they nope. still don't. Nope. It's great. And they're my second favourite band of all time. Yep. Face the more phenomenal. Um, whenever people call them funk metal, I bulk. Um, yes. Yeah, people who, M from Nervous, always comparing them to the Red Hot Chili Peppers, is going to get uh, thrown off of a boat one day. <laughs> um, I'm not um, having that. So, yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, I mean, they were funk metal for two and a half albums. Yeah. And, that, and, and then, but everything they've done since then is just not, it's indescribable and difficult to put it into any genre. Chewing. So who's your first pick if it's not Faith No More? My first is uh, Radiohead. Well, they're my second pick. Ah, so we've done a switcheroo. Stuff. I will switcheroo. Okay. Yeah, Radiohead. Well, just because, um, again, people would be like, oh, they're an indie band. No, they fucking aren't. Listen to Kid A, listen to The King of Limbs, listen to Win Rainbows. They are what the hell they want to be. They're constantly changing. They're constantly morphing into something totally different. And they're phenomenal. They mm. are... I... I very occasionally I sit down and I listen to Radiohead. Often I've had some stimulants, if that's the case. And I will weep because they are so good. I will just start crying because I can't believe that five people have got together and made music as beautiful as this. Yeah. I'm just like, oh my God. I, I cry to OK Computer so often. And it's not because it's a sad record. It's because I just can't believe that... It is quite a sad record. It is quite a sad record, but I can't believe that mortal human beings are capable yeah. of such genius. I listened to a um, I listened to a Moonshake pool yesterday and I was like, who saw this coming when Creep came out? Oh, quite. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Quite. So, yeah, I think Radiohead are a band who we will probably talk about a lot 
So let's stop that there. They're in for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Radiohead are right there. Um, my third pick it is now is Nine Inch Nails. Ah, as are mine. Oh, great. <laughs> Fucking hell. We're actually on the same page for once. Um, yeah, Nine Inch Nails. I mean, we uh, we both went to the, the Royal Albert Hall and the Royal Festival Hall recently yeah. to see Nine Inch Nails. They are, again, like Trent Reznor is a legit genius. I think the Royal Festival Hall is the best gig I've ever been to. Wow. I, th- I think it is. On reflection, going back, uh, I think it is the best show I've ever been to in my entire life. It was fucking something else. It was uh, incredible. It was just unbelievable. Like, yeah. And uh, The Fragile is my favourite record. That kind of yes. sprawling, angry, but sad, but um, like kind of broken um, and a bit wiser Resner. Yeah. Uh, like when they were playing you know a hell of a lot of songs off off the yeah, fragile somewhat damaged yeah like at first they played like the first four yeah they played the first I was four like, jesus yeah. they ended up playing like about 12 9 12 songs or something from the fragile like it was quite a lot, a lot yeah. quite a lot yeah. um uh yeah that was that felt special when you think like i said to you at the time i was like they didn't play closer they didn't play sin they didn't mm. play head like a hole mm. they didn't play um star fuckers mm. they didn't play um survivalism mm. they didn't play uh, the hand that feeds nope. they didn't play um uh, happiness and slavery they didn't play um oh fuck it, i could be here for ages yeah yeah like yeah. they literally they were there was they hardly played any singles or hits yeah like they just didn't bother unbelievable they're a band that the more you delve into them the more interesting they get as well mm-hmm. and there's just there's just so many there's so many eps or remixes or or tracks which are on soundtrack records or whatever and the often the the stuff that is hardest to find from nine inch nails is actually their best stuff yeah. <laughs> you know like the collaborations she did with david bowie and stuff yeah, like so that it, it, it there's so you could you could be listening to that band's back catalogue for years and still pick up new things. Yeah, amazing um, band. Yeah, stunning. so there you go. Um, my fourth pick mm-hmm. is James Addi- Juanes Addiction. Oh man, oh, I wanted to put James Addiction here badly, but but yeah, they did get knocked off. But yeah, oh, did they? Okay. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, I mean James Addiction are the kind of quintessential alternative band aren't yeah they? yeah like um uh, coming out of the band. sunset strip during the, the shit you'll notice that we haven't picked motley crew or poison or any of those bands and <laughs> you might want to get used to that if you're listening <laughs> to this and thinking is, they're ever going to come up in conversation they probably won't yeah. um but yeah to come out of that scene yeah. and make this weird art fucking storm of like riffs and weird psychedelic riffs and thundering bass and this fucking odd front man who's got this high pitched kind of Geddy Lee voice. Yeah, yeah. Uh but singing about oh fucking God knows what he was he's talking about. Well, orgies and stuff. Yeah, yeah. like there's the, like an the orgy of, trilogy. Yeah. On, the uh, absolute like um decadence personified that guy is. Yeah uh yeah but fucking cool with it as well yeah, that's that's cool. the thing like a lot of those 80s bands who were decadent like especially now you just look at back, look back at it and it's like this is just so far from cool yeah but perry farrell was just always cool with it like yeah. really fucking cool with it yeah classy so yeah james, yeah. james addiction classy is a great word for james addiction they're, they're just brilliant even though they sing about like sex and stealing stuff and all mm. that sort of thing they just do it in a really classy way yeah um i love them and i hated taking them out but i did actually take them out for for now this is partly because i'm desperate to get them in here and i know you'll agree from the point of view of loving them 
but I wanted to put Deftones in somewhere. Uh, now, Deftones are a band who have not made it onto my wow, list okay. at all. Okay. And I couldn't find a place for them. And I, I think the reason why I couldn't is because they didn't fit in metal, no. obviously. I, I, didn't I, really I, fit I tried in, to put them in metal. Yeah, but they didn't no. really fit in post music. Mm. Um, and I thought because I had Faith No More and Nine Inch Nails and Jane's Addiction and Radiohead, it was a bit 90s top heavy in it. Uh, right. And yeah. so I probably would have, because uh, Jane's are a bit more 80s and 90s. I thought Radiohead are a different sort of thing. Nine Inch Nails are a really different sort of thing and I'm sort of obsessing at the moment. Faith No More. So I was kind of like, shit, I'm going to have to leave Deftones out for Faith No More. Yeah. But it's a fucking incredible shout. I, the, you know, I understand what you're saying exactly. Um, you know, I mean, you're, we're, we're both in our 30s and therefore the 90s is what we're all about. So yeah. maybe that's a reason for yeah. it. And I do think that in terms of alternative music, I do find that the 90s was the pinnacle. I feel like we're going through a bit of a resurgence with it. Definitely. Um, but, but you know, yeah, so it's not entirely surprising, I suppose. But um, Deftones are just fucking wonderful, aren't they? And, yeah. and continue to be. And... Um, I, as a matter of fact, I'll tell you, I, I, for my last place for, for metal, when I had System of a Down, who are no longer on it, obviously, um, I was cho- trying to choose between System and Deftones. Mm. And I chose System because I was like, I think System are a metal band. Mm. Whereas Deftones, I think, are only a metal band when sometimes they like it, when yeah. they feel like it. Yeah. Um, you know, Elite is a metal song. Most of Adrenaline is, is metal, I would say. But, but, you know, they're not a metal band all the time at all. Um, but then what are they? Like... They're Deftones, aren't they? They're just yeah. Deftones. Um, it's true. I mean, yeah. I mean, I would love to have them in there. Um, I think they should. It's just, it was it was that thing of like, well, there's Faith No More and Nights. And yeah. I mean, my, the only thing that I think could possibly not, I've got the Dillinger Escape Plan as my last uh, one. Ah, yeah. Christ. Yeah. 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 Who's your last one? I wanted to go contemporary. Mm-hmm. So it's not 90s, at least. Baroness. Oh mate, cool, yeah. Uh, because tough set, t- like t- tough fucking company for that. I love, but like don't, again, don't get me wrong. I love Baroness. That is tough company for yeah. them. Yeah, they is, are punching pretty fucking high above there. It is. It was very much. I wanted to look at what's going on now. And um, I picked them because they've released four albums and all four of them are totally different. Yeah, and they're um, all great. They're all brilliant. Um, yes, they started out in Sludge and or, or Stoner, I don't know, Mastodon-esque kind of riffs. and But they're not... They're, they're, they've managed to retain their identity whilst, you know, flirting with several different genres. And that, to me, is exactly what this category is about yeah. basically um yeah and i just wanted someone who was relatively contemporary mm. probably aware that most of my bands were 90s-esque yeah i mean, I mean that's why uh, you know dillinger were the kind of for the more contemporary pick for me which is ridiculous when you think their fucking first yeah. album came out in 2000 uh was or 98 wasn't it yeah sorry yeah. um and um or the, the i thought it was the two th- most of their big stuff came out in the 2000s although yeah. i like character infinity loads so yeah um but yeah i mean obviously dillinger is one of the fucking best but if it comes between dillinger and deftones i think it's just a timing issue that that deftones get bumped out by dillinger um i think baroness i, I is is yeah. like as much as i love them yeah, 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 yeah. 
they're not quite up to the standard of everyone else that we've been speaking no, sure. about. Quite. I, well, I think they need to release a couple more albums yeah. to even be able to, to for us to actually yeah. properly assess. I pref- of, like I do prefer Deftones to Jane's Addiction. Okay. So maybe put them in there. It seems harsh on James Addiction to not have them in there. I prefer Death Tones to James Addiction as well. Okay. Um, All right, well then, I'm done. So. I mean, I'm, I'm happy with that. I fucking don't want to drop James out, but like, they are amazing. It sucks. Faith No More, Radiohead, Night Snails, Death Tones, The Dillinger Escape Plan. That might be the strongest. Oh, yeah. The strongest of the categories oh, that we've easily. just spoken about. I, th- I think that they're also. We, we considered at one point sort of calling this category riot act bands before we realized that that was massively up ourselves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but the reason, you know, th- these are kind of the bands that we are most excited about, those bands that you can't really properly define. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. what we want. And I hope to find some more some of them. More, yeah. So, anyway, look, that was a really, 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 really fucking long version of Act Zero, <laughs> but it's just to get. If you made it to the end, then fucking fair play to you. Yeah, thank it's you. a hell of a was a hell of a thing. But that's basically <laughs> the sort of music that we're going to be covering. So um, we'll be back for right, right act act one. Yeah. Uh, next week, well, we'll be talking about something completely different. Basically, talking about a load of bands that have come out this year who have released music or are about to release music that we're very excited about. Yeah, and we think um, you should know about them. Yeah, so basically ranging from new bands who have only got like one single or one EP out to bands who have been critically, criminally ignored mm-hmm. uh, over the years. But that'll be next week. Um, Renfrey, that was a long ting. Yeah, long, long ting. But, you know, we did it properly and this is what we're going to do. Here. Yes, this, do is, this, properly, is, so. this is the vibe, guys. That's <laughs> the vibe. Um, so yeah, again, head over to musicism.net. That's music isum.net where you can sign up to get yourself the old guitar courses the vocal courses um learn how to be a producer they're top-notch people over there and lovely people and we thank them very much for having us on um and becoming part of the company yeah and so we're actually like bezzying up aren't we we're thrilled to be yeah it's really really nice and um follow us on facebook go and find us on facebook and twitter and uh all the other usual social media places they're the two social media places that people in their 30s talk about yeah there's a insta insta chat yeah Um, snapgram snapgram yeah uh but yeah anyway we will see you next week peace out thank you mate thank you lovely chatting thank you see ya